Turn off the video. We don't do video. It's distracting. I'm working on it. <laughs> you just hit a button. <laughs> there you go. There you, thank you. It's just distracting. If you do something silly and shit and we have to comment on it and then people are like, oh, this isn't a video feed. And it's just like it's one of those things. I get it. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm sorry for running late. I had to go to the store and I had to get fucking something. I get antacid and shit for my stomach. I'm having some fucking stomach related issues. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. If I have to get up and go, um, my safe word so nobody knows will be diarrhea. That way, no. <laughs> that way, I no. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Episode 426. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. It let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftover. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Something has crept or has been driven out of dark waters under the mountains. There are older and fallow things and orcs in the deep places of the world. And you're listening to one of them. This is Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. You shall not fast forward! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're the leftovers. Why do you sound so goddamn low? I sound low now? Yeah, it sounds like I don't understand this. Everybody sounded fine. I hit record. Now you sound. I'm a little high. I'm I changed absolutely nothing. Oh, God. We leave for fucking one week and come back, and I got Church Mouse Jake. <laughs> I'll scream the whole episode. <laughs> no, I'm going to turn up my volume on my end so I can hear your. Oh, weak <laughs> voice sounding ass over there. Anyway, uh, how you doing, Jake? I'm okay. I'm doing well. Now you're really loud. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, you know what? Didn't have an episode last week. And uh, you know what? I, man, I'm telling you, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> I very much enjoyed it, too. And... Uh, it wouldn't have, uh, there wouldn't have been like a, an entire episode anyway, had we recorded last week. Cause my power went off at around eight forty five and did not come back on until eleven fifteen at night. So yeah, you would have got half an episode. So good thing called the week off because I would have got fucked. Uh, apparently it was vehicle damage. Somebody like fucking ran <laughs> drove their car into into something and uh yeah we lost power i just i left the house jake i i said fuck this uh i'm not gonna be here in the dark uh and so i left and drove out of town and just watched a movie i'd been wanting to see and uh by the time i came home power's back on but uh yeah so probably the best week to take a week off is the week where you have no power 
Yeah, that's crazy. That would have been such a disaster. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> we dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Everyone dodged a bullet. It probably would have been a shitty episode anyway. So everyone wins. Oh, it, it would have gone down in fucking legend. It would have been like, oh, the power went out episode. Yeah. Oh, no, it wouldn't have. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, we've got guests this week. Jake joining us again. Mr. Joe Stark from StarkCast. Welcome back, Joe. Hey, stoked to be here. There we go. Look, do you see how he, he kind of varied it a little bit, Joe, Jake? He was like, hey, stoked to be here. He really enunciated that time, didn't he, Jake? I really liked it. Normally, I'm not a big fan of switching it up, but I, I thought that was very good. Very oh, classy. Really, really classy. <laughs> as, as far as intros go, Jake, sure. <laughs> uh, anyway and for the first time on a regular podcast had him on 400 uh we've got uh wayne from the pcw it's the podcast championship wrestling podcast welcome wayne hey, hey, hey. no no that's no we're not you doing that never got one of those no that's no okay, let's but, uh, let's <clears throat> let's turn that hey, back and let's well, welcome wayne from podcast championship wrestling Hey guys, I'm uh, glad to be here. Thanks okay. for having me. Jake, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's call it early. Yeah, I don't I didn't I didn't know I was asking for different characters to like come in. I'm asking for Wayne to show up on the podcast anyway. Uh, yeah, happy happy to have you here, Wayne. Anymore. Real happy to have you here this week, buddy. Anyway. Yeah, I was wondering whose uh make wish you were fulfilling tonight to have me on here. Oh man! Apparently, <laughs> apparently, a child that's now a cancer jokes. Yes, apparently, a child that's a big fan yeah. of Fat Albert in the year twenty twenty two. So, <laughs> <laughs> what fucking child is like? Please, could you go on PCL and say hey, hey, hey? From a fucking cartoon that came out in the nineteen seventies, from a guy that fucking hosted it that was a rapist. What the fuck, Wayne? Just trying to start off strong. Yeah. Off strong. Yeah, we went from cancer to rape, Jake. Jake is just terrified right now. He's like, oh, I, fuck, I'm staying out of this. I ain't saying a goddamn thing. <laughs> I've almost got my bingo card completely filled up, and it's like we're five minutes in. Yeah, all right. I don't know. I just, I just need pedophilia to get the final final bingo here. And Kevin Spacey's being played <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's why they called the movie Baby Driver, Jake. Anyway. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to PCL. Um, Jake, we've got a, uh, a new contest. Fuck, I didn't pull up the names for the fucking last week's fucking contest. God damn I, I was it. wondering where the premature laughter was coming from there. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm not prepared. We'll do, you know what? I'll give out the winners for that fucking, the, the Sonic the Hedgehog contest. I'll give out the winners on our next break. How's that sound? After our next break, you know, find out who won the old Sonic, the old Sonic, the Hedgehog digital codes. But we do have a new contest, and that contest is for five physical copies. Physical copies, we're going to be mailing these to you, of The Contractor, starring Chris Pine. Own The Contractor on Blu-ray today, starring Chris Pine. Pine plays a discharged elite special forces sergeant desperate to provide for his family. When he takes on a private military force contract... He uncovers a deep conspiracy, sending him on the run for his life. Buy the contractor and watch it today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. Yes, you can rent it. You can buy it now. But if you want a chance to win it, 
you can enter our contest. All you have to do is I'm going to be sending out a tweet for the contractor and a Facebook post, and you will retweet it or share it on Facebook. Screenshot that you did. Send me proof to contest at popcultureleftovers.com. Title it The Contractor. And then next week, we'll go over the winners for The Contractor. Yeah, Jake. I haven't watched The Contractor yet, Jake. I have not seen it yet either. I mean, rated R, Chris Pine, it's got to be at least somewhat good, right? Yeah, there's a uh, 50-50 chance he shows his dick in this one. <laughs> <laughs> he did in that one medieval movie. Remember that? Wasn't it, wasn't it a medieval movie or something? Where he... I don't know that I've seen Chris it was Pine's on Netflix. dick. Yeah, yeah it, was on ne- it was a Netflix movie. He comes out of the water and there's Chris Pine's pine wood. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you talking about it on a previous episode. Oh, and here we are talking about it again, Joe. Definitely some Chris Pine penis content. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've definitely talked about it in the past. It's anyway. either that or Chris Evans. Uh, well, yeah, he pulls his immediately off the internet. Chris mm-hmm. Pine's just like, fuck it. Here you go, world. Netflix. <laughs> I ain't guarding that pussy. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah what do we have here what do we have here oh jake did you see i'm gonna pull this article up did you see that they're test marketing and i think it's in tennessee pull up this article this absolutely sounds disgusting to me yeah mountain dew good old mountain dew mountain dew announces new pickle s'more and more flavored sodas all together in one flavor? No, 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 no. They uh, okay. Let's not put them together. It's not going to be a <laughs> Jake. Who in their right mind eats pickles and s'mores? I don't know. I was I was getting very grossed out. Unless you're pregnant and have a weird craving, that makes no sense at all. But yeah, they're <laughs> offering pickle slash s'more and more flavored sodas, and I think they're test marketing these in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, what? Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. In addition to the pickle flavor, which is described as a sweet, a sour, sweet compliment to Southern barbecue. Oh, that's mmm, yum. I can't <laughs> wait to eat a fucking half pound of ribs and then just fucking, you know, uh, quench my thirst with some uh, dill pickle fucking flavored Mountain Dew. Um, they're, they're, they're also testing flavors for, now these don't sound so bad. Apple cinnamon doesn't sound so bad. Uh, s'mores, elderberry. What the fuck is elderberry? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of elderberry as far as like maybe like a supplement and they put it in like a powder and you take it in a supplement. But like, I don't know anybody that's out there eating elderberry. Yeah, yeah or like tell recognizes you what it... the flavor. Yeah, exactly. oh, classic elderberry. <laughs> they also, uh, huckleberry. I don't think I've ever had a huckleberry. I just knew it was a fucking the, cartoon hound. inspired? Huh? <laughs> Tombstone inspired Mountain Dew. I don't know. I thought it was like the Huckleberry Hound. Uh, I was thinking about I'm your Huckleberry. I know. And then summer pop flavors. I don't know what any of these. What's the summer pop? Is that like a bomb pop? I have no idea, Jake. They just can't say bomb pop. I don't know. I don't know, Jake. That's all it says. And summer pop flavors. And we're supposed to just figure it out ourselves. I'm guessing it's a bomb pop. Okay. Anyway, yeah, fucking elderberry, elderberry, and huckleberry. Mmm, give me some of that huckleberry dew. 
<laughs> yeah, they've been doing a lot of those weird do flavors. Like just in the last year, they had a candy corn one and a gingerbread one, and now they have the the, the flaming hot Mountain Dew. They've all been pretty disgusting, and I'm usually pretty open to that kind of thing. I had the what was it, the watermelon one? Not too bad. That one's pretty good. I had that it. One's in, pretty good. I had it in diet. I'm not drinking these fucking full sugar sodas, Jake. Like you. That's why. That's why you're losing your goddamn teeth, Jake. Oh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> Stop drinking those goddamn sodas. You're not fucking five <laughs> years old anymore. Jesus Christ. We're in our forties. It's gonna kill us, you, I, dude. Seriously, you're gonna next year. You're gonna be drinking uh, kidney stone flavored Mountain Dew if you don't fucking stop drinking those goddamn sodas. <laughs> Jesus, don't make me cry on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I'm worried about you, man. We're not. Fu- we're not fucking. We're not fucking children anymore. We can't drink sugar sodas. I know, I know, I know. I need to, I need <laughs> yeah. to calm it down. That's the, I hear the voice of defeat, but I also hear a voice that says, fuck it, after this podcast, I'm drinking a cold, fresh dew. And if it's pickle flavor, fuck it, I'm drinking it anyway. Not waiting until after the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's an intervention for his soda drinking. I, there should be. There should be. There really yeah. should be. They, I, I'm trying. I'm doing it one step at a time. I, I've I've knocked off the Red Bull and, and soda's next on the list. You're just you're losing your teeth now, Jake. What else do we have to do? <laughs> I gotta lie your goddamn mouth shut. <laughs> I had a heck of a time cutting rock stars out of my diet because I was having those at least like one a day. I miss them. Yeah, I was the same way with Red Bull. I I still think about it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have to resist the urge. They got those coolers that are right by the checkout lines, and they've always got rock stars in one of them. And it's like, nope, don't look at it. Just go through. Would you try a s'mores? Hey, Wayne, would you try a s'mores flavored Mountain Dew? No, no, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) Out of these flavors, Wayne, out of these flavors, which one sounds the most uh, like uh, delicious? Uh, Apple cinnamon, s'mores, elderberry, huckleberry. I know it's going to be a toss up between elderberry and huckleberry (laughs) because there's there's such signature flavors. Um, if you were fucking born a hundred years ago, because that's right. the only people that fucking know what an elderberry or a huckleberry tastes like, because those people would eat anything back then. I, anyway, yeah, that elderberry seems uh, pretty inviting. I want to try that elderberry. <laughs> I would try them all except for the pickle one. Oh, we know you would. Jake would have fucking teeth falling into the bottle, and he'd still be drinking. <laughs> he'd still be drinking the goddamn thing. It's probably just like carbonated pickle juice. That's like, disgusting to me. Yeah, that sounds very foul. Very disgusting. <laughs> How the fuck is pickled carbonated pickle juice refreshing? Oh yeah. <laughs> Who signed off on that? Because that had to go to somebody else, and they had to sign that off and send it to somebody else, and then the, make it. And the make fucking the, the Vlasic the Vlasic Stork said, "Yeah, we should do this." <laughs> He's on the well, board over there. Athletes that drink pickle juice for the electrolytes. Yeah, but the, I guarantee you, Joe, there's no pickle in the Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> there's zero pickle. It's artificial pickle flavor. So it's not like you're even eating a real pickle. You're not drinking a real pickle. It's artificial pickle. 
I'm just saying there's got to be somebody out there who like really loves pickles and is like, I want a drink that tastes like and it. You're, you're like, trusting, you're trusting Mountain Dew pickles. chemists. You're trusting Mountain Dew chemists to tell you what pickles taste like. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I love pickles, but the thought of drinking a drink that tastes like pickles is, is that's a non-starter for me. Fizzy yeah. too. Yeah, no. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, and then when you you know how like the fizzy makes you burp, but now you're burping up pickle. Oh, all day. I hadn't <laughs> even thought about that. <laughs> Where's my hot dog water flavored Mountain Dew? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's disgusting. All right, limp biscuit. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's. So yeah, they're testing that in Tennessee. So we'll see if uh, if. Uh, I don't trust the people in Tennessee, Jake. I think the I think the people in Tennessee probably love pickle flavor Mountain Dew. <laughs> you think they're gonna <laughs> slap us with this fucking pickle dew? <laughs> oh my god! Oh I have to ask god. Stephen Parsh if he's tried it. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that they're t- testing it out in Tennessee first, though. Maybe somebody might grow an extra nipple or something from it. You never know. All right, thank you, Wayne. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what to say to that. Um, <laughs> Jake, I've been thinking of like um, of uh, of a of a of a game show, or like X-rated game shows, because they've never. Have you ever watched an X-rated game show, like like a porno game show? No, that seems like a very wide open, untapped market, though. Well, it kind of is. Me, it wasn't really a game show, but I remember when. Me and Leftover Jay, when Jay was on the podcast, for people that li- have listened this long. Anyway, when we were kids, we went to Family Video. Somehow, on Jay's account at Family Video, he was able to rent the nudie movies. And so when I'd spend the night at Jay's, his mom would like drive us over to the Family Video, and we'd go in, and we'd pick out movies, and Jay would always pick out, like, you know, we'd get a game, we'd get a movie, and then we'd pick out a couple nudie movies to watch when his parents went to sleep. And we rented, what was it? It was, uh, it was Camera, Candid Camera. You remember Candid Camera, Jake? Of course, yeah. They had Candid Camera, but it was, uh, and it was the same host. The guy, but it was nude candy camera. <laughs> so, and I was, we were all looking forward to it. Like, oh man, this should be, uh, this should be super horny and fun and entertaining. Oh my God. Like the people that were naked are like the, you do not want to see these people naked. It was like the, one of the worst things I've ever watched in my entire life. Anyway, that's besides <laughs> the point. I was thinking like, I don't, th- yeah, it's an on tap market, Jake. It's like fucking like X-rated, like game shows it just i haven't seen one like why isn't that like on like this you know do they even have the spice channel anymore jake or playboy channel i don't think so i think at this point just the general internet <laughs> and like Pornhub and only fans <laughs> has like eliminated the need for that kind of thing yeah who's fucking pe- spending like 30 bucks a month to watch spice channel when i can just fucking use my internet browser to jerk off right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Anyway, so I was saying, listen to my pitch. Listen to my pitch. I think this is fun, and it's it, yes, it's it's a game show. It's called Shampoo or Come, <laughs> and it's <laughs> does this involve a blindfold? Uh, well, it involves someone washing their hair with either shampoo or cum, and then having to <laughs> guess whether it's shampoo or cum. 
Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> it, it, it reminds me a lot of the Is It Kate game show, where, like, the first time you see it happen, it's going to be really entertaining. But, like, by the fifth time, it's like, what are we doing here? But we're bringing different guys to jerk off on this person's hat. <laughs> you never know it could be like a celebrity guest you know oh holy shit look bill Hader's gonna jerk off on this lady's head and and this is this is where we ask you the question shampoo or cum (laughs) find a couple squirters get some women in there too i like it i like it See, now, see, now we got the conversation going. Now I feel like we're in a real pitch meeting, Jake, and we're coming together here. <laughs> Is there going to be a rinse and repeat round? Rinse and repeat. <laughs> I don't know. I, the, I, bu- the Bukaki bonus round? Yes, the Bukaki bonus round where it's like you're either getting hit in the face with like pert or, you know, actual cum. <laughs> You, 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 got, you got head and shoulders on your head and shoulders and come. <laughs> I think it's a fun game show, Jake. And our sponsors, definitely going to be a bunch of shampoo companies. So, yeah, I'm, the sponsors will just come lining up. Oh, I know. I, yeah, they cannot wait to get their product out there in a show where people I'm have sure to guess. I'm sure shoulders will really appreciate being mistaken for yeah, come. yeah. anyway well it's not working up into a lather and it's all tangled together yeah they all look like fucking uh what's her name cameron diaz cameron diaz (laughs) from there's something about mary (laughs) (laughs) honestly when i thought of it i thought it was a horrible idea jake i just wanted to present it on the show yeah we got a lot of juice out of that (laughs) <laughs> no pun intended, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've been eating a lot of mandarin oranges. Love mandarin oranges. Man, um, I feel like I'm doing a, a, a comedy monologue. This is dumb, Jake. Um, <laughs> but I have... I, are, you, are you eating halos? I'm eating the... Yeah, like the halos or the cuties or the adorbs, the ones that are just like you can easily peel them away. It's like they're little fucking orange sluts. Like you can take off their peel like it's nothing. <laughs> it's like they're just ready for you to fucking put them in your mouth. And it's just like they're little sluts and you can just rip that shit off. Sluts. Yeah, dude. <laughs> those fucking navel oranges are like little tight virgins. They're like, don't know. No, <laughs> you actually got to get a knife to force them open. But these the little cuties are just like, yeah, man, come on, open me up. And anyway, I've been shoving those fucking things in my mouth. But my favorite is, like, have you ever got I hate it when I get a bag. There's like fucking three, five pound bags or whatever. And you see the ones on the outside. They look great. And then you get some of them like in the middle. And it looks like the little orange like took a shit in its pants. They're all soggy and shit. Oh, Oh, I've seen a ton of that. Oh, I fucking... I used to be a produce manager, so I would go through the cuties every day and look for that shit. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to bring that up. Um, Got an (laughs) email... Sorry, guys. (laughs) Got an email here from uh, Eric Marable, and it's about our Patreon content. So, yeah, PCL has its own Patreon. And uh, he says, hey, guys, I have had trouble since moving uh, to make time to listen, but I I am catching up. And remember now, 
how much I miss you guys. I resubbed, not for the bonus episodes, but because I want to support a great podcast and Tupperwares for Friends. Uh, thanks for being there when I needed you on my devices. You have no idea what your voices have done to keep me sane. Thanks. So, yeah, Eric Marable, um, subscribe to our Patreon and sent us this really nice email and a uh, good friend of the show. And he's, I mean, he's contributed. He sent us, I mean, the guy makes some incredible uh, cosplay, um, uh, like accessories and like, what do you, what do you call like, you know, just like anything for cosplay, like uh, swords and weapons and masks and helmets. And he's just incredible with that kind of shit. And he sent stuff our way and just a great listener and friend. And he's always at C2E2 and <clears throat> just a really nice email. And I want to thank Eric for sending the, uh, the nice email there, Jake. Oh, yeah. I, I love Eric. He's one of the all-time greats when it comes to listeners. <sighs> oh, final thing before we get to good pop, bad pop is, uh, as some of you listeners have seen on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, Jake and I... We are uh, PCL is not changing, but we are going to be a part of the Blue Wire Media uh, Podcast Network, and um, so nothing's going to change. I totally one hundred percent control the show. Nothing is going to change. I'm gonna. I mean, it's not like, um, but I, you know, I signed. Where it's going to happen. This is going to allow me and Jake to hopefully get a little bit more exposure, and then also. Um, make some money doing this, which is, which is fantastic, which is like, you know, that's kind of the, why a lot of people start podcasting. It's really not the reason why we started. It just kind of like this kind of fell in our lap. And, um, everybody that I've talked to over from blue wire is been really supportive and helpful. And it's basically just a transition of moving, importing our entire feed, our entire catalog. So that's not going away. They're importing our entire catalog over to blue wire and you'll you won't have to resubscribe or anything like that. It's going to be seamless. The only difference that you'll probably notice is that uh, our logo is going to have a blue wire logo underneath it. And uh, yeah, th th there will be additional sponsors on each episode. But what podcasts don't have them anymore? I mean, seriously, they all do. But um, yeah, this is going to help the show. It's going to help the show. I really have a feeling. And it's only a year contract. And if I feel like it's not working out after a year, which I hope it does, and I have a good feeling about this, um, then it's, it's only a one-year contract. But um, yeah, I'm excited, Jake. I really am excited for this. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't think people should really worry about this at all. No, I, I agree. I'm right there with you. I, I'm so excited about this. It's, it's a long time coming. And like you said, absolutely nothing is going to change. We still adore Blue Wire as much as we always have, you know. <laughs> I, uh, what was it? They No, they tried to get us last year and I just couldn't make time to talk to anybody over there. And I was just like, I just kind of blew it off. And then... Um, he contacted me again. I'm like, well, these guys are really coming after us. And I got to Zoom chat with one of the guys over there. He's listened to like our movie review episodes and enjoys the podcast. And then it was <laughs> in the last meeting, I got to talk to, you know, some of the guys uh, in tech and from their um, marketing and sales team. And one of the guys, his name was Tristan Brown. I kid you not. Well, that's crazy. What are the chances? 
And I told him, I was like, there's a guy on our podcast, one of the listeners that's now, you know, hosts with us every once in a while named Tristan Brown. And they're like, yeah, we saw that when we were looking at your feed. Well, once the call got over with, um, I said, I said, Tristan, you're my second favorite Tristan Brown. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So, yeah. No, I'm excited for the partnership. And I hope this uh, I hope this helps the podcast, and I hope more people are able to find us and enjoy the content that we put out every week. You know, things like shampoo or cum, or me talking about slutty oranges. You know, these are things that people need to hear about. I agree, and that's really great. They've listened. I think one of the scary things about us getting a sponsor in the past is like just having anyone do it, and them not really knowing what they're getting into, and like us not being able to be as you know blue and raunchy as we want to be. Yeah. And it, it sounds like these guys know what they're getting into. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah, because I'm not changing anything. I'm not changing the length of the episodes. I mean, I know a lot of people make shorter episodes so that they're easier to consume because they're scared. If they, you know, if you talk for three, four hours, whatever, people aren't going to listen. I don't care. I don't I do this. I do this for fun. I'm not here to I'm Jake. I don't I don't feel like, okay. now we're only going to talk about this for 15 minutes and then we're going to talk about this for 15 minutes and it's a hard out. We're we're out after an hour. Like I no. I mean, like this, like fucking Marvel movies, this shit, DC movies, all the stuff we review, the movies that we review. It's important to me. That's why we watch this shit. That's why we love this shit. And I don't want to I don't want to put a time restriction on our conversations. No, and I agree. And I think our listeners are a bit of a different breed, too. And I think the majority of our listeners actually appreciate it the longer we go. If I'm being completely honest yeah. with you, I, yeah. I never see anyone complain about episodes being short. And anytime we go longer than the average, I see lots of like hip hip hoorays for that. Yeah, I know. It, but there, uh, you got to understand, I'm sure that there's like a larger audience of people that just fucking want like the quibby version of a podcast. You know, it's like, but that's that's yeah, I'm we not, see how quibby did. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm. Short-lived s- uh, fucking streaming service is what that was. Did you remember? Didn't we talk about the thinking about bringing it back? I wow. thought um, they or, did. I thought like Roku bought it, and all that material was on Roku. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Movie Pass. Yeah, Movie Pass is. They are thinking about bringing that back. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Are we ready to move into? Good pop, bad pop? Yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. All right, guys. I like the, the yeah. I, we, I think we're all in agreement. I think Jake is ready to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, Jake, I know you wanted to talk about this. I don't know if you wanted to kick it off, but do you want to talk about the summer of Morbius? I mean, it. <laughs> do you want to talk? I mean, it's the summer of Morbius, man. It's Morb culture, man. You want to talk about it? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's hilarious that this, like, online joke 
actually fooled Sony into thinking that there was an interest that they could profit off of. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen to come out of one of these like online kind of troll jokes. Um, yeah, it's absolutely fucking hilarious. They put it out a second time and it, it flopped hard. And, uh, I, Jared Leto is tweeting about it with the <laughs> script of Morbius too. I, I'm, I'm, did you see not, the title? It was, it's Morbin time. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's probably in my eyes, the coolest thing Jared Leto has ever done. Uh, I thought that was pretty hilarious. I, I saw a lot of people shitting on him and saying like, oh, the joke's over now that now that he's done this. And honestly, I, I thought it was a very, very hilarious move. I think it's great that he can kind of sit back and laugh at the whole thing. You know, I think it's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah like any other actor might be like, oh, fuck, you know, don't don't go anywhere near this. Don't touch this. Don't play into this. And I, You I, know, yeah. for as much as I like Ben Affleck and I do like Ben Affleck, I don't really I didn't really see him kind of coming out and saying anything about like not everybody enjoying his Batman and making it, you know, going along with some of the jokes or like the, did he do any jokes with like the sad Batman memes or anything like oh, that? Oh no. Yeah. It was the exact opposite. It was, I mean, we all, we all know the, the sounds of silence interview that people put out there. Like I, yeah, he seemed very upset about the whole thing. He did not poke fun at it. It's no sweat off Jared Leto's back. Like, this guy is just like, I fuck it. He's like, fuck it, you know? He's like, I'm multi-talented. Not only am I fucking good-looking, but I'm a musician, and I'm fucking an actor, and I've won an Academy Award. It's like, he don't give a fuck. So, I mean, uh, but I, th- yeah, I love the summer of Morbius. Joe, you got thoughts on, su- you have, have you seen Morbius yet, Joe? I was on your Morbius episode. You were. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear the sound of regret in Joe's voice. <laughs> Joe, all I remember from that episode is Neil, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's all anybody remembers from that episode. <laughs> no, I love all these these memes for it. The, I think one of the first ones I saw was the, like, uh, I loved it in the movie when he said it's Morbin time and then he morbed all over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love them turning morb into a verb. It's it's Every time I read it, it cracks me up. Yeah. Wayne, are you getting into uh, morb culture? No. Honestly, like I, I was going to go see it, and then <clears throat> I couldn't resist. I had to listen to your episode, and after I, I listened to that episode, I'm like, I think I may have saved myself a trip to the theaters. But um, I, even with it being re-released back in the theaters, only making what eighty-six thousand dollars? Yeah, I think somebody did the math. It was like eighty dollars a theater. They basically made. Like, yeah, I really had no interest in, of going to even like look at this. Like, I, I saw it on my Voodoo. I could buy it, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll wait till it's like in the five dollar bin or something. Like, I, I mean, I'm just like a casual F- Morbius fan. I only know of Morbius from maybe like the Spider-Man cartoons, and but I did have an interest. But uh, yeah, after hearing that review and and how much Neil truly, truly felt about that movie, um, I think I may have saved myself a trip. If I'm being honest with you, I think Neil kind of held back. I, no, guys, he did. He <laughs> oh did God. not hold back. Yeah. Hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson has to be fucking shaking in his boots from all this, right? A Craven movie is going to be terrible. Yes. <laughs> it has no chance of being good. What's that? You didn't see that coming? 
Oh, that, oh, you're oh, doing. You're, Quicksilver he's doing Pietro. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. we uh-huh. have a lot uh-huh. more of these impersonate impressions to look forward to, don't we, Wayne? As the episode through the six pack, so sorry. <laughs> Wayne is Wayne is like a modern day Daryl Hammond. <laughs> I, Jake, Daryl Hammond is like the modern day Daryl Hammond. <laughs> he's he's still with us. Um, uh, not his career. I just it's uh, well. Oh. Okay, he's he's still he's the announcer. He's the new fucking uh, SNL. And I, I guarantee you, he's making he's getting those Don Pardo checks, Jake. <laughs> the Don Pardo checks. You know Don Pardo was making a fuck ton of money at SNL. You know he was. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm still watching. I'm still I'm still watching uh, Married with Children. I'm in season six of Married with Children, and that is Jake. That is the season where it starts off. Uh, where Peggy's pregnant, and then there's a stretch of episodes where Katie Seagal is not in that season, and then she comes back, and it was because she was pregnant in real life, and they wrote it into the show, and then she miscarried and lost the baby. It was really sad, and um, and then when she came that back... That happened in real life? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I remember when this happened, and so watching this again kind of triggered that memory for me of, oh, yeah, I remember this. This is really sad. And, uh, yeah, so when she comes back to the show, um, uh, it was everything that happened during that period of time where she was pregnant was all a dream is how they made it. So, yeah. And then uh, they had a bunch of episodes with uh, Matt LeBlanc, you know, Joey from Friends, and it was because, and I looked into this, and I remembered this. He, th- I remember one of them. He was in a spinoff for Married with Children. So, like, his spinoff show started on Married with Children. It was called Top of the Heap. And that show ran for seven episodes and got canceled. So they rebranded it, had him play the same character, tried to relaunch it again on Married with Children. And then... The next show, instead of him hanging out with his father, it was him hanging out with his construction worker buddy, and it was called Vinny and Bobby, and he played a character, Vinny Verducci. And that, that ran for seven episodes and got canceled. So two Married with Children spinoffs with Matt LeBlanc get canceled within like two years of each other. Yeah, I remember Fox was kind of legendary for that in that time. Like, there's like you could probably name like twenty plus sitcoms that had eight or less episodes on Fox. Like, they would just cut that shit right away. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think it's wild that you know it's probably the best thing for him though that they got canceled because then like within like a year he lands Friends. Yeah, he's lucky he got that gig on being on two canceled shows. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm still. Married with Children, that is a wild show, guys. That is a weird fucking show, man. It just keeps getting weirder and weirder with each season. Uh, I am uh, started uh, Holy Moly Season 4. That's, like, something that I'm, like, watching before bed. It's a lot of fun, Jake. I don't know if you're watching Season 4 yet, but it's really fun, so check it out. It's back. Um, I think I even knew Season 4 started. Oh, yeah. It's been out for, like, five or six weeks. 
Uh, finished Night Sky, the J.K. Simmons Sissy Spacek show on Amazon Prime. Absolute Tupperware. You have to finish this show. If I'm telling you that Amazon Prime is killing it with these weird sci-fi, these like Damon Lindelof-esque science fiction shows. And, um, I mean, Night Sky is no different. Outer Range was fantastic. Joe, are you still, are you slogging through it? Are you still watching Outer Range? Uh, it's still on my list to finish. I'm really happy to hear that you like Night Sky. Um, yeah. Right now, um, uh, kind of the big rewatch that I, I've been doing is with Stranger Things. Okay, okay. You think you needed the refresher to go into season four? I, I didn't need it. My my wife, uh, she felt like she needed it. And then we talked uh, the kids into watching it with us, too. They'd never watched okay. it. And, dude, they were absolutely hooked from the first episode. I mean, it probably doesn't help that... You know, half the cast is is their age range. Yeah. And they're already obsessed with stuff from the 80s. So they, they totally I think we watched the first season over like four nights, maybe. Oh, that's <laughs> so, I mean, awesome. We're, we're jamming through it. Oh, that first. I've seen the first season twice. There are other seasons I've seen just the one time. But um, yeah, it's it's oh, man. I, I honestly still think that the. Season four is the next best season after that first season. I, I real I love this new villain. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, you, oh, so I you can't fa- wait to get there. And, and I yeah. haven't been spoiled yet. Every time I, I start reading something about Stranger Things online, I immediately <laughs> thumb past it as fast as I can. Well, uh, we do have Stranger Things news coming up later in the episode, Jay, uh, Joe. But it's not going to spoil anything for four. And if there is anything in the article that spoils anything for four, I'll I'll shut it down. But um, yeah. oh, sweet. Um, yeah, Finish Night Sky, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal show. I cannot wait. I love the direction that they're going in season two. Uh, this is a fantastic show. Amazon, they like to go by Prime Video, Jake. They don't like to go by Amazon. They like to go by Prime Video. Yes, they do. That is definitely yeah. the branding. All yeah. the apps say Prime, available yeah. on Prime. Well, I get like they're, you know, they want us to like send us screeners for their movies and stuff like that. And they're like, please refer to us as Prime Video. And so it's like, okay. Um, They want us to not think about Jeff Bezos as much as possible. Probably. (laughs) Uh, I'm still watching I Love That For You on Showtime. I'm really loving that show now, Jake. It's great. The Vanessa Bayer show. I, I, I'm totally into it. Started physical season two. I've watched the first episode. Tupperware that. Um, I think I'm one episode behind on The Baby on HBO Max. I'm still loving that. And this is going to bring us to the part of the podcast where we're going to talk about a couple of trailers that dropped this week. And I want to first uh, kind of go over the Black Adam trailer. Did everybody get a chance to watch the Black Adam trailer? Yes. Yeah, uh, I did not. I can watch it real quick, though. All right, let's pause. All right, we're back. Joe has now watched the Black Adam trailer. Yeah, we can rate this thing if you want to. Um, Wayne, what did you think about the Black Adam trailer? Uh, like, I gave this one like a middle of the road tasted. I mean, we're seeing... <sighs> I didn't get everything that I wanted. I didn't. We don't. We're not getting the pointy ear Black Adam, which I don't understand why. I mean, I'm just feeling like we're just getting the Rock, just in a painted outfit, because that guy did not need any muscle padding for this outfit at all. Um, I do like seeing. Uh, we got to see a little bit of Pierce Brosnan as uh, Doctor Fate, I believe. 
Um, the are, is he playing the anti-hero in this movie? Because that's the vibe I was getting. It definitely feels that way. It really feels that way. I think they're setting him up definitely for you know like a kind of a Shazam finale or something like that. Or are, Jake, are they are they going to have Black Adam join the Justice League? Um, I think they're definitely going to connect him to other characters we've seen before, but I, I doubt he would join the Justice League. I mean, anti-heroes do sometimes, so it's not like... Oh, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. it's out of the realm of possibility, yeah. but I, I think he's primarily going to be used as a Shazam foil crossover event. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, I, I love the outfit, um, especially when he has the, the torn uh cape uh you know cowl over him uh he looked really good in that um just seeing how he handles uh like missiles being shot at him i mean they're like nothing to him they're just toys uh it I, i'm wondering i you know we saw the the team that he's going to be with i'm really interested to see the the tension between the way he wants to do things and the way they run things with that team and, uh, you know, there was mention of saying, you know, like, the, the good guys don't kill anybody. And, you know, he's not a, he's not exactly a good guy. Uh, but, I, I mean, are we going to like this guy at the end of the movie? Or are we supposed to hate him going into maybe Shazam? Uh, I'm, I was kind of hoping maybe down the road we could possibly see uh, Henry Cavill versus Black Adam. I think we all want to see that. I mean, these guys both have the same trainer. And the same agent, I believe. I mean, it's inevitable. We got to have these two collide at some point. But uh, that ain't gonna happen, my friends. I, I as much as much as I want it to happen, it's, yeah, it's definitely not gonna happen. Superman's out. Supergirl is in. That's all. I mean, everything I'm hearing from anybody that's like kind of like in the know is Superman is out. Supergirl is in. It's it, it's a new era for the Justice League. Right. But we've been waiting for this since it's been announced, what, in, like, 2014? Uh, this is a long time ago. It's just nice to finally see it in motion, you know? But, yeah. Uh, Jake, what do you think? I didn't really care for this trailer much at all. Um, I'm a huge fan of The Rock and all the charisma that he brings to almost any movie that he's in. But I don't know. Something about this trailer, like, it it wasn't very fun, Um it just looked like a boring paint by numbers, like superhero movie. I thought the art design was a little bit uninspired of the way like the city looked and stuff. Um, I mean, I, the costuming looks fine and this could end up being a great movie. I, I would be very intrigued to see a movie that's like the origin of a villain. Like if that's the, the road they take, then this could still end up being a very, very good film. But I don't know. I found this to be a very uninspired trailer. I did not like it. It's a toss it for me. Yeah, I'm going to low taste it with this one. I did enjoy seeing Pierce Brosnan. I thought he is going to I think he's going to bring a lot to this movie. I think he's going to be a likable character. I like the casting of Pierce Brosnan in this. So I did enjoy Pierce Brosnan in this. I feel like what they're I didn't think you mentioned, you know, Dwayne Johnson's charisma and it oozes in a lot of his movies. Like some directors don't get it and they don't use him the way that they should. And I feel like they're, I, I don't want, I want a lot more charisma out of the character by the time we get this movie, because I, I'm worried. 
I'm not going to say he's going to be as bad as Cena was in the last Fast and Furious movie, but I didn't feel any of that Dwayne Johnson charisma in this, really. I didn't get it. And that's what's really bringing this trailer down for me is just the fact that it's he's our main character. And it's like, give this guy, I don't know, give him more. Don't fucking, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm what's worried. What's interesting is that the, the director is the same guy that directed him in Jungle Cruise. And I mean, he oozes charisma in that movie. Yeah. So I, I don't know what got lost in translation it's here. It's just the trailer. Maybe it's just the trailer. I, I mean, and, and we didn't get to see a lot of the JSA. Uh, I wanted to see some more Noah Centennial and see what he can bring because I know he's got a little bit of a comedy flavor with him that, you know, he's brought to like some of those rom-coms in the past. And I feel like they really held back on the JSA on this one, but, uh, I'll give it a low taste. It I'm still hoping for the best. It is a fucking movie starring the rock as a superhero in the DC universe. So I'm down. I cannot wait to watch this movie and, uh, I'll be watching it in IMAX and, uh, yeah, but the trailer didn't do it for me. And you know what? The Thor trailers haven't done it for me either. The Love and Thunder trailers haven't done it for me either. I don't know what it is that they're not doing in these trailers to get me excited, but they're just not doing it. Um, so yeah, low taste it. Joe, what'd you think? Yeah, it, I feel like they've been talking about, I mean, I feel like I've been hearing Dwayne Johnson talk about Black Adam for so long that I'm at the point where I'm almost just thoroughly uninterested. And the the trailer didn't do too much to get me excited about it. Now, regardless, kind of like, just like what you were saying, I mean, it's, it's the rock playing a superhero and it, it is a, an actual DC movie. So, I mean, no matter what, I'm going to be there in the theater opening night to see it. And I'm going to hope that it's a good movie because my experience with Warner brothers is that their superhero movies are very hit or miss. And there are some that they've done that I feel like they've knocked out of the park and I've absolutely loved. Uh, like most recently, the Suicide Squad was one of my favorites. So, you know, I know it's possible for them to make good movies. And um, the the trailer, I mean, I wasn't too excited about this before the trailer. So, I mean, the trailer didn't do anything to knock my socks off either. Um, I did like seeing Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate. I'm excited that we're going to be getting some of these other um, DC characters as well. I thought Hawkman looked pretty good in it. Uh, the costume for The Rock looks good. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'll be there to see it. But I, I feel like with me, it's just like an oversaturation thing. Like they've been talking about it for so long that now that it's finally here, I'm just kind of meh. Yeah, dude, I fucking I love Aldous Hodge. That I mean, I, you know, I, I remember watching him uh, back in the Friday Night Lights series when he played Voodoo. And I was like, you know, it's crazy. Like that Friday Night's Lights cast just has so much potential. All the people that were in that cast, it's unreal. And like Aldous Hodge has gone on and done, you know, that Brian Banks movie. He's doing that, what is that, uh, Showtime show with Kevin Bacon. Um, I mean, Aldous Hodge, great actor. He's going to be playing Hawkman here. So I'm hoping that they give him a lot of screen time and they utilize him well. Yeah, they just, I mean, all we really see of him in like the trailer from like all I can really recall is just like the wings again, you know, just we're seeing the wings pop open. It's like, okay, yeah, we know that he can do that. Cool. Can I see some more from that character? I'd like, so, um, yeah, yeah, I think we're all kind of like, uh, we're all interested in seeing the movie. We're just not blown away by the trailer. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's just not a great trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like this one's tonally 
being directed more towards fans of Suicide Squad 1 than Suicide Squad 2 to me. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the Warner Brothers DC tone that I'm not the biggest fan of. Yeah, yeah. I think it all hinges on The Rock. I mean, we were all out on the Venom movie, you know, and then we get Tom Hardy pulling off this really fun performance. And so, you know, a lot of people were kind of converted after that first movie. Like, yeah, this movie shouldn't work, but I had a fucking blast watching it. So hopefully The Rock will be able to ooze some charisma in this movie and we'll we'll, we'll walk. Because I want to walk out of it and be like, oh, my God. That was awesome. The JSA was fucking dope. Black Adam's awesome. I can't see. I can't wait to see what they do in the next Shazam movie. But if it doesn't work, then it's just like fuck. Now I'm worried about the next Shazam movie, and I really like that first one. So, and we're getting Shazam in like fucking December, right? Uh, Fury of the Gods. That's coming out real soon, isn't it? Yeah, I believe this year. Yeah, it was. Uh, they did move. They did move a week. They were set for the same weekend as avatar they did move it a week though but they need to move it quite a bit more in my opinion that's december 16th right now yeah yeah uh let's talk about prey this is the uh new dan trachtenberg um uh predator movie um and uh yeah stars uh amber midthunder playing a comanche warrior and I love the, I will say this, what was the tagline? Um, they hunt to live, he lives to hunt. I was like, that's a cool fucking, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Um, but the trailer itself, I'm going to give it a taste it. Uh, just, I mean, I think it could be a lot of fun. I thought the CG on the bear looked terrible. Um... And uh, but I think it could be a fun movie. It's just I'm going to give it a taste. It didn't see a lot of the Predator here, to be honest with you. And you don't have to, in my opinion, movie. You know, the first movie came out in '87. We all know what he fucking looks like. You can show more of the of the Predator. So I don't know. Just didn't have enough to get me like truly excited. Like the one. Like I can't tell you. Like they're like. From the trailer, like there's like one scene that just like hooked me. Like, oh my god, yes, yes. I never had that moment. So it's all kind of like wishful thinking and me being hopeful that it's a good Predator movie because we need it and trusting Dan Trachtenberg because I think he's a great director. I loved um, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. So I'll give it a a taste it on uh, Prey. Joe, what did you think about Prey? Yeah, I'd give it a taste it too. There. I wasn't really blown away by the trailer, but I really liked Amber Midthunder's performance in Legion, and she really kicked ass in that. And so I'm excited to see her in another action role because I think she's going to be able to handle all the action stuff in it really well. Um, also really excited to see that there's going to be a version available of this where you can listen to the entire movie has the audio in the, the Comanche language. Yeah, I've, got, I've actually got a whole article that I'm going to go over with that. Yeah, I want to talk about nice. that. Yeah, yeah and, and and that's probably the thing I'm most excited about is I really like it when 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 did you when did you to... when did you take the uh, the the fucking uh, Comanche? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be reading the subtitles, <laughs> but I just like that immersive experience. I, what's it, what's what's that uh, Rosetta Stone? Did you take the Comanche yep. Rosetta Stone, Joe? <laughs> you really excited to put your Comanche to good use? <laughs> it really clicked when I started dreaming in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the trailer didn't do anything that really knocked my socks off. But I am excited to see this one in the in the fact that they did do a version of it where it is in the Comanche language uh, has me really excited. So, yeah. Jake, Joe over there learning Comanche. Yeah, I would yeah, love to be I, able to speak a different language. That would be so cool. I, I, uh, for me, I would love to speak. I, if I could speak anything, it'd probably be like uh, I'd, I'd want to learn like Mandarin or uh, yeah, or uh, uh, yeah, probably Mandarin. I mean, you could, I mean, there's a, a billion people speak it. <laughs> I think it would come yeah. in handy. <laughs> it would totally come in handy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I like Japanese just to play a lot of imported games that I wouldn't be able to play without it. Now that'd be really cool. Japanese would be cool. That way, you could just watch anime and just be like, "Yeah, fuck it." I, speak. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's <laughs> oh, good that would too. be so cool. I fucking speak this <laughs> or fucking Korean. I'd just be like, "Oh fuck, man!" Every all the, these fucking Korean horror movies and. Like even Parasite, you know, it's just like they're, they're, you know, these fucking Korean directors are fucking killing it. And now I can just watch it in its fucking language. That'd be fucking cool too. Anyway, that's why that's why that's why we need the Matrix, Jake. So now they can just plug that thing in the back of my fucking skull, and I could be like, I know Korean. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sign me up. Fuck yeah, dude. Anyway, um, yeah, Jake, what'd you think of Prey? I actually loved this trailer. I, I'm gonna Tupperware it. Um, just. Mostly based on the fact that my excitement level for this movie was at a zero. And then I saw this trailer and it like put me up to like an eight out of 10 on just excitement. Like I, to me, it looks the most like the original predator of any sequel we've ever gotten where it has that real isolated feel of just the hunter and the hunted Uh, predators, predators. They tried to make a carbon copy of that first movie with uh, Adrian. Was it the Adrian Brody movie? And that didn't work, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you had you, they had pretty much every beat from that movie down to the point where, like, the one Native American is on the you know on the on the uh, log bridge, and uh, instead of cutting away, we actually get to see that fight happen between the two characters in that movie. And um, I mean, that movie was a huge letdown. So that's maybe cutting it a little bit too close, though. I mean, this this isn't a carbon copy, but it gives me that same like feeling of isolation and anxiety that I just haven't felt since the first one. I think Trachtenberg is really good at kind of eliciting those kind of feels and the way he directs movies. And I I saw that even from this trailer. It just got me really excited. I'm just curious, like what stood out for you then? Because like I I I thought that it's scene where the like just seeing the target show up in the girl and her moving a split second. And seeing the thing like mow down the the plants as they were running, um, I was interested in seeing like how it's going to affect the people trying to mess with their tribe as well. Like it looks like they have more things to worry about than just the predator when it comes to their survival. And I, I didn't think that was going to be an aspect of it, and that got me really excited. I, I don't know. I, I just thought it looked like a really back to basics predator movie that I'm excited to see. Like I, I, and I know the filmmaker can deliver on the type of feelings that I want to get from watching a predator movie. I actually thought it looked really great. I I was really surprised at how excited I was to see this movie after I saw this trailer. The thing that excited me the most was just like the, the tagline that they had on the screen, man. I was like, that's cool. That's I'm into that. 
I hope I love the movie. I really fucking do. I hope I love the movie. I'm actually going to go to my sister's and watch this on her projector. So it's going to be the closest that I'll be able to like watch this in a theater and not watch it in a theater. Because I think it's a damn shame that if this movie is good, that it's not a theatrical release. Wayne, what did you think about the trailer for Prey? Man, uh, I'm going to put this in the middle of the road, taste it, because... At first, I, I was going to toss it when I first saw it, and uh, I was like, I, I don't think I'm really interested in this time period of a Predator, but uh, and then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what, Like Arnold Schwarzenegger was able to defeat the Predator at the end with just mud and sticks and stone. I'm like, so there's no different than we see here. Um, I, I did like the scene where it looks like the tribe is sending in a bunch of warriors, to possibly take care of the predator and who you know from what we probably all guess is it might not work out well for those guys um but we've been burned before with predator movies i mean i love 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 the original and you know i i like the second one um just you know not as much as the first one obviously but um i did see a scene that kind of reminded me of the second one there was a scene where we see some guys with guns and uh, I'm like, okay, so there will be firearms in this. And I assume it's uh, they're colliding with the tribe. I don't think they're fighting with the Predator. But um, I, I, if you guys remember in the Predator 2, um, one of those Predators gives Danny Glover an old pistol, you mm-hmm. know, knowing, yeah. letting him know that they've been here for a very, very long time. The Dark Horse comics, if you go back and read those, like they were coming back here during like the Civil War times. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So could that even connect, you know, could we finally get some Predator movies here that actually connect and have some, you know, connection? Because a lot of these, every time I feel like I'm watching a Predator movie, it feels like they're going to go somewhere and, you know, at the end they, they don't. You know, oh, we get this awesome armor from the Predators and, you know, where's that going to go? We don't know. You know, we get their technology. Where's it going to go from there? We don't know. That armor uh, on that dude was not awesome, by the way, Wayne. That was the dumbest yeah fucking reveal at the end of that movie yeah i agree <laughs> it, 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 you know, but i understand what you're saying like okay. they start things and they're like okay that was a misfire okay now let's reboot it let's have dan trachtenberg come in here and it's like can anybody do anything original and cool with the predator that's what we're worried about at this point because exactly. we love the character but my god it has been mishandled so many times yeah <laughs> I mean, we could say the same thing about the Terminator as well. Oh, you know, God, don't get me started, dude. As one good, really, really good movie, and then, you know, there on out, it's just mishandled, and it's just the more they make it, it's just, it gets, starts to get a little cringeworthy. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I have high hopes for this movie. I hope it's really good. Um, you know, so let's not get burned again. For the yeah. fifth time, or yeah. However many movies this has been, I liked Amber Mid Thunder and Legion, but man, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see her as a lead in this and to see if she can take on this action star role. I know she did her own action in Legion; she's really good at it. But I mean, she did have a huge supporting cast. This is her movie, so she really has to step into some. Like you know, you think about uh, some of the some of the actors that have played, um, you know. Um, uh, heroes in the past in these types of movies like Sigourney Weaver. It's like that. Those are big shoes to fucking fill. And I think like, you know, she's got big shoes to fill here if she's going to 
if she's going to carry this movie. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I will be watching this movie when it drops on August 5th. Uh, Dark Horizons did have an article. Uh, filmmaker Dan Trachtenberg's Prey, a new spin on the Predator franchise, sets its action around the Comanche Nation three centuries ago and follows a young female warrior taking on a version of, a high, of the highly evolved alien Predator. Those involved reportedly went to great lengths to offer an accurate representation of the Comanche and ensure it was authentic to indigenous peoples. As a result, the cast boasts a host of Native and First Nation actors. Uh, it goes on to say, Today's trailer showed that one concession that was made was that the indigenous characters speak in English. However, Slash Film spoke with both Trackenberg and producer uh, Jane Myers, who confirmed that the film will also be the first new release movie to be also be made available in the Comanche language via an alternate audio dub track. Uh, Trachtenberg says the creative team struggled with the hunt for Red October thing, referring to that film's famous early scene in which Russian characters start out speaking in Russian. Then a deliberate visual shot conveys to the audience they're still speaking Russian, but switches things over to English. They never quite came up with a way to make that work, so instead the film was shot with both in mind. The trailer has scenes done in both languages. The pair explain it. Meyer says just the fact that people will have a choice. The world will have a choice to listen to the whole film in Comanche is amazing. Trachtenberg said both languages are spoken, but when you hear English, it's as if it's Comanche. But what Jane is speaking to is on Hulu. There will be a Comanche dub of the movie. So you can watch the entire movie in Comanche with the original actors returning to perform their roles. And... Um, Sounds like Joe's going to be watching it in Comanche. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Dude, uh, if I could have watched the Northmen, you know, all in that, like, you know, whatever language they would have been speaking, I would have absolutely watched it like that. Really? Um, yeah, kind of like, like, didn't you like Apocalypto? Yeah. I mean, I thought the first yeah. part of that movie was horrifying, but the last 30 minutes was the shit. Sure. And, you know, the fact that it was all in that... You know, it was an immersive experience being in that language through the whole movie. I guess you're right, man. It makes me wonder, like, how am I going to start this movie? Am I going to do it in English or do it in a Comanche? Shit. Yeah, Joe, you you, you kind of broke my brain here, bro. Um, <laughs> no, you kind of have, I man. Subtitles. I don't want to. I don't want to make the wrong decision here when I watch this because I, I I completely understand what you're saying. So yeah, that's cool. Um, let's talk. I mean, if it's if it's a real ode to the original Predator, there might not be a ton of dialogue in the first place anyway. So Comanche may be the way to go. Oh, I don't know, man. I gotta, I gotta hear. I ain't got time to bleed. I mean, that's a that <laughs> dude. Don't, come on, don't tell me. Don't tell me that there ain't no fucking good. There's a great dialogue in that first fucking movie, man. Holy I didn't shit. say the dialogue was bad. I just said there there wasn't a ton of dialogue. Oh man, there's though. But when they do talk, Jake, it's uh, it matters. It matters. Anyway, um, let's talk about Obi Wan. Uh, I guess we can get caught up on episodes three and four, and um, hmm. I'll start off with. Uh, I'll start off with Joe. What have you been thinking about uh, Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan I've Kenobi. Still been, yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying it. Uh, episodes three and four really did it for me as well. Uh, episode three, we got uh, more scary Vader, which I thought was really great. I, I'm really excited about the character journey that they're portraying in Obi-Wan with this, that, you know, a broken man who's 
kind of goes out on this mission. And during the course of it, it looks like he's kind of finding his way back to the force again, because the Obi-Wan that they show us in episode one is nowhere near the Obi-Wan that we get in a new hope. Um, and, and I know there are some issues along the way with retcons, um, especially the more that he is involved with, with Leia when she's younger, it does make it really weird that, you know, in a new hope she would, you know, give that line that is now iconic in pop culture of, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you fought with my father in the Clone Wars and not, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you saved me when I was a kid. <laughs> so I mean, twice. There, there are little retcons in twice. that. Twice. You saved me twice. Twice. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm I'm just choosing to not let that bother me, but I could totally understand how that does bother some people that they're doing these sort of retcons. But I mean, retcons have kind of been a part of star Wars from the beginning. Um, so I, I, I can kind of get past it in the same way that I don't think too hard about Luke and Leia kissing in empire. <laughs> uh, but you know, the show's really been doing it for me. And, you know, part of it is, is you and McGregor, his, his performance as Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of my favorite parts of the prequel movies. And to see him come back and, and do that again is really great. And and I didn't imagine that they would have given us this story that feels so logical now that he would be really, really fucked up with PTSD, you know, from what happened during the Clone Wars and, you know, specifically what happened with his final showdown with Anakin. And I like the way they're tackling that. And um, also, it just seems like so much recently, every time we get Vader on the screen, he's just... They're doing a really good job recently of making him very menacing. And that scene in episode three where he's going down the street, dragging people along behind him, snapping necks with the force, like, yeah, dude, that's scary Vader. And, like, I'm here for it. Yeah, Wayne, what are you thinking, man? I've been really enjoying the Obi-Wan series thus far. Um, Episodes one through three, really, I've really enjoyed. Um, I, I mean... For a long time, I I remember just wanting this show and thinking it was never, ever going to happen. So, like, I'm really thankful we at least have it. I mean, there's a lot to nitpick about this show. I mean, there's especially for episode four, I had a lot of problems with with a lot of things I could pick at here. But um, I'm just thankful that we even had this show. I mean, we've always talked about, I mean, what the hell has Obi-Wan been doing that whole time he's been on Tatooine? And, you know, we finally are getting the answer, but, I mean, it's only six episodes. we got two episodes left, and I feel like this is similar to how I felt with Moon Knight. It's like, I still have so many questions, and you've only got, like, two episodes to try to wrap this up. Um, Can can they do it? Uh, well, I'm curious. What we, I'd love to know... I'm I'm actually dying to know. What are your nitpicks with episode four? I'm curious. Episode four, okay. So when I there was a scene where Obi Wan's in a hallway with Leia and he's getting attacked by a security droid, right? Getting shot at, and he has nothing to to block him to get in front of to hide behind, and then he has stormtroopers behind him who have the worst shot imaginable. This guy has is out in the open, in between, not getting shot. And we've seen him struggling so long in the first three episodes, getting in connection with the Force, uh, 
we we seen him in this last episode use a bit of a distraction with the two guards that were down below, which we've also seen in A New Hope. Um, but his, I didn't think he was going to go from struggling to, you know, move a, a something across the table to being able to hold glass with that much pressure and then get out of that room after the water comes out and be bone dry. Um, I mean, he's pretty quick and spry for his age, I guess, that he can get out of there very quickly and not get wet at all. Um, you know, the the trench coat scene where trying to smuggle out a child in a big trench coat just reminded me of the scene in The Little Rascals uh, with the trench coat scene. Uh, just just a few things I was nitpicking. Um, we lost that terrible, that wonderful, wonderful pilot, Wade. What a... What a terrible loss. I do. Why'd you have to bring up Wade? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry to open up some wounds, you know. But, uh, you know, they talk about this base that's, you know, nobody's stupid enough to attack. But yet you can go in there with these, you know, these, what, T-47s that are used to haul trash. You can just easily fly into their, in their bay and start shooting shit and... And just, you know, get out of there. I mean, they're supposed to be inquisitors. They're supposed to be in this, you know, they, they, and we saw how easy it was for her to even get into this base. She, you know, she didn't really have to bullshit that much to her way to get through. She used fear because that's all they use on, 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 on the Empire's fear. You know, everybody is afraid of the person above them. You know, even Vader has somebody above him that he has to be afraid of. I mean, everybody has somebody else to answer to. And it showed that she just used a little bit of fear, and this guy just let her right through. I mean, security is really piss poor at this place. Um, There was no ships outside guarding this place at all. Um, There was TIE fighters we saw, but apparently when a a T-47 takes off with Obi-Wan, uh, you know, let's not send any TIE fighters at all to go get him. <laughs> uh, I mean, Reva, I, I was like shocked where Reva was struggling so hard with Leia trying to get information from her. And, and Leia's just like, is this a scare- staring contest? You know, it's like, how can you not sense that this little girl is strong with the force at all has any force sensitive i mean you're supposed to know this kind of stuff like instead she oh you're strong no i think she she has some force powers i think she's uh you know force sensitive yeah looking a little bit more so i mean those are my nitpicks i mean maybe i just shit on this entire episode when you guys probably thought it was a good episode but i feel bad now but don't i did not think it was I didn't think it was a great episode. I didn't think it was a great episode. So I yes, and that's I, what I got. <laughs> and I think that yeah, I think that uh, those are valid. Um, Jake, we know you love this show, so go. I mean, it's fine. You go ahead and let us know what you thought about the last couple episodes. Yeah, it's a lot of more of the same for me as as what I thought about the first two episodes. Uh, episode three was definitely my favorite by far. Um, man, I just got. Like I said last time we talked about this, like this is the most Star Wars feeling thing to me since episode three. And I got so emotional seeing Anakin and Obi-Wan confront each other again. Like tears were literally streaming down my eyes during those scenes. Um, I love the stuff they did with, you know, seeing the more Dark Vader stuff. It was fucking awesome. Um, 
just seeing Obi-Wan's lightsaber light up again just fucking gave me goosebumps. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'll concede that episode four was probably the weakest of the episodes so far, but I, I by no means disliked it. Um, I, I still thought it was very, very good, and it felt like we just had to uh, kind of do a bit more setup to do the uh, final two episodes. I thought the uh, the Jedi two stuff was really, really fucking creepy, and I really appreciated that. And uh, yeah, I'm still loving all the actors and all the performances. I this show was everything to me. It's one of my favorite shows of the year, if, if not my favorite. Um, what do we think that I'll get to my thoughts here in a second. Um, what do we think about that tomb? Is that there's a couple theories out there as to why that's there. Number one, it's the, they're basically taking these Jedi and, um, one of the people, looked like they could be one of one of them looked like they weren't a jedi it could have been one of the witches of dathomir but you know still a force sensitive you know alien anyway are they are they taking them are they taking their midichlorians are they studying their midichlorians um or are they trying to are they using this for cloning purposes um they also – I do know that they've – yeah, I do know that they have taken bodies of Jedi in certain other media. I think maybe – I think it was Rebels. And even the dead body, you can still sense the force in them. So it's almost like it's a trap for other Jedi. Like they feel like there's other Jedi there. They find they come in. They find out that they're dead, and now they're in the Fortress Inquisitorius. And like you know, you're, you're fucked once you're there because like you know you should be. This episode didn't show that, but you should be because you know it is. That's where the Inquisitors are. But um, is it is it for cloning purposes? Are they going to try to have all this Star Wars content come out just to explain how? Palpatine came back with cloning and all this bullshit, or do you think it's like a, a trap for for Jedi, you know, still sensing the force within, you know, the Fortress Inquisitorius? Yeah, hard saying. I mean, even option C, they could just simply be trophies, for all we know. Well, they do have the lightsabers in the main meeting room, uh, the lights on the side of the that uh, th- that are in there are are lightsabers that are lighting up that meeting room with like the the chair that actually looks like the fortress itself so those are definitely trophies there um okay uh how do i say this uh this is the most unnecessary star wars content ever in my (laughs) opinion it is it is i i wanted to see what obi-wan was up to i don't need to see obi-wan and leia hanging out every episode i that's this is not the show that i wanted um and you know i mean it a lot of people are gonna take what wayne said you know like you should just be thankful it's star wars and it's like i'm guys just i'm not one of these toxic fans that get online and fucking yell at people over stupid shit all my thoughts i put out here or i put out on our discord i don't even get on our facebook or twitter and say shit like this I just think it's unnecessary. The whole thing is just unnecessary. I have no fear for fucking uh, Obi-Wan or Leia throughout this entire thing. 
the fact that they're hanging out and and he's saving her twice it's like what i don't understand the point of any of this it's all just to fucking have vader and obi-wan meet up again and we're just supposed to ooh and ah at that shit and the the they've done such an injustice in my opinion from like how awesome i thought the inquisitors were for the most part in the rebel series and they suck the inquisitors fucking suck in this show the fifth brother hasn't done shit Except they just bitches. They talk like this the whole time. And it's like, okay, dude, wow, you haven't done fucking shit this entire time. The Grand Inquisitor fucking takes a lightsaber to the fucking gut. And I I just I this is the most in my opinion, it's just so unnecessary. By the it's just unne- none of it is necessary. We didn't need this story. I didn't need Inquisitors in this, and I didn't I sure as hell didn't need I didn't need these Inquisitors in this. If you're going to give me Inquisitors, give me Inquisitors that aren't, that are actually menacing and doing stuff. I don't, um, I, 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 I just have a huge problem with Obi-Wan and Leia hanging out and her getting kidnapped. And then we, by the time we get to episode four, it's just like, she has no recollection or, from anything that we see that she's ever had any encounter with this man and people will be like well you know she gets mind wiped or fuck off that is she's not getting mind wiped and then and then the whole thing like (laughs) before it was like oh she'd never heard the name kenobi she just knows him as ben in this episode the, the 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 third sister specifically when she's interrogating her says you know kenobi is dead so, I mean, th- that theory's out the window. And I think even in the second episode, um, that when, when she's hunting Obi-Wan uh, and Leia's around, she's, ta- she's saying Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's saying his name. I mean, in the hangar. I mean, we're hearing this. And I just think, it's, I just think this is an unnecessary filler story that, at the end of the day, is just another way to show us more Vader and show us more Obi-Wan. I don't think any stakes are real in this. And I think it's another way maybe if they are going to start explaining some of this cloning stuff, maybe they're going to do some of that here and try to explain that better because that shit was kind of like brought up in Rise of Skywalker. I don't know. I'm just not... I'm a fan of Obi-Wan. I'm a fan of Ewan McGregor. I love his portrayal. I'm just not a fan of this story. I just think it's very unnecessary. I think that this should have been a movie like they originally had planned. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to watch it because it's Star Wars and it's, you know, but I'm just at a taste it overall. And I think that it's pretty, un- pretty unnecessary as a series. It's just spinning its wheels for me because it's just going to be an it's just going to be an Obi Wan Invader confrontation, and mm-hmm. at the end of this, we're going to see Liam Neeson show back up again as Qui Gon Jinn. Everybody's going to go wow, and then that then it's over. So I just feel like this is the most unnecessary project and just a way for Disney Plus to get a bunch of subscriptions. And a lot of people are going to be mad at my thoughts and you know what that's fine just watch the show and enjoy it who gives a fuck if i love it or not just watch your fucking show and enjoy it i like it enough to continue to watch it because i do want to see this character and how it plays out but i just feel like this storyline is unnecessary we don't need to have leia hanging out with obi-wan kenobi 
It just doesn't need to happen. <laughs> you tell me the show's called Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then you throw in this Leia story. And mm-hmm. that's not what you sold us on. We wanted to see what Obi-Wan was up to. And it's like, oh, you have to get him off. Find another way to get him off planet, then. Find another fucking way to get him off planet. I don't know. This Leia thing is not working. And it's nothing against the actor. It has everything to do with the story. And them fucking continuing to just shove Skywalkers in our face all the time. Oh, we're going to get away from Skywalkers. And yet they continue to fucking do it all the time. I understand that he has to look over Luke. Find a way to where he doesn't have to get him to not look to not have to look over Luke and maybe do some things that don't include another Skywalker. I don't know. And, and even, but then again, it's still Vader. I don't know. I'm just, I've, the more I've watched the show, the angrier I get that it exists because I do feel like it is retconning a lot of stuff that just doesn't need to be retconned. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Oh, very misled this episode. Cause I, I thought this episode would have started off with him in the back to tank. Like it, like it did, but I really was hoping for maybe of a flashback. Uh, we can see Hayden Christensen and a you know him and and Obi Wan back in the Clone Wars. I thought that would have been a really cool flashback because all we've seen him thus far is in the tank and in the costume. I mean, if, is that what he seriously got called back for? I mean, that could have been played by anybody. Well, if he gets the scar on his face that he had at the end of Return of the Jedi, we're going to see Obi-Wan Kenobi slice the helmet off. Right. And I, I mean, like, have the best episodes this far have been the ones where he's still on Tatooine? Should we have just kept him on Tatooine then this whole time? Like... I mean, I thought, oh, we're going to be watching him, you know, protect Luke. But it took a hard left turn. And it's like, no, no, it's all about him and Leia. And it's like, oh, I OK, OK, I guess. Like, I really didn't see that coming. But yeah, like, just like you, I want to keep fucking watching. But I definitely expected way more from this. Well, I'm, and I'm, I'm really upset with the representation of what they've done with the Inquisitors. They've really given them nothing. It's just like we're taking we're getting our first live action Inquisitors. And I really liked how it started with them, like looking for Jedi, uh, you know, after Order 66 was completed. They're still out there trying to find, you know, some of the Jedi that are left. I'm like really intrigued by that. And that's the stuff that they do in Rebels. They sniff out Jedi and I liked how that started, and then it immediately ends, and we still have no explanation as to why Reva is the way that she is. Um, you know, I've seen a bunch of theories on Reddit, online, on videos, and things like that, and some of them make sense, some of them don't make sense. I mean, there's the theory that Reva was one of the young Padawans that we see at the beginning of that first episode when Order 66 is being executed and Mm -hmm. that when Obi-Wan Kenobi sent out the transmission that you know all hope is lost and that you need to hide and no you know don't no rescues and things like that you know you know basically every Jedi for themselves like it's over um that at that point Darth Vader was the one that picked her up and Darth Vader has been the one that that trained her from that point and basically has told her like, you know, the Jedi have not come for you. There's even a part, I think in the, you know, the first episode or the second episode where she's, you know, she's yelling at the people in the town, like, you know, the Jedi aren't going to come help you, blah, blah, blah. The Jedi aren't going to help you. 
And so she has a lot of this hatred for the Jedi that still needs to be explained. And maybe she's upset with Obi-Wan because of that, that, uh, you know, Obi-Wan sent out that transmission and now she's basically been kind of brainwashed by the dark side and, and Vader. And then also that Vader is smart enough. I like this theory. Vader is smart enough to know that the Inquisitors are always trying, you know, there can only be two Sith Lords. And, you know, while the Inquisitors aren't Sith, they are force sensitive and they're always trying to garner Palpatine's, you know, affection as well, as far as like rising in the ranks, maybe they have dreams of being, you know, a, a Sith Lord. And so Vader was actually using her against the Inquisitor so he could get, you know, um, kind of like he could hear what they're saying because he knows that one of those Inquisitors is going to try to take his position because Sith are always trying to kill one another so that they, you know, because they're always trying to get more power. They're power hungry. So I, I, I do think that that's an interesting theory. The other theory that I'm not buying um, but would be a wild twist is that we are introduced to O'Shea Jackson in this last episode as Roken, and he talks about his wife, but he doesn't mention that she was killed. He just says, like, you know, she disappeared. One of the theories is that Reva was his wife. Oh, shit. Because we know she was Force-sensitive and a Jedi. And so that's one of the theories is that Reva was his wife. Um, I think there's a lot of parts in the show that I like, but man, they could have left out. There's some stuff that just really kind of just upsets me as a fan with like the whole Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi of it. And just how I feel like they really are mishandling the Inquisitors throughout this live action. I feel like it's just a kind of like throwing the, the fans of rebels a bone to get to see some of these characters in live action. When in all honesty, they haven't done a goddamn thing. So. All right. Well, yeah, I think I, I don't know that I, are we, are we doing okay? Joe, are you okay? Is everybody all right? Everybody doing okay? Yeah, I'm great. I, I think that everything, I mean, I think that's all valid, especially from, you know, like an OG Star Wars fan to see them start retconning stuff from episode four. I don't know. I guess for me, I'm just choosing to not let it bother me. But I, I think everything you said is is definitely. No, I, it's like it's like if they did it and they did it well. I don't think it's being done well, though. Joe. <laughs> I don't think it's being done well. <laughs> it's not the fact that they're just like, you know kind of making us do mental gymnastics as to, you know, why it feels like Leia has no recollection of the, you know, time that she spent with Obi-Wan Kenobi as a child. <laughs> curious to see how they're going to land that. In her yeah, adulthood. I'm waiting until the end to tally up the retcons. I'm kind of giving it a retcon pass, thinking that maybe yeah. there's still a story beat that we've yet to see. Mm-hmm. So, so far, none of that's really bothered me at all. Yeah, it's super. How many super times do we need to me. see Order sixty six till we find out who rescued Groku? I don't like, care about that anymore. Unless it's Mace Windu fatigue. Unless it's Mace Windu. Yeah, I'm get Order sixty six fatigue is almost like watching Uncle Ben or the Waynes die. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's so true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish I was loving it. I wish I was loving it, but the show's <laughs> show. And oh my god, yeah, the scene where she is underneath his trench coat was just laughably stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't have her fucking uh, on his sitting on his shoulders with her head popping out of it. <laughs> just a really tall woman <laughs> have any of you guys played J- jedi fallen order <clears throat> no i i believe there's a cutscene where cal actually breaks into the same base and he goes in the same way obi-wan went into and he actually breaks the glass and this you know i i think per timeline happens before obi-wan so like they've been through this before you know, so that video I, game canon doesn't fucking count for <laughs> shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they just—they just doesn't really count so much either, right? I guess all they did was they called the fucking Safe Light Repair Man over there to fix that glass, and that's all. That <laughs> Safe Light Repairs, Safe, safe Light, light Replace. <laughs> so that's all that happened there, man. They just called Safe Light and called it a fucking day. Yeah, I don't know, but guys. Let's uh, let's move into. Um, Let's move into yeah. Let's move into Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel dropped on uh, Disney Plus, uh, based on the Marvel comics featuring the character Kamala Khan. It is the seventh television series in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, it's created by Bisha K. Ali, a British Pakistani stand-up comic and screenwriter, and it stars uh, Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan, uh, with uh, a cast of Matt Lintz, Yasmin Fletcher, Zenobia Shroff, Mohan Kapoor, Sagar Shaikh. Laurel, Mar- uh, Laurel Marsden and Azhar Usman also starring. And uh, yeah, Joe, uh, Miss Marvel, episode one dropped and I, almost an hour. Uh, what did you think about uh, uh, Ms. Marvel? Yeah, I, I went into this with a pretty clean slate. I, I haven't read too much of the character. I think she's shown up in maybe a handful of different Marvel books that I've read, but not very familiar with her at all. And so I was going into this really with no expectations and to right from the jump, like I found this, I found this first episode just very delightful. Uh, I liked the way it was stylized with the, the kind of the animations on top of the film. Uh, I really liked all the characters in it. Uh, I love the lead. I think she's uh, really, I think she's doing a really good job with it. Uh, the, kind of the scenario they're setting up with with her parents that you know she's you know kind of this you know kind of as as the way that she puts it like kind of a weirdo in there that is like obsessed with superheroes and stuff and her parents are very traditional and they don't understand her obsession with it and they really don't want to allow her to go and do this thing that she's obsessed with and so i think that it's setting up these seeds you know, for one of those storylines where, you know, along the way her parents are going to, you know, come to accept it. And and I'm I'm really kind of here for it with this, even though that is kind of a cliched storyline. I'm, I'm really here for it because the first episode did such a good job of just endearing me to these characters. And I, I want to see her go on this journey of, of learning, you know, what this bracelet does. And I understand it's different from her powers in the book, but being that I'm not really familiar with the source material at all, I've no qualms with that uh, whatsoever. So this first episode was a, a high taste it for me. I really liked it. I mean, her powers in the book, I mean, she gets, you know, she can get stretchy and bigger and stuff like that. Um, so it's a lot of like 
I feel like it's like, you know, they're already doing some of that stuff with Ant-Man. They're going to be doing it with, you know, Reed Richards coming up in the Fantastic Four movie. They just kind of wanted to change it up a little bit. And um, I think like for as much as I was worried about it feeling like um, Green Lantern powers, I think they did a really good job of not making it feel like Green Lantern powers in this episode. I, I'm, yeah. I'm pleased. I'm pleased with it. I'm pleased with with the the decision to uh, change her live action powers. And honestly, on the Disney Plus budgets, I don't think the stretchy stuff would have looked too good. Honestly, um, so I'm I'm happy that they that they went that route. What did you rate it, yeah, Joe? You got that right, dude. <laughs> that, yeah. that looked pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you think about the? What did you rate it, Joe? Uh, high taste it. High taste it. I'll, I'll bounce off of you. I'm going to give it a high taste it as well. I Tupperware this actor, um, Aman Vellani. I love her. I started to love her before the series even came out because I was uh, listening to her in interviews. And she is fucking delightful to listen to in interviews. She was telling uh, – there's a couple clips – that I saw that were posted on Reddit where she was doing interviews where people are trying to get information out of her. And she is the fucking anti-Tom Holland when it comes to spoilers. She is a pro. I love the way she was handling the press. And then there was another interview that she had where she was talking to uh, Tom Holland. She got to meet Tom Holland. I guess they were on the same set, I guess, filming for this and filming for No Way Home kind of like overlapped. And so they had time to, to talk. And well, she's she's like, you know, how are things on No Way Home? And Tom Holland just fucking pulls out his phone and shows her a picture of him, Garfield, and Maguire. And she's like, <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Like, what the <laughs> hell? And, uh, I, and I, I fucking was falling in love with this, this kid. She is just so charming and wonderful in these interviews that I was really rooting for her in the show. And it really comes across in the show. I Tupperware her as Ms. Marvel. And I honestly feel like, um, it's going to be a godsend that she's going to be in the next Captain Marvel movie, The Marvels. I think that that, that this is what's needed. It's like, and here's the thing, um, Ms., you know, Captain Marvel, that first movie, the way that Brie Larson kind of like delivered her lines and things like that, I think a lot of people that didn't like that movie, how do I say this? This, if the same performance was given by Harrison Ford, they would have loved it. But since it was Brie Larson, they had problems with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Because I completely agree with that. If you watch that movie, the way that she looks and the way that she talks and her confidence, it's very, it's very Harrison Ford-esque if you watch it in that light. And... I feel like we're going into the next movie, and in the next movie, Temple of Doom, Harrison Ford has a miniature sidekick in Short Round, and it was a fun movie for that. I feel like it was the most kids movie of all the, you know, um, Indiana Jones movies, and I feel like that this has that potential to where we can see Brie Larson kind of getting annoyed with this kid at certain parts, and then also, you know by the end of it, probably loving this kid's adoration for her and, and accepting this kid as a, as a superhero and as a teammate. And I'm really looking forward to the Marvels now after watching 
her in this show because I think she's just I think she's fucking wonderful. The reason I'm giving it a high taste is because it was only that first episode that dropped and we really don't know anything more about the overall story as to like who like you know, we haven't seen a villain or anything like that. We've just kind of seen her life here. And I love all that stuff so far. But I just need to see kind of where the story's going a little bit more and really, you know, kind of like what her first test of being a superhero is going to be throughout this. But, you know, they, they were definitely right when they said, like, this is like, uh, you know, the MCU meets Scott Pilgrim as far as like that visual style. They were 100% <laughs> yes, totally. Right. Yeah, 100% right. So it's a high taste for me. Um, you know, uh, and I, I love the, uh, the dynamic with the, with the family and, and things like that. I think that this is a, a fantastic show, not only for, not only for kids, cause I think this is targeted towards kids. I think the kids are definitely going to be watching this one, but I also know that a lot of adults remember what it was like to be a teenager, you know, and I know not all parents were as overbearing as these parents, but some were, I, I grew up in a Baptist home and it was pretty fucking overbearing at times. So I kind of get it. Um, so yeah, I kind of connected to the character on that level, but, uh, yeah, it's a high taste for me. I just want to see where it goes. Like I, I, villains and things like that. I want, I want to see her have fun with her powers. I want to see her and her, her friend, uh, Bruno. No, but no, nobody make the joke about the song on this episode or out. No, I'm kidding. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted to. I was going to be like, nobody talks about her best friend. Yeah, nobody talks about. Her. Okay, right. anyway, I got to scratch out a couple things. Here Thank you. Thank you. were probably going to do the impression and the the and say the thing. <laughs> Crumble up a couple pieces of paper here. Hold on. Fucking Wayne Hammond over there. Um, but uh, <laughs> you guys got that one anyway. Uh, <laughs> Expense. But. Um, yeah, I, I'm really I, I'm look. I want to see a scene of like you know, kind of like in Shazam, where you know the the two boys are you know testing out his powers, and I want to see Bruno and and uh, you know Kamala Khan get together and kind of test these powers out together, and um, so I'm having fun with it. But it looks like definitely in the next episode we're going to be getting uh, Agent Cleary. You know, we actually, Jake, we teased that a couple weeks ago that, you know, we knew he was going to be in the series. They were talking about a Spider-Man No Way Home connection. And of course, we saw, you know, Agent Cleary at the end of this. I think it was in a post credit scene. Uh, he's from the Department of Damage Control. So that the Department of Damage Control is going to be investigating this because there was damage done to the premises. Anyway, Wayne, what did you think about Ms. Marvel? I'll tell you what, when I saw this trailer first, I thought this may have been one of those shows that might not be in my age range. I thought maybe this was geared more towards kids. I saw the the, the similarities of Scott Pilgrim uh, with with the trailer, and I, I really thought maybe this could be one I could skip. But I'll tell you what, if you have those feelings, watch it anyway, because... I give this thing a complete Tupperware. Oh, it's awesome. I, I totally changed on this when I watched it. I really, really enjoyed this uh, episode. I mean, I love everything from the parents uh, to, the, to the brother, even the older brother, uh, the relationship she has with her best friend. And it's not like we don't see anything romantic forming at all, which I really like that they stayed away from that. It's just two really good friends. Um 
I, I would really... you be opposed to? Yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. I want you to continue. I mean, we saw a hint of it. I'll argue. Yeah, we did see a hint of it. Like there was that moment he was looking at her, right? Mm-hmm. There's a little yeah boxing. There's a little. Uh, there was a, yeah. there was some longing looks from him to her, wasn't there, Jake? Hundred percent. And you know, here's the thing. I we got to understand this. I think teenagers have insane hormones. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's interesting that she's such a nerd. I don't think she's picking up on it. I don't I think, think she's Bruno's got some heavy feelings that yeah. Kamala is just completely oblivious to. I agree. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, when when I hear a lot of people say like, oh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't like it when these teen shows get into like teen romance and stuff like that. And it's like, OK, what you're writing is fiction at that point. <laughs> Especially with teens, yeah. yeah. Because I, 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 and it has nothing to do with like um, uh, making a character weaker if they fall in love with someone else or something. She can still be a powerful superhero and have feelings for someone, whether it be a boy or girl. It doesn't matter. Teenagers, that's how they are. Teenagers fall in and out of love with someone new every week. So if you're trying to write that out of the story to make a point, you're writing fiction. Because teenagers' hormones, like, I, dude, I was humping everything when I was a fucking teenager. Like, holy shit, this, oh my God, the leg of this table feels really good. And then next thing you know, holy shit, I make, I got to clean my jeans. So, I mean, <laughs> right, am I right or am I right? Yeah, hundred percent. Right, right. I mean, I, I didn't. I don't know a lot about Ms. Marvel. Like, I, the only thing I know, I didn't read any comic books. I, I think it's just from the Avengers game that recently came out. So it's, she's kind of very new to me. Um, I, you know, the 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 powers are very different, but it really didn't bother me at all that the powers were different. I'm like more intrigued now. Hmm. Um, I I I really liked how the parents were trying to help her. Like, give her an ultimatum about going to this party, you know, and you, you kind of see it from the parents' point of view about, you know, wearing the certain types of outfits, you know, and uh, I, I sent you, like, earlier before you watched the episode, like, a Hulk gif, and I was like, he'll understand that later, you know, um, which I thought was a really, really funny scene because I laughed out loud with the dad scene and the Hulk scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that guy, and I uh, just... To see, you know, knowing that he had to sit and make up that day for that. I mean, <laughs> um, I, I love how they show the text messages like on buildings and signs. And you really have to keep your eyes open because sometimes if you're not paying attention, you know, there's a, a text message or, or something written out that you might not catch. Yeah. Um, it's it's just makes me think of her like, you know, they always talk about her fantasizing all day and and her heads in the clouds. And, you know, if we see her go to the big screen, maybe into movies, do we do we see that anymore? Is this only something that we see, you know, in this show? Um, I, I, I have no idea what the, the magic cuffs mm. that she has, what what kind of history it is. But her mom seemed like she knew oh, something yeah. about them. You yeah. know, uh, they were supposed to be thrown out. But, you know, the lazy brother just put them up in the attic and that's where she found them. Uh, uh, you know, do you guys think after this, AdventureCon will eventually be a real thing? You know, something that Disney might capitalize on, AdventureCon, because 
I mean, I wanted to be there. I'm just looking at it, and I know it's fake, but it's like, that looks like a lot of fun. Uh, there's like a massive Thor hammer hanging. <laughs> you know, uh, we we have like a bunch of cameos from people dressed as like Captain America and stuff. And they show like a Black Widow and an Iron Man memorial even. So there's a little bit of a, a sad moment there. But AdventureCon looks pretty damn fun. But overall, like I really love this show. Um, I, I, by the, like you did mention at the end, like, you know, we, who's going to be our villain. And I totally like forgot about it until the end. I was like, Oh wait, we weren't introduced to a villain yet. Well, all right. Guess next episode. But I mean, I had a lot of fun with this one. So I'm yeah, ready for the next villain really, I think the villain and like what we're going to see going forward really played a big part of my rating on this. Cause like everything else I really enjoyed, in this episode, um, I had a lot of fun with it. But uh, yeah, Jake, what did you think about uh, Ms. Marvel? Yeah, this was an absolute Tupperware for me. The, the time just flew by. It, it just oozed so much style that I really, really liked. I, I, you know, I hadn't made the Scott Pilgrim connection until you guys started saying it. But yeah, it, it's it very much has that vibe to it. I, I just loved all the stuff, the scene when she was trying to decide what her costume was going to have that was going to make it special. And you saw all the graffiti forming in the background. I just thought it was so fucking cool. Um, I loved all the music in this episode so much. Um, I've listened to the Spotify playlist a few times since the episode aired. Um, yeah, I too listened to all the interviews with the lead and, uh, she is so charismatic and so fucking fun. And I, I think that's a great point about her spicing up the next, uh, Captain Marvel movie. I mean, yeah, Brie plays it completely straight and I have no problem with that. It's, it's almost unique within the MCU for any character to play it completely straight. Like I, I, who else fucking does that? Like even, even Captain America who kind of on paper should be like that has really morphed away from that completely. You know, I really feel like they later. they took a page out of the alien script, which Ripley was written as a ma- as a male character when they wrote that script, and then they just yeah, in- totally. they inserted Sigourney Weaver into that role, and she just fucking killed it. And I feel like they really took a page out of that, and you could have swapped genders in captain marvel the movie and it would it really would have made no difference um and i think brie pulled that off uh quite well in that in that uh, first captain marvel movie yeah, very, very much so. It's very unique for the MCU. Um, I loved how much culture they, they injected into this for the main character and her family. I mean, little things like how fast they had the food bagged up and ready to give away had me laughing. Uh, I, too, loved the uh, the little Hulk, big Hulk scene, and I thought that was just absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, I, I just thought this was so good. I I didn't really know much about the character going into this. So none of the power switching stuff really affected me in any way. And honestly, I don't get too hung up on that kind of stuff anyway. Like, you know, the Raimi Spider-Man movies are my favorite fucking Spider-Man movies. And if I was one of those guys, like I would hate him from the jump because he shoots the webs out of his wrist, you know, like I, I get why they do this kind of stuff when they have to, to switch mediums like this. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was great. I, I can't wait for more. I can't wait to see how this goes. I hope it holds up being as good as this first episode was. How many episodes are we looking at for Ms. Marvel? I don't know. At this point, I always guess six. Yeah, I, I, I am going to say... I'm trying to look it up. That's fine. I'm, I, I am going to say with a lot of the Marvel shows, 
I wish a lot of them were movies. Yeah, it's six. Six. I wish this was a movie. I, right. You know, I, as much as I love this first episode, I really wish Ms. Marvel was a movie. And uh, I wish Moon Knight would have been a movie. Yeah. Um, I think the best, as far as like, maybe just like having it be a series, probably was probably Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think Loki too. I think Loki really WandaVision as well, but I think a lot of people were really soured at the end of that when they led us astray or they kind of led us on, on so many different theories and yeah. then Ralph bonered us. Yeah. That's I, I didn't include WandaVision because the ending was like not my favorite. So I, I, I wouldn't want to see that as a movie. And if we had to do that again, we'd have a better ending. Um, <laughs> Loki week to week was fantastic. Loki week to week was fun. I'm trying to think if like you could do that in a movie, but it's just so important. It's just, Hawkeye probably could have been a movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Hawkeye, Hawkeye. could have definitely been a movie. Hawkeye could have definitely oh, yeah. perfect, been a movie. Perfect Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Loki, Joe, my Loki, Joe, Loki though, <laughs> my biggest problem with the Loki series, and I'm not going to go off on this again. Don't worry guys. I know if you've last listened to the past few weeks and here I am talking about how, you know, the, the shows are kind of like watering down uh, the entertainment of watching the movies uh, or I see it being a problem. And I still do see it being a problem. I think I think we're coming out. With, I think they're coming out with way too much content. I really do. I really do. I wish they'd pump the brakes a little bit. It doesn't feel as special as it was. Dude, when you introduced this show and you referred to it as the seventh show, I was like, Jesus, we're at seven know, shows Jake, already. It's too much. And I know it, like some people are just like, give me more, give me more, give me more. You're like fucking little heroin addicts. You're like fucking Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio in that fucking Basketball Diaries movie. And you're just fucking, <laughs> you're just fucking mainlining that shit, this MCU shit into your fucking veins. Fucking masturbating on roofs and shit. I, do, I don't know, man. I, I do think, I, I do think it like uh, fucking, oh, did, did, yeah, he did masturbate on a roof. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. Yeah, he was. He was looking at the stars, and he would jerk off looking at the stars. He's like, "Oh, Taurus the bull," you know. (laughs) (laughs) Small Dipper became Big Dipper. Orion, take off that fucking belt. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, full dolphin. Yeah. (laughs) Dolphins are rapey when it comes to people. Did you ever see that episode of King of the Hill? Oh, yeah. I've heard heard that dolphins Uh, are real rapists and assholes. They're the rapists of the sea. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's the chicken of the sea, and then there's the rapist of the sea. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you go swimming with, like, a big pot of dolphins, you're going to be playing that shampoo or cum game. (laughs) Is that what they call them? A pot of dolphins? Pod. A pod. Yeah, and then they have these things called a megapod where it's like thousands and thousands of dolphins. And when they get together like that, they're very horny and the seas become that much saltier. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, I want to seriously, I just want to fuck a blowhole right now, Joe. (laughs) You in the deep bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll talk about the boys. Um, (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's move on. You know what? We're going to take a quick break. I feel I feel Jake 
asking for a break I'm here. I'm good. Are you really? Yeah, I'm fine. I've got a couple like break moments in this podcast, so I don't even need a natural break. All I, right, all right. Um, I, you know what? When I sent this on the list, I didn't realize that. You know, I didn't, Joe. I'd forgotten that you probably hadn't watched this series. And Wayne, I had no idea if you've watched any of it at all. But uh, I added For All Mankind season three because Apple TV dropped episode one for season three. This is one of my most anticipated shows of 2022. My question is, um, Wayne, have you ever seen any of this show before? I have. Uh, we were in the middle of season two when you sent that to me. So, like, I quickly tried to rush through season two and. You know, the episodes are very, very long. Yeah, yeah. And um, you got to pay attention. Yeah, you got to definitely pay attention. And, like, I, I'm not like the – I mean, like most people watching, we're not science whizzes. We don't know a lot about space. So a lot of shit goes over my head. But I'm pretty sure it's a lot of bullshit. Um, but I did, you know, I did get the chance to watch at least the first episode Okay. Uh, season three. So – and Joe, I apologize for putting this on the list if you hadn't been able to watch any of this, because I know you've been getting caught up on some Apple TV stuff, but um, have you watched any of For All Mankind? Uh, since you put it on the list, I started watching season one. Okay. okay. And, and uh, yeah, I've got the first episode of that down. Uh, love Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Uh, this show is one of the reasons I got Apple TV Plus. I'm just a procrastinator, so I haven't started. So it took this long to start the show. Uh, it's one of those shows that I've never heard a bad thing about, and I loved that first episode. I, I love the unique take on this, the kind of an alternate version of history where the Soviets beat us to the moon. And um, yeah, I'm in for the long haul in this one. It looks like it's 10 episodes per season, so I'm still about 19 episodes behind, <laughs> but but very excited to, to get it started. Finally. Well, I'll keep my thoughts short and sweet on For All Mankind season three then, because I know, you know, you guys are you guys are watching it and trying to get caught up. And and uh, so I'll keep my my thoughts uh, short and sweet here. Um, first episode for season three, right off the bat. Like, I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it with this show. Um, but it, it was a Tupperware for me. I. Um, love getting caught up with these characters. The episode was titled Polaris. And, um, I mean, we've done a time jump here. We're in the nineties and, uh, it's about 10 years, nearly 10 years have passed. And, um, uh, Ed and Danielle are on, uh, on this, uh, they've got hotels now in space. It's like the voyage. This like the the, the vo- like the, this is like the inauguration, like the voyage of like the first, you know, hotel in space. And Karen is, you know, kind of like running this whole thing. And, uh, you know, uh, we've got uh, Danny, Karen's, uh, uh, no, it was Gordy and his wife's son is getting married and they're, they're having their wedding on, uh, on this hotel out there in space. And um, things kind of go wrong while they're out there. Um, but we also learned that, the U.S. And, and Russia are now in a race to become the first to um, make it to Mars, to, to put boots on, on Mars. R- the Russians in this timeline beat us, and now, now we're trying to beat the Rus- Russians to Mars. And um, some, an interesting relationship dynamic between Sergei and Margot. 
I'm not going to say what's happening between those two characters, but uh, I really enjoyed their interaction in season two. Things are a little different now in season three between them. But uh, I Tupperware the fuck out of uh, this first episode. Absolutely incredible. And I can't wait for, you know, to see. I mean, and we barely touched on the U.S. versus Russia stuff. And I feel like that's going to be like the main, you know, A story. And this uh, this was just uh, – we talk about these shows, these science fiction shows that come out, and we see some of them uh, that have really bad special effects. And I know a lot of that has to do with the pandemic and, 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 and these COVID conditions. And um, I know like VFX workers right now are just backed up. They, they're, they're just really having a hard time putting this stuff out on time and putting it out well. But it's amazing to me that fucking, you know, this is a pandemic production. And yet you look at that final shot in this episode when they zoom out and it looks so goddamn good. It's like, why, can, why can't everybody be doing it? Like, I think Amazon, uh, excuse me, Prime Video. I think Prime Video, like, with what they've done with Outer Range and Night Sky and The Expanse, as far as, like, the level of the, the, of the effects that they've been able... And even what was the other Apple show? Um, oh, what was the other was big... Foundation? Foundation. The, the, I mean, that's another pandemic production. And the effects were polished and beautiful and amazing same thing here with for all mankind and then we get stuff like halo and some of these other shows that you know even moon Knight. i think disney's having a rough time with their special effects and getting these things out and getting them out looking good but it's amazing from for all mankind just looked incredible tupperware the fuck out of season three episode one i cannot wait i'm just gonna watch this week to week it is fantastic so, yeah, if you're not watching For All Mankind, do yourself a service and watch it. It's like every, like that, f- I think it was like the, it's always made my toppies list, but that first year it came out, it, it was it was my favorite show that year. So, um, let's jump into The Valet on Hulu. And, yeah, uh, movie star Olivia faces a PR disaster. Wayne, did you did you did you old school handwrite your notes on paper? I did, sir. Uh, you know, leftover Jay, <laughs> left leftover Jay used to do that too. He would fucking he would have this this pad of paper. So we, I we can hear you flipping the pages as you as you as you go through your notes. Um, that's just that's old school, Jake. That is yeah. <laughs> anyway, movie star Olivia faces a PR disaster when a paparazzi snaps a photo of her with her married lover, Vincent. The hardworking valet, Antonio, accidentally appears in the same photo and is enlisted to pose as Olivia's new boyfriend as a cover-up. Uh, it's directed by Richard Wong. Oh, I know why he goes by Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and written by Bob Fisher and Rob Greenberg. It is a remake of the French film The Valet by Francis Weber that came out in 2006. It starts, start, I love this guy. I love this guy. Ever since I saw him, ever since I saw him in the movie that I, should, that I thought should not be remade, ever, Overboard, the Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn romance comedy. And it was remade, 
and it was good. And it starred Eugenio Derbez, and it was good. Uh, and Samara Weaving with Max Greenfield. Uh, a lot of people remember him as Schmidt on um, New Girl. Uh, Betsy Brandt, Marisol Nichols, Amari Nolasco, Carmen Salinas, Naomi Gonzalez, Armando Hernandez, Carlos Santos, Robbie Patel, and John Puricello in supporting roles. And uh, the film is actually dedicated to Carmen Salinas. Um, she played Antonio's mother. She uh, passed away in 2021. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, uh, Eugenio Durbez is a valet. Uh, one of the first shots in the movie is like him. What, what is he in? He's in like a fucking, it's like a Mercedes. I can't remember. It's like a Mercedes sports like a Lambo car. Or like, something. Yeah. Lambo yeah. or something. Really fucking nice sports car. And, uh, pulls up to another guy in a sports car and like, you know, <laughs> you think it's like his car and he gets out. He's the fucking valet. You know, so they do like a little bit of Shang-Chi here with that one. And um, Eugenio Derbez. Uh, so Max Greenfield plays uh, this uh, politician. Uh, is he a politician or is he uh, like a, just a corporate big I thought, he, I thought he was like some kind of salesman. Yeah. Like a corp- he's like a developer. Yeah. Like he owns like this. He's like a business magnate, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like corporate bigwig or something like that. And so... Basically, he's having an affair with Samara Weaving's character. They leave this hotel, and they're, uh, the paparazzi snap these pictures of them together. He's worried about it getting back to his wife, who would then basically take the company from him. And so the other person in these paparazzi pictures is Eugenio Derbis's character of uh, Antonio. And he, they rope him in to uh they pay him some money so he's going to be playing her lover in this uh and uh yeah uh romance comedy i'll start off real quick um i i love eugenio dervis i don't know what it is about this guy i think he's not only just funny but i think he's super talented even at the dramatic stuff i mean you know he was in coda he's fantastic i i just think this guy is just just multi-talented and he held this movie together for me i I like the other characters as well and this is honestly the i've never liked samara weaving in anything before this i actually liked her in this i thought she was good um and i love max greenfield uh schmidt and i liked him here he plays a perfect douchebag but um I Tupperware this movie. I had a blast. I laughed. I, I thought it was just a sweet story. Kind of like that. It was kind of like Marry Me, the Owen Wilson um, uh, J-Lo movie. That, uh, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Lopez. I called her J-Lo, and I don't want to confuse it with J-Law. There we go. But, um, yeah, kind of like that Marry, movie, Marry Me movie where, like, you know, the famous singer slash actress gets involved with, like, the regular guy after she finds out that, you know, her fiancé is cheating on her and then they fall in love. This is, like, kind of the same thing but with, you know, a little bit of a different twist. And this, again, worked on me. I Tupperware. I loved it. I love Eugenio Derbez. I love this guy and everything I've ever seen him in. And so it's a huge Tupperware for me. I, I thought it was super funny and... Um, I loved the family dynamic. I loved his mom and Mr. Kim. 
and how horny they would get for each other. And they couldn't even speak the same language. He, he speaks Korean and she speaks Spanish. They don't know what each other are saying, but they're just these older people that are just horny for each other. And he loves her. It's so sweet. I love this movie so much. It's a Tupperware for me. Joe, what did you think about The Valet? Yeah, this was a huge Tupperware for me, too. Like, I absolutely loved this movie. It had so many moments in it where it made me legit laugh out loud um, with the uh, the ongoing gag with all of his friends being in awe of, like, trying to figure out, like, how did you get this beautiful woman? And then the fact that then it makes other women seem like, like, okay, there is something about this guy that, you know, he needs to be pursued. And so, like, you know, when that other actress goes up and gives him the number... And then the one friend's like, dragging him to the bathroom, like, you got to show it to me. <laughs> What's going on here, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just that, that ongoing bit with his friends just kept me cracking up. Because, you know, at the beginning of the movie, they're clowning on him, basically, like, kind of making fun of him. Like, oh, he's such a dork. And then nobody can figure out how he's, you know, got this beautiful actress woman. And, um, I mean, in a, in a way, it is it's kind of a cliched storyline in a way, but I feel like as the movie went on, the, they kind of subverted expectations in a few different ways that it made me really enjoy the ending in this. I thought it was going to go a different way and I really liked the way it went. And I think this had like a two hour runtime, but it went by really, really fast. Didn't it? Um, yes, it, it really, really did. And um, yeah, just pulling up IMDb here real quick. Uh, Eugenio Derbez, that, lead in this you're not kidding man he was the glue that held this together he did all the funny parts really really well and then the 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 serious parts it was like you were absolutely there with the guy um yeah i i really really liked this movie when i just read the description for it i kind of rolled my eyes at it being like oh it's gonna be one of those uh but it was very very good i definitely recommend anybody to check this out joe i'm telling you like Overboard is one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. I love that movie. Oh, same. Yeah. And I was like, don't remake it. Don't remake it. It's stupid. It's just kind of like, you know, when uh, that movie uh, um, uh, with uh, uh, Anne Hathaway and it was called The Hustler. And it was basically it was uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels redone. I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Like, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was great. Now you're just doing a gender swap. And it's, and so I was like, why are you doing this? You're just doing another Overboard movie. And um, Eugenio Derbez, it's like this guy can do anything. He is so just, he is so super talented. And the way that they make him look so fucking dorky in this, because if you look at him, he's not a bad, he's a good looking guy. And they make him look so derpy <laughs> oh my gosh they make him look like a cartoon character almost with that haircut <laughs> spectacular uh jake what did you think about the valet yeah i'm i'm right there with joe i i read the description for this when i saw it on the list i had not heard of it and i was like oh my god this dumb paint by numbers cliche tropey bullshit let's fucking suffer through this and yeah i'm right there with you guys this was an absolute tupperware um it's my first exposure to eugenio derbez um it truly makes me want to go back and check out that overboard remake after seeing this i this movie was just so charming he was so wholesome i went through all the emotions while watching this i cracked up i was in tears i also thought that the ending really stuck the landing and was really really great um 
I thought the two uh, paparazzi guys were absolutely fucking hilarious, <laughs> yeah. too. And uh, the stuff going on with them really cracked me up. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, too, just adored his mom. I, the relationship between her and Mr. Kim was just so fucking funny. I think the hardest I laughed was the uh, the hair-pulling scene <laughs> yes. the middle with the translation. I, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, for a movie to make me... Usually when I'm by myself and I watch comedy, I'll think something's funny, but I won't actually be making a noise or actually sure, be laughing, yeah. but I'll still think it's funny. But I was, I was legit belly laughing by myself at multiple points during this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I was just really shocked that they elevated such a basic-ass plot with, with this movie. It, it was just so charming and full of heart and full of culture, and uh, I, I just adored this movie. Dude, I'm t- it's all it, dude. It's Eugenia Derbez. Like he's the glue in all these movies that I've seen him in. Like this guy is, I, I he can do no wrong for me. I I, I felt bad for uh, Max Greenfield. I, I feel like he's now building this reputation of always being the d bag yeah. ever since New Girl. Now I've seen him like as the main d bag in like three different things now. I mean, you got to cash those checks, man. You got to cash those checks any way they come. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What'd you think, Wayne? You know, I I looked at this as like a romance. Okay, so I'm not the type of guy to watch romance movies. So I was like, maybe I'll put this on the last of my list to watch. But actually, I put it first, and I'm glad because uh, I gave it a really uh, high taste. It I liked it a lot uh, for being a romance movie slash comedy. I was interested the whole time. I don't think I was on my phone at all during this kind of movie, which I thought I would have been. This might have been something I could have played video games that I had on in the background, but I was like intrigued the whole movie. Um, you know, it's just a regular valet guy kind of story, you know, getting a hot girl. Uh, you know, there's a lot of funny scenes that made, made me laugh out loud between like the car Bluetooth scene with the guy talking dirty to his girl being picked up on the Bluetooth. You know, um, she made him get rid of the mustache, which I wasn't happy about. I was like, why'd you make him get rid of the mustache? I like the mustache. Uh, you know, I, I like, I really like the relationship with him and his mom. Uh, she, I like how she called uh, Olivia's character white girl the entire movie. Um, there, I, I, you know, it's like literally like halfway through the movie where you're like an hour in where you can see Olivia's character uh, change, like kind of see, uh, you know, when she's spending time with his family, because she doesn't get that, you know, spending time with a big family like this. She really enjoyed it. And um, I, I thought this movie would have had a different ending. I who I thought he would end. Let's not let's not spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it, but I was just it was a really good ending. I was just expecting something else, but uh, I, you know, this is a really, really good movie. Even if you don't like romance comedy movies, like take the time. I mean, this actor did a really good job of keeping me interested the whole time. I mean, uh, you know, like you look at a valet like him. I'm sure we've all been in a position like this where a valet like him and a or, or a job similar to that, and we see like a, a hot celebrity. It's like you know, you never, we never make it with this kind of girl, and you know, it, it shows that you don't need to be a, an also a hot celebrity to make it with a, a hot chick like this. 
Uh, yeah, a great, great movie. Uh, if anybody has the time to put aside to watch this, I highly recommend it. Uh, again, high tasted. Yeah, it's on Hulu. I don't know if I mentioned that from the beginning, but yeah, you can watch this one on Hulu if you have a Hulu subscription. And uh, yeah, highly recommend this one. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Jake, are you ready for a break now? Um, I won't say no. <laughs> I'll make a cup of coffee. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Good Pop, Bad Pop. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight in Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we're back. And, uh, yeah, man, we went to break, and Wayne was just profusely apologizing for nearly spoiling the valet. Just would not stop, Jake. I know, I know. I, I was just like, okay, okay, we get it. It's I, fine, it's fine. It happens all the time. We're used to it. I know. He even turned on, like, the video feed, and I saw him on his knees, and he was like, you know, he was fucking, he was crying more than Eugenia Derbez was that, during that funeral scene. <laughs> I mean, when he turned the video on, I was paying more attention to the chalkboard behind him, where, like, it was almost like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, how he had the valet plot labeled out. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, good movie it is. Yeah. Then he <laughs> then he started to erase all that shit, and, like, Bart Simpson did it, and, like, I'm sorry, Brian, I won't spoil the next movie. I'm sorry, Brian, I won't spoil the next movie. So, yeah. anyway, let's move on and talk about something else. Uh, no, he didn't do any. He did say he was, he, you know, he, he did say, yeah, you know, I, I, sorry for almost spoiling that. But, you know, Jake, you know, that happens with the, the new guests. Like, they, they come in here and it's like they've never listened to a fucking episode before. And then they just start spoiling shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't like some big, like, tentpole thing that he was spoiling. Don't at you know. He- don't you be the don't you be the gentle parent in this scenario. I don't <laughs> I don't care if it's the valet. I don't care. I don't care if it's the next Star Wars movie. I will not stand for this way. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> we just, all movies are created equal, sir. We do not spoil them. Um, <laughs> no, Wayne, I'm excited to have you on this one, man. 
Oh, I'm glad. I was so excited when you finally slipped in my DMs. I was like, yes, it is my time. And I was like, fuck. All right, let's give this fucker a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Called up to the big leagues. For those of you who don't know who Wayne is, you might know him. If you, if you do follow us on Twitter, he is at SemiDryChicken on Twitter. And he's the, uh, you, you know, when, when you weren't doing your own podcast, you were making these wonderful memes. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, PCL no spoilers memes and I I really I love that I love the the listener interaction when it's uh, them not being cunts about stuff but when it was you uh, being uh, you know really cool with those memes man I really appreciate that stuff I you know like you doing that stuff I know Johannes uh, does uh, you know his artwork which is absolutely incredible michael cannon artist out of hawaii does his artwork and sends it to us you know and uh i i really really appreciate that kind of shit guys i love that kind of interaction i don't like it when you're cunts though no no <laughs> i block you i don't even tell you i'm blocking you i just block you I mean, oh, that's the way to do it oh dude, that I, is the way to do immediately. it immediately it's immediate block immediate block you're dead to me Anyway, let's talk about uh, Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special, dropped on uh, Netflix uh, last month. And uh, in his final comedy special, Norm MacDonald ponders casinos, cannibalism, living wills, and why you have to be ready for whatever life throws your way. And um, I don't know about you, Jake, but I remember first time I saw Norm MacDonald watching stand-up comedy with my dad. Me and my dad used to watch a lot of stand-up comedy. I grew up watching a lot of George Wallace and Jake Johansson and Paula Poundstone and um, I don't want to Fucking leave. Richard Jenny. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, fucking uh, Drew Carey. And, uh, you, know, and I, I, you know, that's one of the big reasons why I watched a lot of Carson and Letterman growing up is to see, like, you know, who's the new, stand- who's the new stand-up comic? going to be that they bring out is johnny going to let them keep going because you know you you can all if you watch enough johnny carson if you watch enough letterman you can always see the comic look over and they're looking over to see if the, if, if johnny's laughing he'll let him go and it, yeah, they got two more minutes you got two more <laughs> minutes go for it man and like norm mcdonald was one of those guys on the late night circuit that just fucking you know when i saw him appear on uh late night television i I loved his delivery. I loved his cadence. His comedy was just, he was just so super funny. And, um, and, uh, he, I mean, he filmed this in 2020 and, and, and he knew he was going to pass away. It was something that he kept from most people. I'd even say a lot of his good, you know, I, I mean, you watch this all the way to the end and they've got, uh, a lot of, uh, comics that were friends with norm letterman was there Chappelle, molly shannon sandler conan david spade and they're all talking about him and they they didn't know and um i'm telling you for something that was recorded (laughs) him just recording this on his computer um i didn't laugh at everything but i did fucking laugh man i did fucking laugh there there were times where i was laughing and times where i was emotionally sad there's times I had to pause it. <laughs> um, I fucking a lot of stuff I laughed at. I probably shouldn't have laughed at. You know. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> That's just how Norm is. Knowing what happens, some of the subject matter, yeah, it was like whoa. Well, yeah, they're talking about you know the living will. Mm-hmm. 
talking about his love for his mother there at the end was beautiful. But uh, I, <laughs> one of the things I I fucking died. He's talking. He's talking about. He's like, you know, I don't believe in slut shaming. He's like. He's like, I believe you should praise the slut. You should raise the slut on your shoulders. <laughs> for she's a go- jolly good slut. <laughs> and I'm just, I should not be laughing at this, but it's like Norm's delivery is just so fucking, oh, he's just, he's so goddamn funny. He'll, make, he'll just make you laugh at anything. And um, I love the stories uh, between all the comics at the end and um, the... Uh, Norm's gambling addiction and how he brought back home. Uh, he had won $25,000 or something in chips and he brought them back home and um, put them in the fridge. Put them in the fridge. And then Spade <laughs> stepped up and said, Why, you know, like, you know, why you put them in the fridge? He's like, When somebody comes to rob your home, they never look in the fridge. <laughs> it's just like that's fucking brilliant. And then, and then they were like, You know, what did he do with that 25K? And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, he took it to the casino and he lost it all the next day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I seriously, man, I it's not like every joke in this fucking hit hard, but to what he did pull off in this stand-up special, just recording it on his PC was fucking incredible, and a love letter to all the people that have enjoyed his stand-up over the past thirty plus years. Um, I loved him on Weekend Update on SNL. Um, and, uh, this was an absolute Tupperware for me. And it was very cathartic watching this because, you know, I've never met Norm, but I mean, this is a comic that's been in my life for a long time. And a comic that I looked up to and looked up to his style of comedy. I love dirty work. It's one of my favorite fucking movies. Dirty work is so fucking dirty work is so fucking hilarious. And, uh, I wanted my parents, my dad was a Norm Macdonald fan and I wanted him to watch it so bad, but he never did. But, um, yeah, Dirty Work is incredible. Jake, did you listen to the Jim Downey episode of Fly on the Wall? I have not yet. I, I, I kind of took a break on Fly on the Wall. I've, I've still got like five episodes left. You've got to listen to the Jim Downey episode for the Norm stuff. He was the writer at SNL who wrote for... Oh, yeah, he's the Weekend Update guy and did a, a lot of that stuff. Um, he wrote for Norm. Oh, yeah, I for sure will. I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between two podcasts and listening to, like, big streaks of them. And I, I was getting close to the end, so I went back to uh, my Stephen King podcast. Okay. All right. But, yeah, definitely just make some time to listen to that Jim Downey, man. It is just the stuff oh, between oh, him and Norm. Sure. And apparently, I think it came out that they said that Norm could stay on that they were just going to fire Jim Downey. And Norm said, well, if Jim goes, I go. And, and Norm was canned from SNL. I Tupperware this. I loved it. Not just because it's not like it's like the funniest thing I've ever fucking heard, but there was a lot of fucking hilarious content in there. The masturbation shit made me die. Mm-hmm. I, and it's just for him to do this, you know, knowing that he's not going to be with us. And I, I thought it was awesome. Not in front of an audience or anything. I even like the part where he answers his phone and his dogs are barking. And it's just, <laughs> I, I love this. It was very cathartic for me. Um, Norm is going to be missed in the comedy community. Him, him and Godfrey being taken from us 
those are two huge hits uh, in the comedy community because those guys, I mean, we need comics like that. We need guys that, that are fearless. And those two were fearless and we lost two. And fucking Bob Saget. So yeah, I, that was so wild to see the photo of all three of them together. That no, was taken just in the last that was Gottfried Saget and Louis Anderson. Oh, OK. OK. But uh, yeah, um, R.I.P. Louis Anderson, too. I love that guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I Tupperware this. Uh, Joe, what did you did you get a chance to watch this? Yeah, I did. This was also a Tupperware for me. I've loved man. I feel like I've loved Norm Macdonald for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, he's one of those people from my childhood with SNL and, um, he's just got this type of delivery where he's got a very unique voice in the stand-up world. And, you know, this is stand-up really is one of those art forms that, you know, it, it needs a crowd on the other side and that reaction to a hundred percent work. But just because, I mean, it's kind of like what you were saying that not every bit of it lands, but the ones that do are really, really good. But a lot of times when I was watching this, a lot of the time when I was watching this, I was thinking, would this have hit a little bit harder had there been a crowd there and there would have been that extra energy, mm-hmm. you know, that that comes along with it. But I'm still glad that we got what we got. And I think the one of the biggest gems of this is the people who knew him kind of reminiscing in kind of like a roundtable type fashion at the end of it. Like it's a, it's a really, really great emotional, you know, kind of punch at the end of it. Oh. With some real good feel good stories Chappelle. about Norm's story. Chappelle. Yeah. A- after the passing of Chappelle's father, how Norm didn't really address it, but was just there for him during the shooting of that movie that they had together. That was like just making him laugh. I, dude, I've never seen Chappelle so fucking like dead serious. You know, and I know he's done stand up before and just talked with audiences before and not really made a, like a ton of jokes, but just like he's basically. I you know I've heard I've heard stories of Chappelle just. Like, I'm not telling jokes right now. This is just, I'm going to tell you about some, some shit going on in my life. But you know. have you guys seen the, uh, the stand up that they were referring to that happened the day before the, the pandemic lockdown? No, I haven't. You should just Google day before pandemic Norm MacDonald. Okay. And you'll find it right away. You should 100% watch it. It's about a six minute clip, and it's literally the day before the world shut down. Norm did off the cuff stand up about the coronavirus, and it is fucking hilarious. Okay. I'll check that and out. And just knowing the context of it all, that like the next day we're going to start lockdown, it, it makes it even more funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh man um the one thing i did love about this is that since he is recording it just into a webcam it's pretty much just centered on his face you get all of his you know you can't escape his facial expressions and and norm always had this certain kind of twinkle in his eye you know and he'd be going off on these kind of like ridiculous parts because his stand-up his stand-up style like the exaggeration the way he does exaggeration in stand-up is just very particular to him and I feel like when he's really going after, he's kind of got this little little smile on his face and a little sparkle in his eye. And it was still, you know, very present, even just seeing it in a webcam. And I know a big part of this for me is just nostalgia because normal's always going to have, you know, a, a big place in my heart just because he's he's always made me laugh. He's always been that guy that's always funny. You know, he's he's just got that sort of voice where he can say something that on paper isn't funny, but the way that he can say it will make you laugh. Um, 
and man, what what a big loss for the stand up world that that we lost him. But a, a real kind of found a treasure that that he made this, you know, in his final days. Yeah, I'm glad so, Netflix yeah. put this out there, man. I think uh, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, this was a total Tupperware for me, and it's something that I, I'll I'll be watching again. And man, I would love to hear an extended version of you know the people who really knew him and other comics who hung out with him and stuff. I would love to hear more of those stories. Yeah. That's one thing. I, yeah. You know, there's much bitching as we've been doing about Netflix recently, which is, I think pretty fucking valid. They do come out with some great comedy specials. You know, I like, you know, when I want to watch the new Bill Burr comedy special, or if I want to watch, you know, like even Daniel Tosh, I'm a huge Daniel Tosh fan. And, uh, I've seen him twice. Um, you know, so, uh, but uh, Jake, did you know uh, uh, fucking Burr's coming to Peoria in November? Oh, I would go to that. Let's go. Let's fucking go see Burr. Yeah, I'm 100 percent in. We'll, right. we'll we'll talk about this later. Are tickets on sale already? Yeah, yeah. You can get tickets now, dude. I might drive to Peoria and go see that. Let's with go you guys. fucking see Burr. Shit. Yes, <laughs> I bet it's like sixty. To, I bet it's like sixty to hundred bucks. But I'm still down. Um, oh yeah. yeah, who's just here in July? Uh, wait, uh, April. Yeah, and it was pretty pricey. It was like one sixty five or something like that. Ooh, uh, no, it's not. It, it, we can, we can probably get them for about eighty bucks, Jake. Yeah, Ooh. I bet so. I bet so. But I, I saw Jim Jeffries like the week before, and it was like way cheaper. And I really enjoyed the Jim Jeffries show. Nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, um, yeah, Wayne. What did you think about uh, the Norm Macdonald nothing special? I, I'll tell you what. Within, like, the, the first 30 seconds, I mean, they, they tell you that this is something that he did in one take. And I think for any kind of stand-up or any kind of show like this where you're trying to be funny, to do it in one take is really hard, um, especially with no audience. You know, not and knowing having, that he's sick. Yeah, not having that feedback of the audience, you know, laughing and clapping with you. You can't feed off of that. Um, but, like... I got emotional like right away because I knew the end of the story. I knew that, you know, we know that he's not here no longer. And and just knowing that this was his last special, like I just got emotional. Look at you spoiling shit again. (sighs) (laughs) I'm fucking with you, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert! Norm Macdonald passed away. I'm sorry, Wayne. <laughs> oh God! That's I think bad. Norm would have appreciated that joke. 100. percent So too. Uh, yeah, like like the Norm's uh, like his comedy. He loved to, what he loved most was wasting your time for a joke. Drag <laughs> jokes out very very long, and they would just be pointless. <laughs> And that's what made him so goddamn funny. That is so um, funny because it's so goddamn true, Wayne. It is. It's so I true. Mean, it even, and you could tell he was just, you know, just winging it. And I really enjoyed it because it seemed like he really didn't have like a an itinerary of like, oh, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. Because, you know, you know, like 30 minutes in, he starts talking about his age and doctors and stuff. And, and you know, we, we get a lot of... It, it's an up and down, I would say. Yeah. Comp. But I really, really enjoyed it. I, I give it like a highest of taste. It's, um, I, I think I would have given it a, a complete Tupperware if I wasn't like depressed a little bit during it. But, you know, obviously I ha- we have our reasons why. Um, 
But, you know, like just when you think you're like you're sad, you know, uh, he brings it right back up and you're laughing again. You know, he he mentions something about, uh, you know, how we're all born with sins because of eating the apple. He goes, that's on page one because that's on page <laughs> one of the Bible. Do you want to get raped by the devil? Like he, he's like, don't eat the apple. You know, there's just a lot of funny moments, uh, even down you know, he, he goes pretty dark, even down to the point where he's like, you know, if like I'm on life support, you know, it's scary to think that like that one plug is your life support and it could be ended by a janitor with a wide broom just sweeping, <laughs> you know, could just unplug that by accident. You could be dead. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. And then like showing I didn't expect the the people at the end. You know, all the celebrities we got at the end uh, of the they, they talked about the special and their time with him. I didn't see that coming. So when that did happen, I was I was I enjoyed watching that, you know, like all his really close friends. And you've seen these comedians, you know, in very serious moment about, you know, one of their great friends passing away. Um, so even if you weren't a huge fan of Norm McDonald's comedy, I definitely think this is something you should try to watch. Um you know, you, you may not remember him from a lot of movies or, or TV shows, but his voice is very distinctive. I mean, I I know, like, for example, my girlfriend didn't know a lot of Norm MacDonald, but when she hears his voice, she goes, oh, isn't that the pigeon who plays on Mike Tyson Mysteries? Yes. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, love Norm MacDonald. This is definitely a high taste that everybody should go and watch this for sure. <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about scenes from Dirty Work. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) The scene where he's in jail and he's pulling his pants up and he's saying, shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta do a rewatch on that. I haven't seen that. It holds up. It's still fucking hilarious. Excellent. Oh, God, God, Norm. You fucking slay me, dude. Uh, Jake, what'd you think about it? Yeah, it, it was so fucking good. It was it was a very much a Tupperware for me. Um, I mean, one of my greatest joys in life is here in Peoria. We've got a you know hole in the wall comedy club, and about twelve years ago, I actually got to see Norm do a set live, and you know sit up there real close and everything. And oh. uh, honestly, I think it was one of those bomb sets he was talking about <laughs> because. Uh, like none of the jokes were that memorable and there were not big laughs, but I, I was cracking up just at the fucking delivery and the pauses and he would do the same kind of shit he did here. Like he would say things like, you know, I don't know what the point of this was, but you could just tell in his eyes that he knew exactly what the fucking point of it was. <laughs> and, and then he would like deliver the punchline. And, you know, when you get to see shows at, at the jukebox here in town, you actually get to interact with the comedian after the show. And uh, Norm even brought up that I was one of the lone people laughing. And I thought that was really fucking cool. He didn't thank me for it. It almost seemed like he was, just, it almost seemed like he was disappointed that I was laughing. And I was like, I was nervous. I didn't want to tell him I wasn't necessarily laughing at the punchlines. It was definitely a delivery thing. And, you know, in retrospect, I wish I would have told him that because I'm, I'm sure he would have appreciated that. But, um, yeah, I just didn't know. And, oh, yeah, this special was just so fucking good. There were so many just over-the-top funny moments. Um, I thought the stuff about how archaic it is to fucking hit someone in the knee with a hammer as a doctor is was, was really fucking funny. Um, 
I just it's like it's hard to review a fucking comedy. Special. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, what am I gonna do? Repeat jokes. Um, one more quick one. I thought when he said, uh, you know, a long time ago, if you had six opinions, that was a lie, and if you were eight, you were opinionated, and <laughs> the opinions would just be about food, like Cocoa Puffs are bad or whatever. I I thought all that stuff was really fun. Um, I have one minor gripe about this special. I still Tupperware, and I still love it, but. I wanted to reach through my TV and slap the shit out of David Letterman during the end special. Um, I, I'm a huge Letterman fan. I love the guy. He added fucking nothing to this and was borderline annoying. He literally had the same question eight times in a row. Like, if you watch this thing over, every fucking time it's, how do you think this would have done in the live audience? Do you think that would have been funny in the live audience? He, he says the same sentence over and fucking over and over again. And you can even see Chappelle looking annoyed at the question being asked for like the fifth time. And I, he didn't really have any interesting stories about McDonald. I I don't know what the fuck was going on with Letterman there. That was really odd to me. I noticed that but, too. Uh, and everybody else was like that. super complimentary towards the special you know, Conan was sticking up for it. Chappelle was getting done telling like this amazing story about them, you know, working together and what he meant. And Chappelle was sticking up for it as well. And, you know, it, yeah, it was re- I totally noticed that, too. Letterman does bring it up multiple times. I'm like, we're you're still on this. You're still stuck on this shit. Yeah, no one gives a shit about the format and how it would have translated. Like, I guess it's an interesting question to ask once, but to ask it seven plus fucking times. I was like, Dave, settle the fuck down with this. Jesus. Yeah, it's Um, like he was trying to get some of those other comedians to say something to the effect of, oh, comedy on Zoom sucks. And it's like, yeah, this is Norm's last piece of work. Everybody knows comedy on Zoom doesn't work as well in front of a live audience. But it's like you're reviewing a fucking like a dead comedian's last testament yeah like, i have to show a little fucking class yeah when i watched this on monday i i had written down high taste it just purely based on how annoyed i was at that and i kind of sat on it for a few days and it just felt really unfair to to, to norm and the special because I, I really like if it, it didn't have any of that after special stuff it would have been an easy tupperware and i thought 75 percent of the after after special stuff was really insightful and really funny and really interesting so i at the end of the day i couldn't tack points for how much dave really annoyed me but he fucking did annoy me during that yeah i didn't like it either yeah i wish that we could i wish they had footage of sandler spade and norm on that fucking comedy tour just like behind the scenes fucking shit man that would have i would love that too i was thinking a lot about how if norm was still alive he would definitely be on that fly in the wall podcast and like what a great episode oh that would have been a phenomenal episode because he's such good friends with those guys there's no way in hell that they wouldn't have been able to book him 100 percent, yeah and that's just a shame it made me kind of sad thinking about the podcast that won't be yeah, I just I oh I listened to the Adam Sandler one. They did a live podcast in front of an oh, audience. Oh, I saw that in the feed. I'm yeah. excited for that. It's good. It's good. Oh, that is it's such a great podcast. There's there's Sandler impressions throughout the episodes. Always crack me the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just subscribed to it while you guys were talking about that podcast. I saw the Adam Sandler live one. I'll probably start with that. It's so good. I just I found out what was it when Jake listening to the Lorraine Newman pod 
found out that it's her daughter is like you know the lead uh working with gene smart in the hbo max series hacks that's lorraine newman's daughter yeah i didn't realize that was her daughter until that episode either i thought that was really fucking cool yeah it's like holy shit uh jake let's talk about a movie that we saw in the theater this is an anime uh fortune favors lady nakuko uh, yes. From acclaimed director Ayuma Watanabe, who did uh, Children of the Sea, uh, comes a heartwarming and moving comedy drama with touches of magical realism. Fortune Favors Lady Nakuko is about an unconventional family and the bonds that they share in their sleepy seaside town. Um, brash single mother Nakuko is well known for her bold spirit, much to the embarrassment of Kakuko. Uh, her her pensive yet imaginative daughter uh, in contrast to her mother, Kukuko once didn't they call her Kukirin in the movie? Yes. Yeah. I was confused when you were reading that synopsis. It's I thought this... at first I thought you were mispronouncing the main character. No, name this until is... I looked it up on Wikipedia. Dude, this is a copy and paste from the fucking website of Fortune Favors Lady Nakuko from the studio. Anyway, I'll call her Kukirin because that's what they call her in the fucking movie. In contrast to her mother, Kukirin wants nothing more than to fit in as she navigates the everyday social dramas of middle school. Life in the harbor is peaceful until a shocking revelation from the past threatens to uproot the pair's tender relationship. Uh, it's a anime film based on a novel by the same name by uh, Kanako Onishi. And yeah, that fucking synopsis makes it seem like, like it's a, you know... Uh, 100% a drama, which is not the case here, Jake. This is basically a, a very, very imaginative comedy slash drama. And, um, uh, Jake, I, I fucking, I loved this movie. I, I, I the art style is incredible. Um, I love the, the mother Nakuko. Um, she's a, she's a larger woman, but she carries it and she don't give a shit. And she's fucking outspoken, and she's just a, she's a, she's fucking she's hilarious in this uh, in this show. She's very childlike. She's an adult, but she's very childlike. It's almost like Kukirin's taking care of her at times. Um, but um, I I, I, abs- I don't want to get into like you know what happens at the end and the spoilers there. But this movie really touched me, dude. It was a this is a fucking fantastic uh, anime. What did you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you. This was this was a Tupperware for me as well. Um, it was so charming. Uh, the twists and turns were unexpected at, at many points. Like, I really thought it was obviously going to be one thing, and then it turns out to be another, and I really welcomed that. I thought it, the art style was just so unique and cool. I've never seen some of the most realistic backdrops in an animation i've ever seen like everything just felt like it had been there for a long time and really lived and just how you saw so much like overgrown like foliage on all the stuff and everything it just i'd never seen anything that looked quite like it and i i was really drawn to the animation style a lot too i i thought this was this was so good. I, I can't wait to watch this again at home. Yeah, I want to own this movie. I thought, was, what is that snapping movie? That snapping sound in the background. It's almost like somebody's got like the largest bowl of Rice Krispies going on right now. Uh, my cat was sneezing. I just walked away from her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the fuck is going on over? I just. I mean, I just. I love this whole story of this little girl in the seaside town she's embarrassed of her mother she's you know got different friends and some of the is that sneezing what the fuck is that 
Yeah, that's more sneezing. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Somebody is—is is, is there an allergy pill that we could give this cat, Jake? Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> okay. Holy fuck! Oh my gosh! I thought somebody was lighting fireworks in the background. Wow! Oh my God! Okay, let's pause real quick. All right, it took a quick break there, and uh, we're back. Yeah, Jake, you had something to say about Fortune Favors Lady Nakuko. Yeah, they did show us a another like I don't know how long it was, maybe fifteen minute animated short after the credits of this movie, and uh, I absolutely I forget what it was called, but I absolutely hated it. Um. It just drug on. I didn't like the animation style. I thought it was silly. I don't know. It just did nothing for me. And and I didn't see any connection to the main feature at all in that second like animated short. Yeah, it was dumb as shit. Okay. I didn't know if I was alone on a boat there. No, it was fucking dumb. It was so fucking dumb I wasn't going to bring it up because it was that fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I watch this at home, if that's still included, I, I will not ever be watching that again. Yeah. Yeah, it was dumb. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's talk about one of the big heavy hitters this week. Jurassic World Dominion dropped in theaters. Got a chance to see this in IMAX. Jake, I know you got to see it in IMAX as well. Uh, four years after the destruction of Isla Nublar, dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are able to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures in a new era. It's directed by Colin Trevorrow, uh, who's coming back. Uh, he directed uh, Jurassic World, the first installment. Uh, it's written by Trevorrow and Emily Carmichael, based on a story by Trevorrow and Derek Connolly. Uh, it's a sequel to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the sixth installment in the Jurassic Park franchise, and the final film in the Jurassic World trilogy. And, uh, yeah, it stars an ensemble cast of Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, B.D. Wong, Omar Sy, Isabella Sermon, Justice Smith, and Daniela Pineda, reprising the roles from previous films in the franchise, and are joined by Dewanda Wise, Mamadou Athi, Campbell Scott... Scott Hayes and Deachin Lachman. So yeah, um, I am going to start with one, Joe Stark. What did you think about Jurassic World Dominion? Ooh, oh boy. <laughs> um, I am. Let's see. I I've watched Jurassic World several times, and it wasn't until last week that I saw Fallen Kingdom. So Fallen Kingdom was still very fresh in my mind uh going in to see this movie and you know for the most part i i like i like the jurassic world characters i like the new characters of of owen and um and claire and i mean owen's character feels like it's kind of stayed the same throughout all three films whereas claire's characters morphed quite a bit as these go on um I feel like this movie is one where if you just kind of shut your brain off and go with it, it, and maybe you're a huge enough fan, it'll it'll kind of blindly work for you. But this, I don't know, man. I I feel like they just really, really wanted to get dinosaurs in our world, and they 
got us there like a like a semi truck like driving through a drywall you know i mean like driving through like a house like just like boom and you're just right there um man i i've got very mixed feelings about this movie because they brought in the original cast from jurassic park and so they're kind of pulling at your nostalgia in that regard and i don't know man (laughs) I, 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 I'm just going to go ahead and rate this. This was a low taste it for me. Um, it's not by far the worst of the Jurassic movies for me, but this isn't one that I'm in a hurry to rewatch. Uh, there were parts in this where there were certain, certain deaths that made me laugh out loud and not because they were meant to be comedic, but just to me, it was so ridiculous the way that they got it done. And there were some elements in it that were really, really cool that was set up in the last movie in Falling Kingdom with kind of the weaponized raptors, and it made for some really interesting sequences. But, man, overall, I I just felt like this movie was kind of a disjointed mess and and, and too long also. Um, So, yeah, low taste it for me. I'll jump in. Uh, I fucking love Jurassic World. Tupperware did. I still love that movie. I, every time I watch every time I watch Jurassic World and it gets to that fucking end scene with the fucking raptors all communicating with one another and shit and what what's that? What in the Indominus Rex and then then the Mosasaur fucking eats it. Yeah, I just I lose my shit every time. The the battle between Rexy and and uh the Indominus Rex. I fucking love that movie. Fucking, I love blue. Loved it. I even loved the fucking second one that everybody fucking hated. I fucking thought it was like, oh, it feels like a horror movie. I loved it. I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I, 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 I can't believe it. I, I, man alive. I, I cannot believe that I did not like this one. I feel like they neutered Chris Pratt's character so much in this movie. Not funny at all. He was so funny and charming, and I like the dynamic between him and Claire and like the first movie, like the back and forth and shit. And, and none of that to be found here. They're just parents, and they're looking for their daughter. This clone. And this whole clone fucking bullshit is dumb. And then this storyline with the with the big old fucking crickets going out there and eating the world's food <laughs> supply. That's the dumbest shit. Just give me goddamn dinosaurs. and get, Fuck these clones. Fuck these insects eating food. Isn't it enough just to have big dinosaurs? And then the climactic battle that we get between the dinosaurs was the fucking lamest shit. <laughs> We've yes. got... I call this dinosaur. It looked like a sloth, but I call it Wolverinosaur. It's just like yes, Wolverinosaur. <laughs> it's just the most. It's the big word scissorsaur. It's the biggest letdown for one of these big dinosaur battles that I've ever fucking seen. It's just, and uh, uh, I only enjoyed Jeff Goldblum in this movie because they wrote for him. They wrote nothing for anyone else in this fucking movie Chris Pratt was neutered this whole fucking movie Bryce Dallas Howard neutered this whole fucking movie and uh, then we'll you know we'll throw in this Laura Dern Sam Neill thing here I I can't believe it the biggest letdown for me 
one of my most anticipated movies because I love these Jurassic World movies that they'd come out with before. But this just felt... It just felt like they just... It felt like they had... They had just so much going on with this story and they could have simplified it a lot more. I don't need this whole clone bullshit. I don't need crickets eating crops. Or these... (laughs) (laughs) I... I was, I really feel like a lot of the comedy and uh, the snarkiness from Chris Pratt's character was left out. They they just left him out in the cold. They didn't give it. They didn't write shit for him. They just made him boring action star in this. And some of the stunts uh, were amazing, but they could have done a little bit better of a job hiding the fact that it's not him on the motorcycle. You could clearly see it was a stunt man. That kind of took me out. I did, one part I did love, and I wish we would have got more of this kind of shit, was the action scene. I'll Tupperware this action scene where he's fucking riding the motorcycle and he's got raptors chasing him through the streets. That was fucking awesome. That was like, that was like the Italian job or that De Niro movie Ronin meets raptors that was fucking cool favorite part of the whole movie right there wrapped up that and jeff goldblum them them actually writing some good stuff for jeff goldblum's character other than that i was thoroughly let down by this film um i'm you know it's not just it's not enough to just give me fucking dinosaurs in a movie anymore and i you know in the first two i think they I think they used them really well, and I think the human characters were fun. This was this was just a huge fucking stinker for me. I'm going to toss Jurassic World Dominion, and that hurts me to my fucking core to say it. But I'm going to hold these movies up with a, a little higher standard, and because I love those two, I love the first two entries, and this one fucking it went out with a fucking really gross fart (laughs) Jake what'd you think oh yeah yeah this was a giant toss it for me as well I couldn't believe how bad it was I oh my gosh Joe's right on the money it was definitely way too long like no movie like this should be fucking longer than two hours like give me a fucking break um let me talk about the one second that I did like of this movie before I start trashing everything else I really thought the scene with Bryce Dallas Howard where she was under the water and the water line was right at the middle of the screen with the dinosaur right above her was a very inspired and cool shot. And I was really like, Oh wow, Trevolo, that's, that's really fucking cool. It felt like the only shot in the entire movie that was storyboarded because I thought a lot of the action had this really like handheld shaky cam shit going on that really took me out of the movie. Like it was like, maybe the effects weren't up to snuff enough to really show anything dead on. And there was just so much fucking shaking going on. And most of the other action sequences that, that just drove me fucking nuts. Um, yeah, I just, I was really excited when we saw like before fast and the furious nine, we saw that little preview and I love that drive in scene and just the idea of dinosaurs causing havoc in the real world. I was willing to shut my brain off just to see a lot of fun stuff dealing with that. But it was a real fucking bait and switch. They kind of promise you that, but yet somehow half the movie still takes place basically in a park with dinosaurs. I was really insulted that that's what we trapped him back into. Um, 
I couldn't believe the bug shit was happening. That was just unbelievable to me that we were taking time away from everything to deal with the bugs. Um, I also hate the clone daughter character. Um, that was one of the worst parts of the last movie for me. And to see that continue on here was really uninspired. Um, Chris Pratt's character was super fucking bad in this as well. If I see one more time him holding his flat hand out to the dinosaurs, I'm just going to fucking vomit. Um, the scene where him and legacy characters are doing it, I just wanted to rock myself in the face. I couldn't believe it was even fucking happening. Um, God, this movie was so fucking bad. I I was shocked that they could make a worse movie than the last one, but somehow, somehow they did. Um, man, my, I, at least it kind of had a closed ending like i didn't feel like we necessarily needed a sequel after this one like they kind of hinted at towards the last two and, and i was happy for that um my crowd erupted in applause when this movie was over as well and um i had had two beers so i loudly booed at the applause and then i got booed by the fucking audience and i'm like really we're really gonna fucking defend this shit and I, i've said this before on the podcast i really stand by that when people spend 30 fucking bucks to see a movie, maybe more with concessions, they're unwilling right then and there on the spot to decide a movie was bad. And they're just going to think anything is fucking good once, once they've spent that kinds of money. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck. It, it seems like people are liking this though. At least the, the sample size in my crowd, it got fucking roaring applause at the end of it. Oh man. Yeah. Did you get applause at the end of yours? No, no. People just got up and left. Oh my god! Yeah, there were a Holy few people god. in our auditorium that clapped, and I was like, "Really? For this?" It's like I understood just, it at the end of Top Gun Maverick, but for this, yeah, it just made me mad. The first movie's one of my favorite movies of all time, and the stuff they did with Sam Neill and Laura Dern almost takes away from some of the stuff that happened in that movie. I, I didn't need to see any of that follow up, nor did I fucking care. Um, in my fan fiction, they immediately break up when this movie's over again. So <laughs> fuck all, fuck all that shit. And I don't care if I spoil this movie, honestly, anything I can do to get you not to spend money on this movie. So they make a fourth Jurassic world movie. I- I'm in on They're make No, they're done with Jurassic world, but they're making more, they're making more dinosaur movies, man. Like they've like yeah. Frank Marshall's already come out and said like, yeah, this is the end of the Jurassic world trilogy, but you'll get more Jurassic movies. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, that they had this like dinosaur monopoly because I, I I'd love to see some dinosaur stuff that wasn't forced to do all the beats that happen in every Jurassic Park movie. Um, I Can we get a Dino Riders movie? That would be fucking awesome. I hated the score in this movie. Um, like Johnny Williams, the stuff he did in the first movie is so fucking good. And he also scored Jurassic Park 2, and he uses less of the Jurassic Park 1 motifs in Jurassic Park 2 than any other filmmaker post-Jurassic Park 2. Like, they use more Jurassic Park 1 themes in later movies than he did in his own fucking sequel. Like, I hate that kind of shit. It's so fucking cheap. Um, Just trying to get the feels off those classic themes did not work for me at all. It was just more eye-rolling bullshit. I fucking hated this movie. All right, Wayne, tell us about how you clapped at the end of this movie. Oh, yeah, standing innovation. Let me open up my drink here before I give this review because that's the kind of review I'm going to give. I 
was surprised because I am such a big Jurassic Park franchise fan from the games to the TV show even to even the shittiest of movies of Jurassic Park 3. I really love this franchise. It's very simple. Just give me fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, it's very simple. But uh, in this movie, I kind of felt like uh, like Ian Malcolm in the first one. Now, eventually, you plan to have dinosaurs in your movie, right? Because a lot of the scenes seemed like we're just going off of the characters more, you know, shit that I didn't care about. I was just, you know, I, I had an eight-year-old with me, my godson, and, and he was bored during the movie asking when it was over, which would really suck because, like, I never thought I would get those kind of feelings during a Jurassic Park movie or an eight-year-old even, like, mm-hmm. asking when the movie's going to be over. But when the dinosaurs were on screen, you know, it had his attention. But I feel like a lot of this was just, uh, it was boring. I mean, like, crickets are you fucking serious crickets like something that could have been solved with a can of bug spray we're, we're talking about crickets now we've gone from the indominus rex to the indoraptor to fucking crickets like that's what i gotta be afraid of like the world's coming to an end and it's because of crickets it's not because of we're getting hunted down by the dinosaurs we're back in the food chain it's it's fucking crickets are gonna ruin it for us they're taking away all the goddamn corn and whatnot that's the storyline we're given here. oh but biosin biosin has a chemical in their corn and the crickets don't eat their biosin's gonna control the world i don't care give me dinosaurs just biosin in general i'm just like oh cool another fucking company i don't care about like give engine was the only other company i probably cared about like biosin i don't give a fuck about biosin and all of a sudden there's this new massive environment for all these dinos this we had we did have over 20 plus different species of dinos in here now we, we got a lot more uh, of than we did the last movies we, you know we got a quetzalcoatlus we got a therizino we got a pyroraptor we got a the giganotosaurus but like I feel they made the Pyroraptor seem like it was like a big deal. And I was like, was this supposed to be like the big villain of the movie? And it 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 wasn't Uh, the Giganotosaurus, I thought would have been the big villain of the movie kind of really wasn't Uh, the Therizino. Towards the end of the movie, when we see this Therizino again, this supposedly blind Therizino, which I never knew Therizinos had such terrible eyesight. And the Giganotosaurus had such terrible eyesight. Apparently way worse than the fucking T-Rex. Because they can't see a handful of fucking people walking around an SUV. I mean, it was just... It was bad. Like, we're talking about the last Jurassic Park movie. We're talking about 29 years removed from the very first one. And the first one is still the best fucking one out of the series. You guys get bigger budgets, better CGI, better actors even. But it just seems like it just got worse and worse and worse. And it just I think the prologues that we've seen felt even better than this movie. Because we were seeing... What it was like for for dinosaurs being around us in the modern day. 
like the the number of accidents we would have or coming across these dinosaurs on campsites or boating even but they didn't really show a lot of that Mm -hmm. i mean we didn't see a lot of that i mean i want to see how the world has really truly changed since we have dinosaurs and if you're telling me this is like a couple years or a couple months removed then there should be a lot of things change you should be scared as hell to go out of your house knowing that any minute you could be taken down by another damn predator because you were in the fucking food chain again. But these people are wandering around the woods, you know, just not a care in the fucking world. They're acting like there really isn't, like you're not back in the fucking food chain. That's how I, I took it. Like, you should be scared for your fucking life. I mean, we saw in a prologue a T-Rex at a movie theater. I mean, like, dude, I don't think I'd fucking leave my house again for a while if i knew there was a t-rex at the movie theater i was just fucking at uh just a lot of things just didn't add up uh, i i there's some acting in here that i thought was really just piss poor um i can't believe i'm tossing this damn movie i mean uh, i you know i before we went into this we saw the reviews uh, I, I saw in the Discord people were discussing about seeing the reviews. We're all talking about how we hope it's not as bad as people are saying it is. And I'm saying to myself, like, fuck other people's opinions. Like, I'm going to go see this and get my own opinion. I mean, it's dinosaurs. Like, they can't fuck this up, right? Wrong. Guess what? They can fuck it up. You know? Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, famous words of Ian Malcolm in the first one, this is just one big pile of shit. Yeah. And that's how I felt about this movie. And and for us to, if this is the last of the Jurassic Park movie franchise, I mean, we might get a little bit more in TV shows or whatever going forward. But like, if this is the end, and you brought all these big characters together from the, this should have been like the big movie for us. I was so excited. We're seeing the characters from the first few movies coming together with with these newer characters. And at the end of the day, it was shit. I, I think uh, that uh, I, Frank Marshall, I believe he said, like, they're, they don't plan on doing Jurassic Park TV shows, uh, you know, unless it's like this Camp Cretaceous or whatever that they're doing on Netflix. But I think they're going to stick with, uh, with films. Um, I, don't th- I don't think it's going anywhere. I think they, they, they're just wrapped on this. And we're probably going to get we're definitely going to get more dinosaur stuff. I, I can't see them not leaving this alone, but. Yeah, I can't. Go ahead. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, Do you see um, with this weekend coming up, do you see Buzz Lightyear supposedly like or not supposedly going to surpass these kind of numbers for this opening weekend? And we can see a massive drop in in this movie next week. Yeah, I do. I do think it's going to I think word of mouth is going to be pretty. It's going to affect the movie. I still think you're going to get people going to see Jurassic Park, though, bringing their families out and stuff like that. But I, I just don't think it's going to have the repeat viewings um, that they were probably hoping that would be the one to kind of like push this movie over Top Gun mm-hmm. Maverick. I think at the I think we're looking at Top Gun Maverick going over a billion and probably being the box office champion for 2022. Good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, for, it was the first cinema score uh, movie with an A plus. Uh, this is the biggest opening for Tom Cruise ever for a weekend, and uh, it was the biggest movie opening ever for Memorial Weekend, I believe. So, um, I think I think 
I don't think it has a shot. And I think, you know, Lightyear is going to bring, bring a lot of people out, you know. Uh, and it, Lightyear has a lot going for it that all three of these movies that we've mentioned have a lot going for it. I mean, people that watched that original movie in 93 are bringing their kids to go see this one. And, you know, same thing with Top Gun, you know, like, you know, parents are, that watched this movie when they were kids are now bringing their kids to go see, watch Top Gun Maverick. And same thing with Lightyear, you know, Toy Story. We've, we've, we grew up with that. I believe that movie came out when I was, you know, still a teenager. So we've all grown up with the Toy Story movies. All three of these movies have that nostalgia factor going for them. But I just think that people, I, I, I feel like Colin Trevorrow and the writers were just, they, there was no inspiration in this movie. And no, even the villain, I thought the villain was super uninspired. Um, like, why even bring Dodgson back in the first place? Like, uh, the original actor is like a fucking rapist, so they couldn't even use him. So they had to recast the guy in the first place. And is that nostalgia worth it? Like, I, they didn't really explain his company or what their actual intent was. They were just basically labeled as black and evil. Uh, you know? Weren't they wanting to use dinosaur, you know, uh, the, the dinosaur science to cure people? And shit. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. That's what good intentions were. Yeah. I say that in quotes. I don't know. I'm done talking about Jurassic World Dominion. I just, <laughs> I that's I didn't I didn't want to dedicate a whole like bonus episode to it after how badly I felt about it. Like I, I can't imagine talking about this movie for more than an hour. No, like in an actual PCL fucking movie review episode, it would be crazy. Well, people are gonna say, "Well, you did Morbius," and it's like, yeah, because that's so bad, it's fun to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of we we kind of always do the superhero movies too. That's a little bit of our legacy. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the next movie on the list here. Uh, this dropped on the yeah, it dropped on Friday. Hustle on Netflix. Uh, after a down on his luck basketball scout discovers an extraordinary player abroad, he brings the phenom back without his team's approval. Uh, it's directed by uh, Jer- Jeremiah Zagar from a screenplay by Taylor Mattern and Will Fetters. And uh, the film stars Adam Sandler as an NBA scout who discovers a raw talent player in Spain. Bo Cruz, played by real NBA player here, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and tries to prepare him for the NBA draft. Uh, Queen Latifah, Ben Foster, and Robert Duvall also star, while LeBron James acts as a producer. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think this guy plays for the Utah Jazz Tons of NBA players show up in this as well. Uh, even, uh, oh, uh, fucking Kenny Smith plays uh, an agent named Leon. Kenny the Jet Smith. Uh, Shaq's in this. And, uh, all you know, all the Barkley, all the TNT guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dr. J. Um, fuck it. Tupperware. Fucking love this movie. I I fuck I loved this fucking movie. Uh, you know, it had a little bit. It felt like it had a little bit of uh, trying to think. It had a little bit of Rocky in there because they had you know, of course, the Philadelphia stuff, and it felt like it had a little bit of a uh, little bit of Jerry Maguire with the agent stuff. I guess you know, um, definitely like uh, you've got Ben Foster, who Robert Duvall is like the owner of this team. And he owns the the Sixers. 
And uh, he gives Adam Sandler, who's been a, a scout, an NBA scout. And this is what they do. They fucking travel all over the country. They travel all over the world internationally looking at players. That way they can try to get, like, you know, some of these guys, you don't see them play. You just hear these stories. So you got to see them play. Do they have handles? Can they fucking, you know, can they, you know, uh, are they a good shooter? Are they a good defensive player? Like, you want to take the best player in the draft, and, and you don't want to leave any stone unturned. So these guys, they do a lot of traveling. You find out that he hasn't spent a birthday with his daughter in years. And, and so Robert Duvall fucking gives him a job as an assistant coach. Well, Robert Duvall, the owner of the team, dies, and Ben Foster, his son, takes over the team. And this guy, I love Ben Foster. I think he makes every movie better. I thought he was great in this, too. But he's kind of like that asshole son who, a little bit of uh, jealousy here between the two. You know, the, his father really saw the talent uh, that uh, Adam Sandler's character of Stanley Sugarman had when it comes to understanding the game of basketball, understanding what it makes to, 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 to draft a great player. There's this player that they're looking at, this guy named Haas, and Sandler's like, you know, he's not as great as you, know, you guys think he is. I don't think we should draft him. And they end up drafting him. He's the wrong pick. Ben Foster, this was the guy that he was touting. But um, Ben Foster sends him back to being a scout, takes, him, takes his dreams of being an assistant coach, being closer to home, spending time with his family, takes it away from him. And uh, basically drives him away from the team to the point where, you know, he finds this player, Bo Cruz, playing a street ball game. And this guy is just dominating. And he sees something special with this kid, even though it's just a street game, you know. And that's, that's a rare thing. Like, you could look at the guys who play, you know, like uh, and the, uh, and, uh, the Rucker guys, you know, the guys that play street ball. Not all those guys and all the cool stuff that they can do on the court can translate into an NBA game. It's a different game. But he sees something in this guy who's hustling guys for money on the basketball court, sees something in him. He's like, this is a real player. I'm going to bring this guy back uh, to the States. And um, he ends up quitting his job and cashing all his basically fucking putting everything into this guy he starts fucking taking care of this guy taking care of his family puts all his bets on this guy he's got to make this guy the best nba player possible and um it is a it's just an emotional roller coaster not only does this bo cruz not only is he a fantastic basketball player but you know he's got a daughter and he's got you know we find out that he's got a criminal history movie explains that it really dives into that and um I just love the dynamic between this uh, Bo Cruz basketball player and Stanley Sugarman. It, it, the movie really hinges on those two characters and like their friendship, and it starts off rocky. But man, it's I I I fucking I absolutely loved. <laughs> I loved this movie. I'm a big basketball fan anyway. This was just a this is just a fucking wonderful movie. It's an absolute Tupperware. Joe, you've been getting into some of these basketball documentaries. Here's a basketball movie. What did you think about Hustle? Absolute Tupperware, dude. Uh, this movie was so great. It, I mean, it de- it does have a really heavy, rocky feeling to it. You know that that is this underdog, especially with the training scenes. I felt like with the the practicing and running up the hill. Yeah, and, you know, it, in, instead of him following on a bike, it was in a car and. <laughs> Uh, I love the the comedy in this too was really good. Um, 
I, I stopped counting the amount of fat jokes they they were throwing at Adam Sandler by like the fourth or fifth one. <laughs> but I, I was like, I think that might have been a tad bit overdone. But uh, but otherwise, I loved it when he was training him on how to deal with with shit talking. Because yeah. you know, and and even him saying like like you got psyched out by a guy named after a frog. <laughs> yeah, he's going up against this uh, top draft prospect. The guy's you know a lock at number two and his name's kermit yes yeah and i liked how that kept coming back in and then that was kind of the you know the the big thing that he had to get past because i for sure i bet those nba guys talk mad shit at each other to try dude to oh heads. you know they do and they all like if you if you read interviews they'll talk about like who's the worst trash talker out there on the court jordan was a big trash talker but he could fucking he could back it up you know reggie miller was a huge trash talker yeah <laughs> so I, I love that they brought that in, that that was something that he had to really get past. Um, I really liked the the montage at the beginning where he was crossing names off his list. And the the one dude that, you know, come to find out in the credits later that he was like a Harlem Globetrotter. <laughs> like the dude looks like he's in his 40s and he's like, yes, I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is my son. He's 11. <laughs> it's like, get out of here. <laughs> It was just too funny. But I mean, this is just a movie that it's 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 gonna be like the end of Grinch Stole Christmas. It makes your heart swell three sizes, you know. It's it's one of those movies that just makes you feel great um by by the end of it. And you have a really good it's it's a it's a good trip getting there as well. You know, you're gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you're gonna come away feeling really satisfied. This is the absolute Tupperware of a movie. And for sure it didn't hurt watching all these basketball documentaries in the weeks leading up to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jake, what did you think about hustle? Yeah, I liked it quite a lot. I'm going to high taste it. Boo. I'm booing you just like that crowd at Jurassic world dominion for a high taste. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to boo you for a high taste. Get the fuck out of here with the high taste it bullshit. I'm slapping. I'm swatting that shit. Like I'm Dikembe Mutombo. That's funny. That's funny. Um, I really enjoyed like all the personal stuff in this movie a lot. I thought Adam Sandler was great. I loved his relationship with uh, Queen Latifah. I thought they were just really fantastic. I, I thought the relationship with the daughter and because of his job, not being able to spend the time with her was really cool. All that stuff was really great. I, the sports element of this movie is what's keeping it from a Tupperware for me. I just wasn't like by the climax. It's the third time we're having this like him versus permit and i don't know it's just like whether or not he's gonna slap the ball out of the air and i i was never on the edge of my seat of that i mean it was a great movie but just a little bit too predictable and i i just wanted a bigger better sports climax it didn't really do it for me wayne what did you think man to be honest i don't know a lot about basketball but i watched it anyway and I liked it a lot. I, I definitely give it a high taste. It. I think if I enjoyed, if I knew a lot about basketball and I enjoyed basketball a lot, I definitely think it would have been a Tupperware. Because I'm sure there's a lot of other basketball players that were in this film that I totally went over my head. You know, um, this. I mean, I'm sure you realize and notice a lot of people in this, um, but I, you know, I didn't. Uh, I. I'm not a believe it or not. I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan. Like I thought, after a certain point, he just wasn't. I guess I should say funny anymore. So I wouldn't watch any more Adam Sandler movies. Um, but I, you know, watching this, 
and also not being a fan of basketball, like I really enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, like it, it shows like in the beginning of him just doing that thing where he's looking, he's doing the scouting job where he's traveling and, you know, everything is between age or, or, or something. And he has to just cross it off and head off to the next guy and, and, you know, pack up and eat fast food and stay in hotels. And like, that's his life. And the answer to all his questions wasn't at any of these games he would go to. It was just somebody on the street playing basketball with a bunch of other people just hustling for money, you know. And it was so important to him that he, like, chased him down um, to the point where, like, where he came to – showed up at his house, you know, and, and he talked him into – to you know training and stuff and, and you know you get the little rocky montage like you guys said uh he talks about the hill like you know bikers clean up this hill in a minute and 45 seconds and it shows throughout the progress of the movie how his time shaved down and he finally reaches those times um you know adam sandler's character really sees the potential in this basketball player you know, he brings I like it. I like it has a few funny moments. You know, he brings him in. He does that height test and he just slaps that top bar with no problem. And he's in flip flops, too, by the way, which I thought was funny. Um, the the running joke, the long running joke of the room service of him just ordering room service and just biting into one thing and then not eating it like a forty five dollar steak and the Pringles. I always thought that was funny. Uh all right. What did you not like? What it was the fact that you're just not a a Sandler I, I, guy I, in basketball. I think it, it's it, like I said. I, I think the things I didn't like is like maybe it's I would have understood more if I knew, understood basketball a little bit more. I felt like somebody like you, who was a big basketball fan, enjoyed it way way more than I did because you knew a lot more about basketball. You knew who this person was or that person was. You knew more about the game than, than somebody who me, like me as a casual fan. And it's, you know, it's sad because I'm like an hour away from, you know, the Philly stadium where they, where they played basketball and stuff. Well, like I just, it's just not my sport, but, um, you know, for somebody who's not into this sport, I, I rather enjoyed this. But like I said, to, to give it a Tupperware, I feel like, you have to be a, a, a basketball fan to really like this, but you don't also have to be one to just watch it. I, I Joe's not a basketball guy, and Joe loved this movie. So, I mean, uh, my point that is exactly. true. I didn't know who any of these people were in it. So, like, I was really paying attention when it was like saying all the names and kind of showing them with the pictures and stuff at the end. And I was like, oh, that's who that is. And it sometimes you'd even say so and so as himself. I'm like, still don't know who that is. Still don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm like flipping. I was like, oh shit, there's Mark Jackson. Oh my god. Okay, Doc Rivers. You know, it's like, you know. So, I, I love the trash talking scenes uh, where Adam Sandler was character was starting to learn uh, Spanish. You know, he's like, hijo de la putas. You know, like your your mom is a son of a thousand sluts. Like I, you're the son of a thousand slows. I thought that shit was funny. He would just try to make insults to get into his head, because we saw at one point where like somebody talking trash to you that close to you can really affect your gameplay, and how you know that can really get under your skin. And unfortunately, like it almost blew his fucking one shot to the NBA. Um, you know, I, I really don't want to spoil the ending, but like I was really <laughs> happy with the ending. Okay. Of 
You, you scare me. You scare me. You. <laughs> I know. I don't want to spoil it, but like, yeah, I was really happy with the ending. Um, I mean, I guess I assume people thought he was going to go where he was going to go, and it didn't happen. But you stop I, I really it. Stop. Just stop it. You're yeah. spoiling. Shut, Shut up. Up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the stop. ending, but I'm kind of doing it right now. Um, no, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the fact that uh, oh, Steve Urkel God. was also in this movie. Yes, Jaleel White was in the movie. Oh. That's fine to say. Okay, that's completely okay. fine to say. Yes, the <laughs> Steve Urkel, the voice here. of Sonic the Hedgehog from the animated series, is in the movie. That's not a huge spoiler, Wayne. But when you're talking about like where players end up, yeah, a little bit of a spoiler. Um, okay, all right, let's move. Okay, I, let's move away from this movie before <laughs> it gets spoiled anymore. Hurry up! <laughs> yeah, oh. Very good movie. Oh, fantastic movie. I love seeing a movie about a scout. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that, you know, when my team is, uh, you know, had a really shitty year, I live on NBADraft.net. That is my site. And I like to read what all the scouts are saying about all these players. I like to watch, like, all the international videos. I don't care back if it was fucking 1999 and I'm watching it on my fucking Packard Bell computer and I had to pull it up on that fucking real video player and I had to watch some grainy bullshit about this fucking guy playing in the Ukraine and uh, you know I, I would watch those videos I'd be like oh fuck this, this Dalibor Bagarich might be a good player he really wasn't but anyway I, I, I'm really into that man I, I really get into watching some of the players that are even like in the D league and stuff like that, you know, not as much, not as much anymore as I used to be, but you know, I, I lived on, uh, on those, uh, NBA draft.net sites. And I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, of what these scouts have to do to, to, uh, to find these players that they want on their team. You know, like Scotty Pippen was just, uh, it was lucky that, uh, Scotty Pippen was taken where he was, um, uh, there was one scout that kind of tipped off Jerry Krause about Scottie Pippen. And it's crazy to think where p- players fall. The Bulls at one time could have drafted Carl Malone, and they let him slide. You know, it's, you just never know how some of these players are going to translate in the NBA. And this was just a nice movie that kind of pulled all that together for me. I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I could see why you were going to love this movie. I if it would, just would have been a little bit less simple with some of the stuff, I think it would have elevated it to a Tupperware for me. <sighs> you know, no. like they got the scene where it's like, oh, my God, he's got one more chance, but he's already on the plane. Like everything was there was no stakes. Like I never got the anxiety about anything. It, it was a fun movie. Well, performed. Just the drama could have been a little bit higher for me. All right, Jake. I, still, I loved it. Anyway. Um, the Boys season three. Uh, this dropped on Prime Video. Uh, four episodes out now. Uh, Wayne, I don't even know if you watch this fucking show. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's not spoil the shit out of this one either, Wayne. Okay. All right. Let's nope. keep. Let's keep. All right. All right. Thank God. We're almost out of good pop, bad pop. We're almost out of good pop, bad pop. And the last movie in good pop, bad pop that I'm talking. It's one that I saw by myself. You didn't see it, Wayne. So you can't spoil this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, The Boys season three. Joe, I know you're a big fan of The Boys. Um, what, 
I mean, yeah, we're we're in season three. We've got like this. They've introduced this new thing, Compound uh, V twenty four. It's a it's a version of Compound V. Compound V is what makes uh, you know um, Vought Industries. They make this uh, substance called uh, Compound V, which they inject into people, and you can become. Yeah, that's that's what gives you your superpowers. Now there's a Compound V twenty four. It's a twenty four hour <laughs> Compound V, and. Um, and that's been introduced in this season. We've also got, I mean, so many, you know, of course, like the big thing of like, um, we got to kill Homelander. So he's got to kill this motherfucker. That's a big thing going on this season. There's this uh, rumored gun that can kill Homelander that they're trying to f- track down in Russia. And um, so that's a big thing. A lot of things going on with Starlight and uh and Homelander this season. I, I love it, man. I'm at a Tupperware four episodes in. I absolutely loved it. The fucking uh, uh, the termite penis scene is one of the fucking <laughs> most insane things I've ever fucking seen. Uh, Joe, what did you think about? What have you, what have you been thinking about Boys Season 3? Yeah, I, I've seen all four episodes. I'm also at an absolute Tupperware. Um, th- this show just continues to be excellent. Uh really excited with the the compound v24 coming in for this season because one of the biggest differences between this show in the comic book is in the comics they're all on regular compound v and like in the comic like butcher even like gives it to huey without even telling him first he just kind of sneaks up and sticks it in his neck (laughs) and and so you know going through three seasons of the show or this is season three going through the, the first two seasons of the show and not seeing them powered at all. It's been really interesting because it's like, okay, they're fighting these powered people that could like literally kill them with one punch. How's this going to go? And all the different ways they've kind of gotten around it and, and squeaked through situations, but to actually see, you know, the scene with butcher when he's like fully on it and, and fighting gunpowder was fucking spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, really really great and like anthony Starr continues to be just incredible as homelander he's I mean, the, the guy best needs, he is the dude, he fucking is. best he, man he needs awards he needs to win an award for this he, they need to give him an emmy because the way he's playing this character is is just perfect and i feel like it's such an elevation of of the source material um I mean, it's he, he's he's so compelling in the show, and and it's really all down to Anthony Starr because it's so believable. Yeah, that you look at him the way he's doing it, and you're like, this guy's really really fucking unhinged. Yes, which which in the hands of a lesser actor, it could be really slapstick and come off kind of ridiculous. But the way that he does it, it's fucking menacing, very mm-hmm. very menacing and believable. And I mean, Carl Urban is he's Carl Urban. I mean, he's he's the way he does butcher like he he personifies the butcher character from the comic the same way that like Ryan Reynolds does with Deadpool. It's it's just a a really, really perfect depiction. And I really like the story they got going with Mother's Milk this season. Yeah, Um, I like getting to uh, know more about his character as well. Um, Really worried about the situation that that Starlight's finding herself in, um, and I I love Jensen Ackles as the or Jansen Eccles, whatever you say is Jensen name. Ackles I, I think my, I might be mixing up my vowels there. Um, I love his portrayal as Soldier Boy. The the flashbacks that have shown him has been great. Have Have you seen that promo online where it's like the the outtakes 
of him like trying to like film like a commercial or something like that. No, I haven't it's, seen it's that. Just be, oh my gosh, I'll try and find it and send it your way. It is so funny. All right. It reminds me of like the Captain America like PSA things from from the MCU. But with Soldier Boy and him just being thoroughly bored, I'm sure that's <laughs> what they're doing it. And, that's what they're going for because that's what I felt like. They, yeah. they well, in each season you can really see that they try to take stuff from the DC movies and Marvel movies and put their own kind of like you know twist to everything because they had like you know the all female ladies scene from Endgame. They kind of did the same thing. In season two with Stormfront, but it was completely different, you know, so and fucking legitimately awesome and legitimately awesome. (laughs) And and you didn't even realize that that's what they were doing. It was not forced at all. And by the end of it, you're just like, oh, people are comparing it to that endgame scene. But I didn't see it when that's why it's so fucking brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. So this show just continues to be fucking fantastic. And, you know, season three is it's going very strong. If you're not on this, you know, get Prime Video and and get caught up on it because it's not like any other superhero property out there. Oh, it's so good. Between this and Invincible, they're really killing it with these dark superhero uh, yes. themed shows. Wayne, uh, The Boys, season three. Oh, man. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne's just going to spoil everything. He's like, fuck. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> Tell you what, guys. I actually got screeners for the entire season. And. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what does uh, Two Girls, One Cup and the opening of season three have in common? Uh, you want to record the person watching it. You want to record their uh, reaction. Because that was a very very strong opening to uh season three uh very meme worthy i have not read any of the comics uh but thus far i have fully enjoyed uh the boys from all the way from season one i even bought all the seasons because i just want this show to just keep going um we we got a lot of answers a lot of plot holes between black noir that we got answered and and some stormfront stuff uh that we got taken care of uh anthony Starr's character of homelander it seems like everybody on the team is pretty fucking scared of him uh he kind of makes almost every member of that team want to piss their pants any controversy has between a train or anybody else he, uh, yeah, it seems like the whole damn team's afraid of him. I mean, they're switching out team members left and right, as always. Um, you know, the there's a scene with the deep we get later with with Homelander and the deep at a dinner scene, uh, which was hard to watch, but at the same time, it was funny. I had I, to fast forward through it, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it was like some people. I couldn't watch, watch it. I could, when you when you when 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 it has a name, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. But Timothy, I just couldn't do it. I was just like, no, I can't watch this. Let's fast forward. Okay, they're not at dinner anymore. Let's. I can continue. I can kind of guess what happened here. Yeah, I mean that was that was hard to watch for some people. I can totally get why. 
Um, yeah, and and then we're out, we're introduced to to a new you know might be a a big turner for this show. I mean, a, a superpower pill possibly that might turn the tide for against you know Homelander. Uh, I I also think that. Um, Oh, I can't think of the one character's name who's not really afraid of Homelander. Uh, Esposito's character, uh, Stan Edgar. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't seem afraid of Homelander at all. Like, he has something up his sleeve that we don't know about, but he doesn't. He seems like the only person who's not really scared uh, of this guy. I was glad uh, to find out we find out who the head popper is, you know? Yeah, finally. Yeah. Um, you know the, the the you know the scene in the alley. We get to really see some of that shit. And oh my god, pretty- the way that they filmed that, you know, just like the way that they filmed that, like the other person involved in the altercation knows how that power is used and really tries to stop it from happening, and then you know, just to see like one part of the face explode. <laughs> It is yeah. Wow. Yeah. But like I, I I've I've heard of people come well, now I'm definitely not one of them, but people have been complaining, giving these this this show one star because of some of the nudity scenes we see. Like, grow the fuck up. If you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. There's nudity in everywhere. I mean I can't watch a goddamn HBO episode of Game of Thrones without seeing a dick. I got like, my dick out right now recording this podcast. Right now. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> right fucking now. You can't but see it, but it's here. My dick is just fully <laughs> out. I believe you. And as people just are so sensitive to it that they want to, you know, trash this show and give it one star, but it's already been renewed for another season. As far as I'm concerned, I'd rather see this this show just keep fucking going. I mean, I love this. Oh, we got they they've announced season four. It's coming back for four. So exactly. Prime Video loves the they love the the amount of views that this show's getting. I think this I think I think, you know, with the good word of mouth between seasons one and two, a lot of people are just probably I think they're watching that number grow. I, I, I you know, that announcement happened after episode three. I just think that they're seeing this show grow and more and more people are watching it. It's not like, you know, I don't think it's doing like Walking Dead numbers, but unlike The Walking Dead, it's not losing its audience. I think it's just fucking growing and growing. Yeah. And and even the scene that people are complaining about, isn't that also the same idea that people were throwing out for Endgame with Thanos and Ant-Man? Oh, like yeah. The- Somewhat of a similar idea. It was the hashtag Thanos. Yeah, probably those are the same people giving it a one-star review. It's like, chill the fuck out. Like, if you really are that uncomfortable with this show, then fucking turn it off. There's there's plenty of other, other, you know, plenty of other content out there for you to watch. Like, that's what I just don't get. If you don't like the show... Don't sit there and talk shit about it all goddamn day. I've been saying that same fucking thing about this very podcast. Jake, have I not been saying that for fucking nine years now? Uh, Yes, exactly. Exactly. And we still got fuckers out there hate listening to this fucking show and talking shit to me. 
Yeah, leaving reviews. It's like, you know, you want forth the effort of listening to a four-hour podcast, but then still wanting to shit on us. You know, fuck you. Yeah, right. You were ahead of your time with that, Brian. I mean, that problem's only gotten worse in the nine years since I, we started this podcast. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think, Jake, I really should just take it as a compliment that people are listening and that, and that, that uh, I can bring that reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. You know my opinion. That's exactly how you should feel. <laughs> Living in people's head, rent free. You know. Yeah, yeah they think about me, don't they, little fuckers? But yeah, absolute Tupperware for these 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 first few episodes. I hope the momentum just keeps fucking going because these guys. It seems like it's always been this way with this show. It seems like they're just always going a hundred miles an hour and they don't want to slow down. Uh, you know. Invincible was another show that's on there. Yeah, that's the. Same, I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean it's just going a hundred miles an hour in every episode. I'm just fucking satisfied. Unlike Obi Wan, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated that joke, Wade. Um, okay, let's uh, final. Th- I can't imagine Joe Stark getting any hate mail. Have you ever got? Oh, have you ever got yeah. any hate mail? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. You're so likable. <laughs> it's like I just want to. Oh, yeah. I just want to hug Joe con- Stark's voice. It's just like everybody loves you, and I, I. I can't imagine you getting hate mail. I get far more nice notes than than mean ones, but but no, I, I definitely get mean ones or people giving, you know, like. Like oh, I didn't appreciate that that you had this guest. It, usually, this happens if it's a female guest. I'll get messages from dudes like, "Oh, I didn't appreciate when she said this. I didn't think she did her research and blah blah blah." It's like, "All right, fine. Thank you for your incel opinion." You Ooh, I, ha- I hate now. when people complain about the guest. I think that's super fucking rude. It's it's one thing to have your opinion about the the people that are the hosts, but yeah, I, for, I, to write in about the guest, I think it's just fucking. Disgusting. I don't like it when people apparently like they love the show and then they fucking leave a bad review because of one of the guests. And yeah, or they tell us not to have a certain person on yep. again. I think that is the rudest fucking shit possible. Yeah, I want those people to fucking just fuck off and don't listen then because that yeah. person may or may not come back. And so just just don't listen. Yeah. Then you won't have to listen to that person. So all those fucking people who don't want me back next episode or maybe in a further episode, you know, let me Maybe those off, people don't you know? want to know the ending of every fucking show or movie, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually was getting ready to add the asterisk that I'm, I'm okay if you want to complain about Wayne. I mean, maybe people want a fucking surprise every once in a while. I can imagine you, like, handing a child a gift and saying, yeah, that's the Barbie dream home. Like, fuck, dude, I haven't even unwrapped the fucking thing, you asshole. Jesus Christ. It's Play-Doh? It's Play-Doh? Thanks. Can I unwrap it? You guys are great. (laughs) I'm fucking with you, Wayne. You got a snort out of Wayne there. I think that was... That's a win. Yeah. That's a win. I'll take that. I'll take those. Yeah, I, I don't. You don't need to apologize to him. He he's in on the joke. He's snorting over there. All right. So <laughs> my uh, last week, we, you know, took the week off, and uh, good thing we did because my power went out, and uh, so I was like, you know what? I don't. I don't. Dude, I. As fun as it sounds, like you know, sitting in the dark with my cats for the for three hours. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. So I drove uh, to the theater 
and uh, I caught a new movie, um, Watcher. Um, it it looks like it's going to end up on Shutter. There was a Shutter um, screen uh, as the movie started, so they had like the Shutter uh, logo, and so it looks like this will eventually end up on that service. Uh, it's a psychological thriller. But uh, Julia uproots her life in America to accompany her husband to Bucharest, Romania. As she spends more time alone, she notices a shadowy shadowy figure staring from the opposite block. Her curiosity turns to fear when she hears of a murderer in the area who has been beheading women throughout the city. So, yeah, it stars uh, Micah Monroe, and she was in... A movie I absolutely loved uh, called It Follows. Fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. Also stars uh, Carl Glusman and uh, Bern Gorman is in this one. Um, when I <laughs> when I interviewed Steve Kostansky, the one thing that I wish I would have asked Steve Kostansky is like, if he does make Psycho Gorman too, can he cast Bern Gorman in that movie? Just because, as Burn Gorman, because they share the same last name. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And make him like a relation to the main character, too. I don't know if I want him as a brother. I just want him as Burn Gorman, the actor. His name is Burn Gorman. And then, they, and then Psycho Gorman kills him. <laughs> there can be only one. There can only be one Gorman. <laughs> you know, just a brutal death of Burn Gorman. I like, I, Burn Gorman was not great in the Halo series. But I did like him. He was such a quirky, weird character in Pacific Rim. Um, and uh, I also uh, liked him quite a bit uh, in this. He reminds me of like a uh, like a dollar store Willem Dafoe. Anyway. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> you ordered Dafoe on Wish. Yeah, yeah. I ordered Dafoe and I got Gorman, Bird Gorman. Uh, anyway. I don't know why I got so excited there. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was like, maybe that'll add something to it. No, it didn't. It was weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, this uh, movie, uh, this uh, woman, Julia, she goes to Bucharest, Romania, and uh, uh, outside of, they're go- coming home one night, and outside of, like, uh, the city that they're living in, they see, like, you know, an ambulance and, and police cars and stuff like that. And uh, we find out that a woman had been murdered. And uh, as she looks out of her new window at night, she sees this man staring back at her. And this happens like multiple nights. And then she also feels like this same shadowy man that she sees is following her throughout the city when she's going out. And, you know, I mean, she doesn't have a job or uh, her husband's working there. She's there to support him and be with him, her husband. And she feels like this guy's following her. And everybody she tries to tell that, she thinks it's this guy that's following her. They think she's fucking crazy. And it's, it is, uh, this movie is a very, very slow burn to the point where I was like, if it doesn't land in the third act, I'm going to hate this movie because it's dragging. Like things are happening, but it's dragging. Like how is this going to climax? And, I'm telling you, stick it out because I fucking love the ending to this movie so much that I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It's you've got to watch the entire fucking thing because like like trust me, if Jake, if there wasn't the payoff at the end, 
I would have been, I would have been like, oh my God, I just spent fucking hour and 40 minutes watching this fucking movie. And then they give me that. And this movie fucking delivers on everything that I wanted at the end. I was just thinking to myself, I wish Wayne would have saw this so I could just hear what was up. I know. He would have just fucking told you. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, Wayne, this is how you do a fucking review without spoiling shit. Just, you got to fuck it. You just got to like, just tickle the clit a little bit. Just, you know, fucking breathe on the cock. You don't have to fucking put your whole goddamn mouth on the damn thing or jump on it and start riding. Just fucking breathe on it a little bit. That's all it really takes sometimes. It's just like a little tickle. Stay away from the ending. Just be like, you know, you could say like, uh, you know, like, uh, oh, the, you know, uh, I really enjoyed the ending. Or you could say, uh, sometimes even saying like, oh, the ending really surprised me. Sometimes that can spoil. It just depends on how you say it, Wayne. There's an art. There's an art to this, Wayne. It's not easy. It's something I struggled with for a real long time. I think it's one of the things I've gotten a lot better at in the last like 200 episodes. Well, it's it's it's, I, I, I always try to think about like, yeah, I've seen it and I know how it ends. But the other people haven't. And it's like, I want to be respectful of the people that might, like, maybe I fucking entice them enough to want to go see this fucking movie. And then I got fucking Wayne over here telling you the whole fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. Kind of, and when I toss something, I really stop caring too. Oh, I've noticed. Then you you, you use this fucking diary of the mouth and you'll spoil the ending. And so whatever. If I really want you to see something, though, I I, I want to keep that shit a secret. I know. But even the bad shit, you know, just just try to look out for people. I'm here for I'm trying to look out for people. So, you know, so, yeah, I've done it, too. I think, Jake, now that I think about it. Yeah. And I, I look at it like I'm trying to look out for people, too. I'm trying to make it so they don't watch this fucking shit. Yeah. Wayne, we're just I'm just busting your balls. It's it's kind of like that thing, like if the if the cat is pissing in a corner and then you spray him with the bottle, you know, that's that's all this is, Wayne. It's just right now you're you're pissing in a corner and I'm just like, "Uh, you can't stop that. And I'm spraying you with the bottle and it, it comes off. It comes off really harsh, but it comes from a place of love and a place of love of my carpet. Yeah, but I think I'm that dumb cat who just squints his eyes and just fucking takes it. Oh, man. (laughs) I think it's time to put Scruffles to sleep. Oh, no. Yeah, I could buy Scruffles. (laughs) All right, that's all I got. It's called called Watcher, and uh, it might still be in theaters. If not, uh, definitely highly recommend this one on Video On Demand. I'm telling you... not everybody's going to like this now. The, the, uh, not everybody is going to like this, though. Uh, I think for me, it had such a, a, a wonderful ending that all this stuff that I had seen before, it just, it really did its job and it really hit me. So, um, yeah, if you're into psychological thrillers, this is the true definition of a psychological thriller. It's like, is she just losing her mind? Are these things really happening? the characters in the movie are asking the question you're asking the question it's it's a real psychological thriller so yeah i tupperware it though um anyway uh well let's uh let's take a quick break we're gonna come back and do uh news and marvel news and and all that crap we'll be right back fucking old school
beats are so fresh. Snap! Hey, we're back. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, Jake. Yay! Hey, we're back! <laughs> what is this? A fucking. What is going on here? <laughs> yeah, we're not really that excited. No. Even if I was excited for anything, I should never be speaking <laughs> in that voice, Jake. There's no there's no justifying that voice. <laughs> hey, we're back. A helium, maybe. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but without being a uh, you know partaking in helium, that should not be happening right now. Hey, we're back, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> what if we got a one star over that? I really. I, 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 I was just. <laughs> thinking about that i really didn't appreciate the helium jokes in the last episode i was real offended (laughs) i work i work on a i work on a helium factory my uncle died from a helium yeah yeah (laughs) he he floated away and we (laughs) (laughs) i uh, we we no none of us could jump that high and uh (laughs) <laughs> we lost Uncle Bobby that day. <laughs> like that, like that. it's like, it's like the, it's like a really bad version of that movie Up, isn't it? <laughs> I was thinking of Grandpa Joe and uh, Willy Wonka. Was oh, what yeah. I was imagining when he almost goes into the fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Uncle Bobby tangled up in some treetops four counties away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, that's a weird way to get, to get into the news, there, Jake, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe one of the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking waste of time, guys. Uh, let's see. Here. It is the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's the leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Uh, Jake, I keep wondering, like, when I'm going to act my age. You know what oh, I mean? I don't think it's ever going to happen. Do you think I, I'm going to? Do you think? Do you think I'm going to be like this in my fucking like deep eighties? Let's say I make yeah, it that far. I do. I do. I do. I think <laughs> it's it's Peter Pan syndrome for sure. <laughs> You're never growing up, kid. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking child. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, no man in their 40s should be acting like this, Jake. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous behavior. I am, no, I'm with it. I'm with it. If you grow up, I don't want to be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've there's, – no, there's going to be a day where I literally just like – I don't know why I hang on to the friends that I have. I'm going to age out of everybody. Like there's going to be a day where like, you know, like everybody – like people are in their, in their 60s and I'm over here being like, ah, and people are going to be like, what the fuck, man? I'm fuck. I'm fucking. I didn't have a bowel movement today, dude. And you're doing that shit. I haven't taken a shit all week. I, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I am so old. Things aren't working on me anymore. And I got to listen to this jackass over there using that tone of voice. Ridiculous. Talking about helium and Uncle Bobby floating away. What the fuck is wrong with you? I. I. I have cancer. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> dark. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. <laughs> Moving on. Did I did I did I play the How he- did it get weirder after the bumper than it was <laughs> before the I don't know, Jake. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. A lot of life's right. mysteries. I am a ridiculous human being. I feel sorry for whatever the person whose story is. It has a lot to follow, I think. Oh, Neff Campbell's not coming back to Scream 6. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you better pay Neff. Neff wants her money. She's like, uh, yeah, no, this comes from comingsoon.net. Neff Campbell won't return for Scream 6, uh, issues a statement. Sadly, I won't be making the next Scream film. As a woman, I've had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. It's been a very difficult decision to move on. To all my Scream fans, I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive to me. I'm forever grateful to you and to what this franchise has given me over the past 25 years. Jake, do you think that this might backfire on her and scream six starts off with the funeral of uh sydney yeah i mean i think i respect the decision that she made but i think some of the defense of it is a little bit laughable um i've seen a lot of people you know say like how can you do this she's the face of the franchise and i'm like you know the face of the franchise literally has the word face in its name and it's ghost face and, uh, you know, as much as Sydney is meant to this franchise, I like any horror movie franchise like this, like slasher franchise, it, it can go on without Sydney. Um, so, yeah, I think it will backfire. I I don't think they're going to pay her more money or it's going to be like a big petition thing or anything. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, though. I, I really didn't want a Scream sequel in the first place after the last one. And uh I don't know. I don't know if I'm more excited or less excited without Sydney. My whole thing is like, uh, you know, I she hasn't worked a lot in, in a lot of stuff that I've seen in a long time. I think like the thing that I remember her for before this last Scream movie was uh, the Dwayne Johnson. Was it Skyscraper? She played his wife in that one. That's I mean that's okay. that's it man. I mean it was like and I'm sure she's been in a lot of other stuff since then but it it's you know probably like you know like those those off She's in that those, she's in that new Lincoln Lawyer series. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. So, but I'm talking about like I'm talking about the like the last 20 years. You know, I I just haven't seen her really pushed into the forefront in some in a lot of you know, movies and stuff. And I'm sure she's done stuff, but it's been like, you know, those B movies that you see Bruce Willis in. You know what I mean? Just like that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just think like it. this might, she probably wants to get more money out of this. And, I, you know, you know, more power to her. I hope she gets it. But it could backfire on her where they just fucking kill her character at the beginning of the movie. Like they say she died of something, you know, maybe a big fucking truck hit her or something. Maybe she fucking got... A bunch of helium, and she floated. She floated away. <laughs> she burned up in the sun. We don't. I know. mean, that's good. That's good storytelling because then you don't have to show a body. 
Right. Yeah. You don't even need to, you don't need the actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would that almost be petty on their part to just, well, okay, well, we're going to kill off your character. Nah, well, it, I mean, I, this goes back, I, I'm sure it even goes back further, but I remember when, um, uh, Valerie, you remember that series, Jake, Valerie? And then it eventually became the Hogan family. Anyway, that actor, Valerie, she, I can't remember her last name off the top of my head. I apologize. Her real name is Valerie, though, I believe. Um, she wanted more money after the first or second season to do that show. And they said, no, we're not going to pay you that much. And so next season, they killed the mom off. And so, I mean, they, oh, we fucking saw it with the Roseanne shit. That was the Sandy Duncan show, right? Where she took over? Well, Sandy Duncan took over, yeah, as like uh, um, uh, his sister. And then the next season, it was called Valerie's Family. And then and then she fucking, I think she sued him over that, still using her name. And then the next season, it was finally the the Hogan family. And that's what they settled on. But, um, I mean, they killed her off. That was an 80s fucking sitcom. So... This shit does happen, Joe. I don't know if it would happen here and scream, but like maybe they won't explain what happened to her and, and hoping that she'll eventually come back to the franchise or something. But they could be assholes, dude, and just fucking kill her off. Yeah, well, I'm picturing it like as like some network executive that's really pissed off about it because, you know, the writer of this, well, at least in a lot of the interviews that they did, they were talking about how they were such a huge fan of the original material and so they wanted to be really careful with you know, how they present those legacy characters in this new one and stuff. So I'd imagine that he's a fan of her. And so I'm picturing him reluctantly holding the pen and the network executive like Palpatine, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it may, it might come down to like how these negotiations, how civil they were. If, if they were, if they weren't, if it got pretty heated, they might just fucking kill the character off. Yeah, oh, totally. But it does feel like it would be a petty move. <laughs> they were really fast-tracking this shit, too. From from all accounts that I've read, they already had the screenplay written. So it's massive rewrite time. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Wow. So. Well, so her character was reluctant to be in the last one. Why, why does she keep getting involved? She had kids and everything. Yeah, true. I think the the story might be better off if it if it shifts away and it's like a whole new group of people. Honestly, oh but, yeah, now no, it's they they left this whole thread of like the daughter of Billy and her seeing her dead dad and all that shit, Jake. I know, I know. I hopefully this next one's the last one. It wraps all that up, and then maybe five six years later we can completely do it with new people. Let's see here. Uh, news from TV line. Hey, Wayne, do you want to spoil the first Scream movie? Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was Matthew Lillard and that other guy. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like in the second one when it was Aunt Jackie. Oh, brother. <laughs> news from tv line uh stranger things cre- uh stranger things creators tease an unavoidable final season time jump so yeah it looks like we're 
I'm gonna be doing a time jump. What do they What do they say here? Uh, as a Stranger Things, <laughs> as Stranger Things fans tick off the days until the release of season four, part two, uh, on Friday, July first, the series creators, the Duffer Brothers, are also counting down to the fifth and final season of their record-breaking Netflix hit. "Quote: I'm not sure we're ready to say yet a start date for shooting, uh, but uh, a lot of it is pretty well mapped out." Um, Stranger Things Volume Four. Uh, uh, season four, volume one, Netflix streaming. Oh, sorry. I should not have put that in my notes. Uh, anyway, which is not to say that what he and sibling Ross have planned won't be altered before or as the cameras begin to roll. Quote, we learn a lot every time we make a season, says Matt. We've learned a lot just working with all our uh, all of our new actors and the ones that we've worked with for a long time over this year. So I'm sure it'll change a little bit from that outline. Um, the ending is the hard thing, he adds. That's obviously the stressful thing. We really want to stick the landing. Uh, at least one aspect of season five does sound like it's written in stone. Given how quickly the show's young leads are growing up, I'm sure we will do a time jump, says Ross. Ideally, we'd have shot seasons four and five back to back, but there was just no feasible way to do that. And so it looks like uh, season five, when we do get to season five, they're going to be uh, doing a time jump. This last season, we were in 86. What do you think? you think they're going to skip over 87, go straight to 88? I don't know. I, I think it might be a bigger one. It sounds like the writers are really saying here. I don't think we're leaving the 90s. I don't think we're leaving the 80s, though, Jake. As far as I think they go, it would be 89. I don't think they're leaving the 80s. Just the tone of this press release, though, really gave it a, like, we have to do it. We didn't want to. The actors have aged out of the years they're supposed to be. So our hand is forced, and we're doing this time jump. So if they're going to do it, they're going to try to make it so everything's believable again yeah, as it's far not as the like, ages. The kids, are, they still, they're still fucking. They still can look like kids. I think you could get away with having them being seniors. Okay. Yeah, I just I don't see why they would even bother though. What what are they now? What are their? Weren't they freshmen? Uh, really, they were freshmen. I guess I never wrapped my brain around that. I, they talk about when they met them as freshmen, but it seems like time had already passed. Was that just late in the freshman year? They were friends with everybody, like I, Eddie and whatnot. I have I Jake. I don't know ages of kids, man. I can't. Remember. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just. I, I don't know ages of kids either. I'm just, I don't remember in the context of the show if they ever said what grade they were in. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't know if I, if I see them jumping into the 90s. Are they going to be jumping into the 90s and have these kids? I, like I could see it. I, I feel like just the tone of this is like, we have to do it. So if they're going to do it, they're going to make everything logistic again. Maybe they'll go to 1990 and we can see them all in hammer pants. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just, man, taking them out of high school, like, how are you going to get? That's just an easy way to keep all these kids kind of together. It's like the high school of it all, unless they're all just going to community college. But it, I can't imagine that they all would. You'd think that they would get scholarships to different schools and blah, blah, blah. I just think it's just so much easier to write for these 
actors. Yeah, I mean, maybe the final season, since they're going to do this time jump, is going to have like very much a latter half of it feel. Oh, fuck off. No. I'm just predicting. Oh, God. (laughs) Where they all get. They all meet up at the fucking Chinese restaurant. I don't know. No. Yeah. The rock with the spider. I know. I want this to. I like how it does pull from like other things, but. I don't know. Yeah, I think it already owes a little bit of a debt to it. I know. I'm just saying they need to. It it totally does. It totally does. And it owes a debt to Dungeons and Dragons and this last season, definitely Nightmare on Elm Street. But I, 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 to have it just so close to from them just being in high school and then we do like this massive time jump to like where they're out of school and in colleges and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I don't like this. Maybe we'll have a better idea of our opinion on this after the last two episodes as well. Uh, I suppose. I mean, it's, you know, they're still finishing up those episodes now. They're trying to get it all ready and out there by July 1st. Um, That's why they didn't come out with everything all at once. They're still working on those last two episodes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. I just thought they did it for suspense. No, no. The quote is... um, uh, so these are all the discussions we're going to have with our writers. Then we start the room up. He continues, believe it or not, we're still working on season four. We're trying to finish the final two episodes. Uh, they're, they're so massive. Yeah. They, they wanted to have it all come out at the same time, but they hadn't, they hadn't finished the effects and all that shit. And on the, on the last two episodes. So that's why there's the, the wait. but, uh, net, uh, Comicbook.com, uh, Netflix developing Ghostbusters series. So, yeah, uh, Netflix is uh, developing a new Ghostbusters animated series. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, there's some other announcements. That, uh, there was that Ghostbusters convention that happened over, I think, last week. Yeah, Ghostbusters Day celebration. A lot of stuff was announced. We're getting a Ghostbusters animated series. Jason Reitman and Gil Keenan are executive producing it. They also announced a sequel to Afterlife. And, um, yeah, uh, Wayne, are you a big fan of Ghostbusters? Do you care about Netflix animated Ghostbusters series? I'm a big fan of Ghostbusters. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the third one with the women in it, but the newer one I really, really liked uh a a car a tv show i mean didn't they have a cartoon back in the 80s yeah too uh, they had yeah, ghostbusters I mean, and the real ghostbusters yeah so are are we talking just like a reboot basically of that i mean can that work again in this time period or what are we what are we talking about when we talk animated like are we talking with all new characters are we talking with the original you know cast uh, you know, that's what I kind of want to know a little bit more detail on this, but I don't think we're getting, I don't think we're getting the original cast, like, or even actors to, you know, of course, you know, (sighs) I don't, I don't think that Murray would be interested in voicing a cartoon character at this point, unless it's fucking Garfield. (laughs) Yeah. I, I see all new voices, all new, you know, cast, you know, even newer cast from what we had in the last movie, even, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, why not? 
it, it would be interesting. I guess while the Ghostbusters, you know, IP is still kind of hot, I guess they're going to still try to strike while they can get something out of it. Um, so, yeah, why the hell not, right? It's from Sony Pictures Animation, which that has me excited. I mean, I loved what they did with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And so, I mean, uh, Ghostbusters, you know, with with hopefully somebody with a vision over there and some great artists. I mean, because the art style in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, you know, the, 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 that, those movies are beautiful so hopefully they'll put a lot of money into this i'd like to see something something cool at the animation style and um yeah i think uh you know i i've enjoyed the netflix animated stuff i uh, like the masters of the universe and castlevania and so and you know i don't think you can go wrong with what sony did with uh fucking spider-man so yeah i'll mm-hmm. i'll give this a shot what yeah, this could be cool. Um, I'm not necessarily very excited without. I'm kind of in Wayne's camp here, where I, I really need to see like where we're going with this, what the tone is going to be, what it's going to look like. But I mean, if it's the best of expectations, it could be really cool. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I mean, I really have to see more about what the plot's actually going to be about. Um, I know the original cartoon has a like a place in in my nostalgic heart. I've not revisited it since I was a child, so I don't know how it actually is. But I remember it's really bad. liking it. Is it pretty bad? <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, terrible. I, I watched it recently. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, that that was like when I went went back and tried to rewatch He Man. I didn't even make it through a whole episode. <laughs> wow, this was really bad. <laughs> it's just terrible. like all Slimer fart jokes, and it's <laughs> it's really juvenile and stupid. Do you remember? Uh, did you watch the Slimer series? I did. Yeah, I love that it too. too. Yeah. I loved it when I was a kid. I'm sure it's fucking and the dumb as shit. And everything. Yeah, I was man. I was into the Ghostbusters when I was a kid. I've I've not seen Afterlife yet. I, I didn't see the one prior to that either. But hearing all the positive reviews on Afterlife, it's on my list to to get to at some point. I loved it. I thought it was fun. It was great. I thought it was pretty meh. Oh, I loved it. I I I love that movie so much. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, news from FireWireBlog.com. It sounds like Ted Lasso is going to end with Season 3. Um, Ted Lasso star and writer Brett Goldstein has said that the third season of the Beloved series is being written as though it's the final season. Uh, Goldstein, who co-writes Ted Lasso and plays the character of Roy Kent, told the Sunday Times that the series was planned to be three seasons. Quote, we are writing it like that. Uh, it was planned as three. Spoiler alert. Everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this lines up with comments from series co-creator and lead actor Jason Sudeikis, who told Entertainment Weekly that he envisioned the third season as the last. The third season is currently in production and will premiere later this year. You know, a lot of people are upset about this. You know, it's like they love this show. And for me, I'm just thinking, man, this it's a fucking tight three, dude. I'll take it instead of this shit going on for six seasons and then us not liking let's say like oh man you know fucking season five wasn't good or you know and like how are they gonna end this it's like i just give me a fucking tight three that i can revisit you know so i'm okay with this news Uh, yeah it's gonna kind of suck not spending more time with ted lasso but you know um 
I'm fine with it as long as they give us just a phenomenal third season. I, you know, I, I for the most part, I really, really, really loved season two. So I'm fine with this news. I agree with all that. Go ahead. I, I'll add that Jake uh, Sudeikis is a super creative guy. And I'm excited to see what he'll do next. You know, I don't want to see him get typecast or trapped into Ted Lasso forever. And I, too, will take the the tight three and be excited to see his next project. Yeah, the, the writers have given us nothing but gold, really, so far, in my opinion. So I trust them to know when enough is enough story wise. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've 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 absolutely loved Ted Lasso. Season one, season two. They're great. Um and if if they feel like the story ends on season three, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Why keep fucking going with this? I mean, there's so much other content on Apple. I think Apple will be fine with it. That's, you know, and, and Apple might even have them come back and do something else for them. You know, they've got a great relationship, I'm sure. But it's like, you know, Showtime was just like, fuck, we, we don't, the only thing we got is Dexter. Let's, uh. Let's make another Dexter season. So <laughs> they even resurrected that fucking show again. And so you know, as long as uh, as long, what do you think, Wayne? Are you are you a Ted Lasso guy? I love Ted Lasso. I mean, like Ted Lasso just seems like a guy you would just want to be your friend. I mean, that guy just always brings nothing but positive around. Like I just love that show because it really has no bad guy in it. I mean, the closest thing we have to a bad guy is, what, Nathan now at the end of the series? I mean, I, I thought that was pretty quick, the way that season ended with his character. Uh, we, you know, kind of like a quick left turn. But I'm really excited for season three. If they want to end on a high note, then let's end on a high note. Let's not – I don't want to see this show drag out to where f- f- season four is shit, season five is shit. Maybe we get a good season six. Like, no, let's end it on a good note. It really sucks to see it go. But, I mean, maybe we'll get something better down the road. I mean, Apple TV does have so much other content on there. I mean, yeah, let's let's end this one on a high note and let's focus on something else. I will say that Ted Lasso has had its fair share of bad guys in the in the series i mean jamie tart started off that way i would say that the female owner of the team started off that way um her husband who is you know starting up his own team is is definitely a bad guy i think a lot of them have really just kind of been changed by the relationship that they formed with ted you know Mm -hmm. whether it be for the good or the bad like what we saw in season two but um yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible fucking show and uh yeah, sad to see it go, but um you know, all good things must come to an end, people. Sometimes what you want, you always want more 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 and then you get it and it's just not good. And if they say they've only yeah. got 3 seasons and you still want more and you get that 4th season and it's just like, "Ooh, I don't like this season of Ted Lasso." It's your fucking fault. You're part yeah, of the why problem. Why did they send Ted Lasso to space? This is real yeah. dumb. It's part of the pro- you're part of the problem. Um, <laughs> let's move. I do I have any? Oh yeah, I got one DC news story. Um, we will move into Marvel news. Marvel 
Deadpool news. All right, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the duo behind uh, the previous Deadpool movies at 20th Century Studios, want to reassure fans the third won't pull any punches. Both scribes are working on a third entry for the director, Sean Levy, uh, director of Free Guy, <clears throat> with the project marking the first to be made under the ownership of Disney. Speaking with THR, Wernick says Deadpool is going to be Deadpool. Uh, Reese explains there are no plans to make the tone more family-friendly. Quote, they've been very supportive with regard to that. Now, when it comes to a particular joke, if we cross a line, maybe we'll hear at some point. Maybe not that joke. But I think they've been incredibly supportive of what we're doing. Uh, because, obviously, we were doing it separate from them for a long time. And I think they've seen the success, and they've had their own even greater success. So hopefully it'll be a marriage made in heaven. But we've definitely got their support, and that's a great thing to feel. Um, Reese also says that uh, we're absolutely finding the serendipity and the gold in terms of now being set up at Disney, but won't go into any story details. The pair penned, up, uh, penned the upcoming Chris Hemsworth-led thriller Spiderhead, uh, which uh, hits Netflix this month. So, yeah, they're saying they're not going to pull any punches, um, maybe, maybe a headline in the, in, in a couple months will be, uh, um, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, uh, leave Deadpool over creative decisions or <laughs> creative differences or something, <laughs> but hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully, hopefully Disney won't fucking make Deadpool more family friendlier or, oh, let's make it PG 13. Cause I don't think you can, I don't think you can do that at this point with that character. And it didn't work when they did, like, the Christmas version, which was, you know, the Deadpool 2 thing where they had, like, a limited release of this Christmas version where it was PG-13. You know, Deadpool 2 wasn't as fantastic as the first one anyway, but making the character PG-13 is kind of bullshit. And so, yeah, I feel less worried about this right now, so... Yeah, it didn't give me 100% no worry, though, especially with those comments about how, like, well, maybe if we write this certain joke, we'll see if they come back and say, please, not that one. Like, I wish they would have not said shit like that. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, will Disney let, you know, a scene where Ryan Reynolds is getting pegged fly in their movie? (laughs) Right? Yeah, it makes me think that they're... It, they're still a little bit neutered. Like there, to me, there was that hint of we're a little bit neutered because of the new owners in that, in that interview. And that's worrisome. What are you thinking, Joe? I think as long as they keep the character rated R, then they're going to be good to go. But I do agree that if they try and tone this down just to get more family viewers, I, I just, I don't think it would be near as successful. Um, the the blueprints right there in the first movie, you know, this is how the character works. You you've got to do this level of jokes and let him do this. Otherwise, you know, I mean, there's gonna be a, there's a lot of audience expectation already. Deadpool fans are all over the place, and those movies were very well received, especially the first one. Mm-hmm. And man, if you if you go and give down some give us some watered down version of it, I understand giving like a slightly watered down version of the character if he's going to show up in other yes. PG-13 stuff. And that's fine. That's yeah. where that version of the character can exist. But for his own solo series, keep it rated R. Keep it true to the character. That, that It's one of the few characters that Fox did a bang-up job establishing. So don't fix something. Don't try to fix something that's not broken. 
Will this be a Marvel Studios production or will it say 20th Century Studios? <laughs> I could see them one. <laughs> Maybe if they do let them really go for it, <laughs> trying to distance themselves from it just a little Are bit. Are we going to see Deadpool in the Marvel logo as it's spinning on the screen? Oh my God, that'd be wild. Yeah. My, gu- my gut says no, but it'd be really cool if we were. Mm-hmm. I mean, during Ms. Marvel, you see Moon Knight there now, too. Oh, yeah, the most hardcore thing they've ever done. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> Jake, oh, I've, I've, oh, I had to avert my eyes sometimes. You gave me PTSD when you brought it up. Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. It was very, very, it was brutal, man. It was a br- that's some brutal shit. I haven't seen that level of violence since uh, the Raid films. <laughs> 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 wow, Wayne, Deadpool three. Yes, are, are, are these do these comments? Uh, do they? Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about? The, are you worried? Are you less worried? Are you more worried? Are you? What's going on? You know what? They need to keep it rated R because a PG thirteen Deadpool sounds as fun as much fun as a a sandpaper dildo. It's just not fucking fun. I, I didn't enjoy the PG-13 version, and I don't think I, from here going forward, I don't think I'll ever be able to enjoy a PG-13 version of Deadpool. I mean, why can't we have rated R uh, uh, comic book you know, movies? I mean, you, it's it should be the parents' responsibility. You know, this is a rated R. You shouldn't take your fucking kid to this movie. End of discussion. Like, why should the rest of us suffer by, you know, babying this thing up to a PG-13 just because it's more family friendly? You know, I'm sorry, but uh, fuck that. I would like I'd much more rather prefer the rated R version. And I, I hope they continue with that. And it, like like Joe said, if it's not broken, don't fucking fix it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, kids. Deadpool is not for you. Deadpool is for. <laughs> Mommies and daddies. <laughs> tough shit. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it like, is. There's t- tough crap. Like, there's just some things that just kids can't see until they're older. I don't give and- a fuck if your uh, mascot is a cute little fucking mouse with gloves. Deadpool is a is a rated R character. That's the way it's been established in these movies. And if you pull back on that now. With the, with the same actor and the same writing team, uh, people are going to revolt, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I think I hope that Disney loves money as much as I think they love money, and they're not going to fuck with this. That's really yeah, all that it comes you. down to. Disney loves money. Let's not lie here, okay? Oh yeah, don't, I mean, don't misconstrue what I was saying. I do think it's going to be rated R, but those quotes do make me think like they're they're not going to put their all into it. They're not going to push the envelope as much as they would if they were under a different banner. I think they I, I think they should, and it'd be nice to hear that fucking Kevin Feige and the rest of fucking Disney had their backs and was pushing the censors on this shit too. Seeing as yeah, much. I'd love to hear it the other way around. Where yeah, they're like, hey, are you holding back because of us? We want you to go for it. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get that story. I, I, I that's <laughs> what that's what I like though. I mean, I, I would like Disney and and Feige and everybody 
to push the censors on what they can get away with in this fucking movie. Make it the dirtiest of them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love I it. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. And Disney should have their fucking back. Uh, anyway, uh, this was retweeted by My Time to Shine Hello on Twitter, so it might have some validity. Uh, it comes from srpreport.wordpress.com. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, I know it's they couldn't Jake they couldn't even fuck it they couldn't even spend the money on their fucking website domain to get the wordpress.com taken out uh, Jake yeah. pop culture <laughs> leftovers I publish it through wordpress but I paid for the domain so I don't have that dot wordpress dot whatever bullshit in there when you go, to, you just go to popcultureleftovers.com. You don't have to type in popcultureleftovers.wordpress.com. Money well spent. Anyway, they say Star Fox solo project in, uh, in development. After recently appearing in Eternals, it looks like this isn't the end of Star Fox, uh, a character played by singer-actor Harry Styles. So it looks like they're talking about a um, Harry Styles recently played Star Fox... Uh, Marvel Studios reportedly has around 24 unannounced projects, and now the SRP report has exclusively learned about one of those projects that Marvel Studios is working on. While first appearing in Eternals in the post credit scene, fans wondered if Harry Styles may appear in other MCU projects. Now this rumor is looking to be very likely because the SRP report.wordpress.com has exclusively learned. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's how I'm going to refer to them. From now on, they call they call themselves the SRP Report. I'm going to call them the SRP Report. WordPress.com. They deserve it. They deserve it. Uh, the SRP Report. has exclusively learned that a Star Fox Eros solo project is in development. They keep repeating themselves here. All right, get to get to the announcement. Jesus Christ! I thought that they, I thought they were going to talk about this being a TV, uh, a Marvel's Disney Plus series. They don't. They just go into the... I don't know. That's a dumb story. <laughs> it's like they keep repeating all those keywords yeah. to show up in search results. <laughs> they, it's like, it's like they, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like uh, let's uh, we gotta we gotta use these words for search engine optimization, and then <laughs> and, and then they they don't. That's all they know about this. They only the only thing they they know is that there's a Star Fox something in development. And so they, they tell you about the announcement four times, and then they give you a background on the character of Star Fox slash Eros and him being Thanos' brother and all that crap. Anyway. I mean, that's classic <clears throat> my time to shine hello kind of information. Like, they get the information out there before there's an actual any word of no, 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 no. my t- press. Oh, hold, 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 hold on, Jake. My time to shine hello would have just tweeted something like, I hear a Star Fox movie slash series is in early development. This is 17 paragraphs of reiterating the fact that Star Fox is getting a fucking movie or a show. They say it literally here like four or five times, and then they just break down the character. So, um, my bad, that is dumb. Yeah, it's it's very stupid, uh, but yeah, it looks like a. I don't. I'm telling you, I don't care if they follow up with anything that happened in the Eternals. <laughs> mm. Mm. 
Dude, I'm right yeah. there with you. That thing can pretty much just disappear quietly. And I I don't think I would complain. I'd ever be like, what, what would they ever do with those characters? Like, nah. I'm honestly surprised that they are following up anything from it this quickly. So that's pretty wild. Wayne, were you a huge fan of the Eternals? Uh, unfortunately, no, I was not. Just like the rest of the fucking world. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, that was a rough one to watch. I fell asleep twice watching that. Uh, but I eventually finished it. Uh, yeah, I'm not... When you said, what, Star, Star Fox? I, I was thinking, like, Super Smash Brothers Star Fox. You know, that's what I was... Do like, a barrel oh. roll. Yeah, I was more excited about that kind of a movie. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, not not that interested. I could really give a shit less, to be honest. I honestly, I feel stupid for even bringing the story up, guys. Like that's it's a, no, that's bad on me. <laughs> that's bad on me. I fucked up there. I feel like <laughs> we'd have missed out on all those WordPress jokes. Though. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> SRPReport.wordpress.com. <laughs> hey guys, remember to head on out to srpreport.wordpress.com. How could you forget? Oh my god. I, f- I actually just want to send a donation to them and tell them to lose the WordPress. Here guys, here's a hundred bucks. Get that the fuck out of your fucking domain name. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'll go half on that insult. God. Um,. Yeah, it looks like uh, this comes from ComingSoon.net. Uh, Marvel Studios Thunderbolts sets director and writer. Uh, yeah, Thunderbolts, uh, the, the movie, has found its director. Uh, Deadline is reporting that Jake Schreier has been tapped to direct the extremely top-secret project with uh, Black Widow screenwriter Eric Pearson also attached to write the script. And um, do, we, do we know what uh, Jake Schreier's done? I don't, I don't think they put it here in this... News release. He did Paper Towns in 2015. Yeah. I never saw that. Robot and Frank is his number one movie on IMDb that came out in 2012. I saw that. It's not terrible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It had Peter Sarsgaard in it and <laughs> creepy Frank Langella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, this is going to be a live-action Thunderbolts movie. Uh, probably going to be getting uh, Baron Zemo here and uh, some of the other recruits that uh, Val has been uh, accruing throughout these movies. You know, Yelena Belova, Ghost, possibly, I think. Uh, the Abomination, U.S. Agent, and uh, uh, who's the other one? Is that, uh, am I missing anybody? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Is Ghost... Uh, I, uh, did they just put Ghost in here? No, they're saying Ghost could appear. Yeah, so Ghost could appear from the Ant-Man and Wasp movie. Um, but, um, yeah, I hope it's good. I like that it's a movie and not a Disney Plus show. Thank God, right? Yeah. yeah. That got uh, me excited. I have... I, I'm really... I w- now that we've gotten more of these Disney Plus shows, I'm really worried about Secret Invasion. Yeah, for sure that it's going to be like almost Defenders level cheesy and not worth it. Oh, that's bleak, dude. Defenders level. 
But <laughs> my biggest disappointment with the Disney Plus shows so far has been the the CGI because it's just not that it's not the same level as the movies. And it's like, why are you saying that that these shows are you know important and part of your canon and all that when it's like you're not putting as much effort into them it seems like i think it's watering down the brand joe to sell more fucking subscriptions to the streaming service i i I don't think you're wrong at all and yeah it does feel like it's just being used as a tool it is it is you had said earlier about you know they need to just kind of hold their horses i think you're right i think they need to hold their like when you were talking about the star fox thing earlier i kept thinking to myself i'm like do i even give a shit like I, I didn't really care when he showed up in that post credit scene. We're getting a Star Fox movie or series if this rumor is true. And like, how long have we been begging for a Nova? Anything? And oh, then, right. It's and, like why they need to. I mean, less is more when when the less you're giving is is at least high quality. And it's like you know I'm I'm one of the MCU's biggest fans, so I tend to take a lot of it with a grain of salt and you know like a lot of the content a lot more than than maybe most other sane fans would but like i I can also admit their faults and you know disney plus hasn't been a knockout success in terms of quality and you're right it is watering it down let me throw this out to you joe me and you both absolutely loved shang chi yeah what if shang chi was a fucking six episode series I don't. It probably would have sucked. <laughs> I mean, because I can't imagine. I I thought the movie was perfect, and I'm not even one of the haters of the 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 third act. Um, the third act would have been way worse in a on a six episode TV show. <laughs> Can you imagine what the dragon would have looked like, or the yeah. the ultimate soul sucker, or whatever that thing was called? I'm 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 really not. I'm I'm not as high on these Disney Plus shows as I as I was. I, I, I let me say this. Let me just kind of put it all into kind of this is how I'm looking at it. And you guys can disagree and that's completely fine, but I'm going to stand by this. I still think that first season of Daredevil and even Daredevil season three is better than anything we've ever gotten from Disney Plus as far as the uh, Marvel series. For sure. For sure. I would agree with you on that, because especially that first season of Daredevil, I just recently rewatched it and man, it holds up really, really well. I'd, I'd watch season three over everything. I think like the closest thing after that is probably the Loki series. And I love that just because I got to spend more time with Tom Hiddleston's character and I love Sylvie and all that other stuff. Um, but I don't think that there's a, I don't think there's a, a series on Disney Plus that can compete with that daredevil series and that was that was just a fucking netflix production and they didn't use all the cgi it was it was all fucking practical i mean it i don't know that's just how yeah that daredevil season one like it was fucking magic like you're right we haven't like felt that level of holy shit quite yet i don't think yeah i and I mean, everybody was tweeting about that i was going nuts for the series I, i couldn't put it down so, Wayne, it sounds like you don't agree, man. What fucking what uh-huh. Disney Plus series has just fucking blown your fucking dick away? Well, it definitely wasn't Obi Wan, that's for sure. No, I'm talking about Marvel stuff now. Mm, Marvel stuff, okay. 
Well, I mean, I really did love the Loki series. Uh, I, I know I'm going to get heat for this, but I wasn't a huge fan of, of WandaVision in the very beginning. It took me a while to like it. Uh, towards the end, I really liked it. But... I'll take that. You know, no, I, I'll, I'll be... I'm more... At this point... <sighs> I do feel like they're just throwing out so much stuff. And now I'm getting worried about, I'm getting, I'm really getting worried about like um, properties that I love from Marvel and hearing that, you know, it's going to be a series now because, you know, like I'm scared to death that they're going to say like, we we're guess what? We're giving you a Nova series and I don't want to fucking know. I want a Nova movie. Exactly. Yeah, I want epic fucking Nova sci-fi. Yeah, like huge cosmic stories. And, you know, that's what I want. And I'm almost scared at this point for, like, what I, what project they're going to announce next that they're going to throw on Disney+. Plus. It's like, even this, even for as much as I enjoyed Ms. Marvel, I'm, at, the, at the end of it, I'm going to have to really sit back and think to myself, would I have enjoyed this more as a two-hour movie? Yeah, true enough, true enough. I think I think Ms. Marvel may end up being one of the most perfect ways to do a Disney Plus show though. We don't know like that it, yet though, Jake. We've saw we've seen one episode out of this yeah, whole thing. Yeah, but just if the if the stakes don't get too big, I it, I can see that working working a lot better than a lot of this stuff. Who wants you know, stakes that aren't too big in one of these? I mean, we want these we want these shows to have no, the stakes can be huge for the character without being huge for the universe, though. Oh, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that every fucking movie needs to have huge fucking ramifications to the universe. That's not 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 all these movies should do that. A Daredevil movie sure as hell shouldn't be, a, you know, huge ramifications for the rest of the universe. But I mean, I don't know. I I I guess we'll just we'll cross that bridge once all. I'm getting really down on all the just the oversaturation of Marvel stuff that's coming out. I'm, it used to yeah, be there's never a break anymore. Never used, a break. It used to be event. And now it's, it, you know, like we'd have to I mean, think about it. We got when it started, it got we got one movie a year and then it was like, OK, two movies a year. That's awesome. Guys, we're getting like four movies a year and we're already on fucking the seventh season the uh, the seventh new show. It's like so much. Still, do you still feel like we're playing catch up from COVID? I mean, like, do you think this is going to steady out eventually? That we're going to get them more spread out? No, I think if anything, we'll get more. Yeah, I mean, we literally had Obi Wan and and Miss Marvel like overlapping each other mm-hmm. with release dates, and that's not normal. Yeah, yeah. Man, it it does concern me though because I remember you know once upon a time being in love with the CW, you know DC superhero shows, and now it's like I don't I don't even know if you pay me to watch those now. And the thought of that happening with the MCU makes me really sad. There's going to be people that think we're crazy right now, and they just love it and they want more, more, more. And I was one of those people. You talked to me a year ago. I was ready. I mean, we hadn't seen anything in the theater. You know, Black Widow got pulled. It was going to get released. It got pulled. And then we started to get, you know, WandaVision on Disney Plus. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Now we're getting these movies back and everything's kind of like almost like in full swing again. And 
I really feel like it's too much, and I feel like it can. It, it, it's for me. It's it can water down the brand. Moon Knight should have been a movie. It shouldn't have been this six episode show and all this stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. Let's. Uh, uh, yeah, Thunderbolts. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it'll be interesting to see Val. You know, Julia Louis Dreyfus come back and be in this show and Baron Zemo and see how they all kind of like work together. I think we're still going to be doing quite a bit of uh, recruiting. Uh, there's a rumor. This comes from Charles Murphy from Murphy's multiverse. Um, he has somewhat confirmed online that Val will appear in Wakanda forever and recruit someone to the team. This That's fun. Might be a post credit scene. I don't know if it, you know. I'm not sure, but uh, and we don't know who. Um, a lot of people were were thinking that she'd be recruiting a re- resurrected Killmonger, and that is not the case. That has been <laughs> that oh has God. been debunked. So I, I kind of like the Val post credit scenes. It's kind of like bizarro version of what they did with Nick Fury in Phase One. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think she's going to be. I personally think she's going to be recruiting Namor. Yeah, that'd be great. That's a big hitter. It's a good one. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Film leaks. At Cinestealth on Twitter posted, Amy Poehler is in talks to join the MCU for a supporting role in a Disney Plus related project. This was followed by scooper Casey Walsh, who said, rumors swirling around Agatha Harkness. Yeah, that was my first thought when you read that was that would be the perfect place to put her. So Amy Poehler joining, uh, possibly if the rumor's true, Amy Poehler joining Catherine Hahn for the Agatha Harkness series. Another series I don't think we need. I'm sorry. Great, great, <laughs> great fucking song, but we don't need. And I love Catherine Hahn. Anyway. I know Jake is looking forward to coming it. this fall. The Ralph Boner show. It's oh god, <laughs> the, the the hot dog vendor gets his. They even made that joke before. The old hot dog vendor and fucking yeah. Spider Man gets his own show. They're just handing out shows like Ober hands out cars. Give mm-hmm. fucking Pizza Papa a show. Yeah, let's get the people yes, Pizza please. Papa show. <laughs> uh, and finally, in uh, Marvel news. Um, I don't know how reliable this leaker is, but they've been popping up quite a bit uh, in some of the, you know, websites and uh, sites that I go to for leaks. It's at Great Phase 15 on Twitter had this to say about the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Feige is definitely game to make Fantastic Four in a very Star Trek inspired way. This is among the most important franchises he's ever done. So kind of saying that this uh, Fantastic Four movie might be uh, kind of inspired by, uh, by Star Trek here. What does that make you feel in a Star Trek-y way? Like what, what's the number one thing that, that kind of makes you think it'll be like? The family in space, that five, you know, that five-year voyage. I, I think it's going to be the Fantastic Four out in space on and on adventures. 
So you think it's really going to be separate from the rest of the MCU at first? Should be if that's what if if I'm going by this, it should be it should be a family in space. Yeah, that could be cool. Who wants to see the fucking Fantastic Four hanging around on Earth? <laughs> no kidding, they have enough heroes there. Well, I'm, give us something what, different. What have we seen in these movies? The Fantastic Four hanging around on Earth. How many mm-hmm. comic books do you read? Yeah, let's get let's get them involved in the cosmic stuff. There's really not enough outlets for that at the moment. Well, I mean, I, you know, when I'm reading a lot of Fantastic Four, you know, a lot of the Fantastic Four books that I enjoyed reading was like when they're out there in space, you know. So. Oh yeah, I, I, it, Fantastic Four is my legacy comic. I have more issues of that than any other comic that's ever existed. And yeah, that's the fun stuff. Well, I mean, the fucking negative zone or when they fucking. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. What have they been doing in all these fucking live action Fantastic Four movies Been hanging out in New York? You know? Yeah. Even the movie with Silver Surfer, like, was really all just hanging out on Earth. Sure. Yeah. Miles Teller in that one movie. He's fucking in Mexico for some of it, you know, or South America. They go to a big soundstage for for the finale. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes me excited if that's true. Uh, oh, I also wanted to point out, talking about the Fantastic Four, we all saw, you know, if you saw Multiverse of Madness, remember when they went to the 838 and the 838 had all that advanced technology and stuff like that? I think mm-hmm. I, I think it's just because you had that memory lane that you could go down and pull your memories and shit. I think it's just because they lived in, the, in a world with Reed Richards and his advanced tech. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. I really uh, like to see the whole thing like really like sixty sci fi stylized too. Like, oh, just that would be really fantastic. Different. Well, that's what they should do. I mean, even if you watch like uh, Winter Soldier, they kind of had like that. Uh, the film just like the way it was filmed looked different. It had a different kind of color to it, and they tried to make it look, you know, a little bit more of the time. When you yeah. watch, when you go back, at, did I say Winter Soldier? I meant Captain America, the first Avenger. When you go back and watch that one, since it's set in the 40s, it has a different look to it. Yeah, exactly. That, that would be really cool. They went really stylized. And it'd be it. really cool when they, you know, if they did, if the, if the story did take place in the 60s, if, you know, once we get that new MCU timeline, you know, it would be, wouldn't it, it would be, uh, Fantastic. It would be uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, followed by Agent Carter, and then Fantastic Four in the new MCU timeline. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think that first movie should be, like, yeah, set in the 60s, and they fucking get sucked into some black hole, come back, and, you know, I, eh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's just, we'll see what they do. Uh, DC News. There's a fucking I'm just I'm just <laughs> fiddling around looking for the bumper. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Alright, this comes from comicbook.com. Uh Joker sequel officially in the works from Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix. It's happening. It's officially on the way. Uh, Todd Phillips confirmed uh, through his Instagram account that uh, the script for the movie is written. Not only that, but the filmmaker also shared a photo of Joaquin Phoenix reading it, suggesting the Oscar-winning actor is on board with the project. 
In addition to the Phoenix picture, Philip shared a cover of the script, <clears throat> which names the movie Joker. What is this? Fully Adieu? A psychiatrist. Yeah, that's close enough. A, a psychiatric syndrome where two or more people begin to share delusions. Um, in the photos, Phillips shared, no comment was posted. Uh, the date on the cover of the script suggested that the draft in question was finalized in late May. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's happening. I mean, uh, one point, we were like, ah, you know, Phoenix would never do a sequel. And then Phoenix was kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe. Maybe I'll do a sequel. And um, then it just kind of died down for a while. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're fucking, they're full steam ahead. They're going with the with a Joker sequel. I can't see Jake being excited for this at all. Like, you know. I mean, I have a very um, optimistic wait-and-see attitude. Honestly, my entire time leading up to the first movie, I thought of it as a movie that I didn't fucking need. And then ended up liking it very much. So, you know, yet again, I feel like we don't really need a sequel for this movie, but maybe I'll have the same experience. Maybe maybe I'm wrong again. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it surprises me. I thought you'd be uh, the least excited. I mean, I, mean, I am probably the least excited. Like I said, I have a very much – I very much feel we don't need this. Why make this? But I'm optimistic because that's the same attitude I had for the first movie. So – Maybe they'll prove me wrong again. I don't Seems know. Like they're going to have a harder time doing that. I don't know if, if, if I'm as excited for this, but um, it's just, it, it's interesting that Joaquin Phoenix is doing this again. And yeah, I'm hopeful. Joe, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'm shocked that he's doing a sequel. Uh, I never saw the first one. It's It's kind of one of those movies that's always been on my fuck no list. Ever since I heard them first talking about it. And I've stuck pretty hard to those guns and not entertained the idea of watching the original one. Really? Why are you so dead set on not watching it? I think it's a great movie. Um, it, it's, it's when people were telling me about it and I listened to, you know, all my, diff, all my friends podcasts that reviewed it and stuff. It sounded a lot like Taxi Driver and I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie. I thought it was really fucking depressing with, you know, some lines that have stuck stuck around in pop culture since that movie came out um i did not like the connections they made to the wayne family in it um i remember just hearing that i think it was on an episode of the animated Batcast, and i think paul hart had read an article <clears throat> about the connections to thomas wayne in the script and i was like from that moment i was like fuck this movie i hate that they're doing this with the character um I don't know. I, I just got very precious about it since it was kind of like a Batman adjacent property. And I was like, it doesn't need to happen. We don't need to have this thing. And yeah, very rarely will I put my foot down on a film and just say, fuck that. I'm never going to watch this thing. And I've stuck, stuck it out so far with this one. Interesting. Gatekeeper Joe doesn't like Elseworld stories. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Wayne, what do you think? Yeah. Well, all right, so I, I was similar to Jake. Like, I didn't need this movie to begin with, like the first one, and I really wasn't interested. But when I saw it, it really changed my mind. I really liked the movie. Now, if we're talking about a sequel, uh, uh, you know, I thought Joaquin was not up for a sequel, but I guess when you make a billion dollars off 
on that movie, I guess, like, yeah, maybe a sequel is in the mix. And it has to be a good script if he's reading it and, you know, down to do another movie. I heard rumors of the storyline being either maybe possibly introducing Harley Quinn or maybe uh, another Joker of somebody trying to portray themselves as well as a Joker. Um, But, you know, those are just rumors. I don't know what kind of storyline we might get out of this. But you know what? If it's as good as the first one. Then why the fuck not? Because I, I, I mean, we can't get a Batman in this one. Batman's just way too young. What is he going to be like 15, 16 by the time this movie comes out? So if we want to do a Harley Quinn storyline, I'm all for it. And we're going to need to recast another Harley Quinn for sure. Uh, if we're going to do the there's rumors of maybe Willem Dafoe being in the movie. If we're going to do a two Jokers thing, and if that is the case, and if Willem Dafoe is looking to play Joker, I mean, that's kind of a fantasy. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if that if that is true, then yes. I mean, if those rumors are true, then yes, I'm all for this. Um, but other than that, I really don't know where else you would go with that character. Um, you know, where last time we saw him, he was on top of a police car being surrounded by a bunch of other people dressed similar to him. So where do we go from here? Maybe the end of that joyride. Yeah. So maybe we just see that that car pull over and him get off and awkwardly walk away, and that's like the end of the second movie. (laughs) 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 It's kind of a Uh, dumb premise, don't you think? We've seen worse. Jeez, Todd, that's lazy riding, dude. Anyway. I mean, this is the guy that wrote Hangover 2, so he knows about lazy writing. Well, <laughs> man, yeah. I was, I, I, I'm still like, I still think Hangover is just okay. It's like, well, it didn't blow me away when it came out. Sorry. Oh, yeah, but 2 and 3 are even worse. I couldn't even tell you what 3 is <laughs> like, Jake. I never watched it. I refused <laughs> to watch 3. Yeah, I felt the same way about The Hangover. It was presented to me as... This is the funniest yeah. movie that's ever been made. Oh my god, wait till you watch this. And so it was way hyped up. And then I watched it and I just kept looking at these people like, when is the really funny coming? I mean, it's got like a couple memorable parts in it, but yeah. holy shit. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, and it was a huge fucking success in the box office. It was insane. But uh, yeah, getting Joker 2. That is all I have, gentlemen. I was really excited to talk to Joe about his Joker thoughts. And then uh, Joe's <laughs> never fucking watched it. It's like, what the fuck? Joe's like, hey, Brian. Yeah, that, was, that was crazy. You know that wind in your sails? It's gone, bitch. <laughs> I ain't maybe, watching I it. I ain't wa- maybe, I, maybe I should stop being such a curmudgeon and just give it a shot. No, it, no, you fucking hold on to your fucking teenaged angst, Daria. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Watch the Joker, Joe. <laughs> Daria. Daria. <laughs> 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 fucking you turned into fucking Janine Garofalo from the 90s there for a moment. Like, what the fuck? Just you, watch you should, it. You should cave in and watch it joke honestly it was one of those movies i went in wanting to hate and came out loving Mm -hmm. okay i'll watch it i'll tell you what though if i really enjoy it i don't know i'm gonna have like a fucking crisis (laughs) 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 dude i stuck to my guns for a long time and talked mad shit 
<laughs> no, I don't want to take Joe, I don't want to take that away from you. You no, you hold on to that. You take you take that to the grave, buddy. All right? You be proud of that, okay? You know what, Joe? You know we need, who- to, we need to book Joe for our Joker 2 episode now so he can be like, "Well, I never actually watched it." <laughs> Joe, nobody gives a fuck if you watch this movie or not. <laughs> You're only hurting yourself if you don't like it. Just, you know, form, an, form your own opinion. All right. I, don't know. I know. I, I, I'm coming down hard on Joe and Wayne this episode, Jake. I need to. <laughs> Phoenix is going to hear about this, and he's going to drop out the sequel. That's Jake, what I'm afraid of. why don't you tell me to let up off on the gas, man? Sometimes I fucking, you know what I mean? Sometimes I just fucking... Hit the pedal to the metal sometimes. And I, I just I feel like I've been railing on Joe here. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> was somebody stick know. up for I, I Joe? Re- I don't think you read the room well. I think Joe's being a very good sport. And oh yeah, cr- and cracking up here. I, I there was never a time if I thought it'd gone over the edge, I would I would have put the hold on it. All right, maybe maybe some of that is just uh, it's spilling over from when I was berating Wayne throughout the entire episode. <laughs> Maybe there's some, maybe there's some spillage, some collateral damage there. I don't again, know. again, Wayne was snort laughing during that, so I, I see no need to feel bad. All right, all right, yeah, I know, Brian, you're Man, apologetic. Are... Brian's my least favorite. Brian. Oh fuck you, Jake. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I don't give a fuck what Brian you like from what day to the next, Jake. You take me as I come. And yes, we can make a cum joke if you want to now. Ha ha ha. But no, you fucking, whatever I fucking do, you just handle it. I don't care which one you like or don't like. I don't need to, you critique everything on this fucking show. Hustle gets a high taste and I don't need you to high taste my moods. So you can fuck right off with that See, shit. this is a major upgrade from Apologetic Brian. I'm very happy. <laughs> uh, people listen to that and they think like there's real anger behind it. No, there's a lot of emotion behind it, but I'm using it for for comedic purposes. People don't understand that, Jake. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They I love don't. It, they listen to it and they're like, "Oh God, this guy gets all riled up and he's angry, and I don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable." Whatever. Fuck you. Don't listen. All right, we're th- hey. <laughs> Woo! I get in my head too much, Jake. I know, I know. Jeez, you ever seen that movie The Cell with Jennifer Lopez? It's like I'm a pr- oh, yeah, yeah God, dude, I'm a prisoner in this thing, man. I hate living in here, dude. It's fucked up living in here, dude. I fucking hate it. <laughs> you guys just have to put up with this for fucking like four hours, five hours, whatever. I live with this shit 24-7. I wake up and I still have to deal with this fucking thing. I'm talking about my brain, people. Anyway. I want to thank our guest today, Joe Stark. Thank you so much for showing up. You should have watched The Joker before this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. What's going on? What's going on in the world of Starcast, man? Uh, let's see. Um, this week's uh, episode fell through, so no new episode this week, but we'll have a new one out next Saturday. Um, so, yeah, Starcast is going good, having good conversations with people. Uh, the last episode that came out was with Matt Kirby. Uh, that was uh, a really good one. Um I don't know the schedule. Uh, you're I don't drowning. Know who the next guest you're is. drowning. 
Throw somebody throw him a fucking lifeboat. Somebody make me stop talking. Oh, Jay. All right, that was that was pretty mean. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I was Johnny Carson looking at that comic like, you know, your fucking time is up on stage, buddy. You're done. <laughs> I know, well, I, I looked at the question way too seriously. I'm like, what is going on with Starcast? <laughs> what, what is going on with that? What's going on with out. my show? <laughs> I think you should come out. I think you should switch some letters in your in the title of your podcast and come out with Stark Cats. Stark Cats. <laughs> and it's 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 a fucking it's it's video. It's on YouTube. It's all about you and your cats. I definitely have way too much content on my phone that's of my cats. There you go. It's Stark Cats. Welcome to Stark Cats. (laughs) I'm Joe Stark. These are my cats. There's the show. (laughs) (laughs) Writes itself. (laughs) Writes itself. Cats involved, so I'm guaranteed to get more downloads than my podcast. And Wayne, you're just chomping at the bit to plug your podcast. No, I'm kidding. What? Plug your podcast, man. What, what's going on, Wayne? Well, occasionally, uh, me and Jake, we like to review some old pay-per-views, wrestling pay-per-views, and some current wrestling pay-per-views on Podcast Championship Wrestling. I like to bring guests on from uh, Pop Culture Leftovers. like to hear your opinions on some of this crap. Uh, and we're always, 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 always plugging PCL. Always. And this is a first. I think, no, I plugged you on Patreon and yeah. uh, plugged you, uh, we're plugging you this episode. Um, that's twice. I, Jesus, Jake, we, we need to, we need to plug Wayne a little bit more. There's so many, but there's so many, there's so many friends of the podcast that have, Jake, if I ended every episode plugging every friend of the podcast podcast, I, we'd be here for another goddamn hour. I know, I know. I hilariously plug our podcast, PCL, by accident on PCW all the time just because the acronyms are so similar. Oh, yeah. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. All right. You know what else is good? Ending an episode. That is good. Oh, my <laughs> God. We got through this one, fellas. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's a lot, I put a lot of work into these episodes. You guys have no idea. People just think this is a Jake, good one. No, Jake, people just think these episodes just happen. They just come out of nowhere. There's like a, like an episode fairy that just like, ooh, there's your episode. And these people just put No, there's a lot of work. I have to watch all this shit. All this shit we talked about. These guys, Wayne, uh, Jake and Joe, these guys had to watch all this shit too to bring you these episodes. And uh, it, it, Jake, it's no joke. It's a lot of shit. We watch a lot of shit and I cover a lot of shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. We we watch a ton of fucking shit just so we can help you guys out. Yeah. Steer you in the right or wrong direction. I don't know why I'm so angry at the end of this one, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> oh, man. The dark side it does. I, oh, dude. You the, better end this shit before you start a I know. No, we've got, we've got fucking <laughs> Dave Coulier over there fucking with the impressions. Cut it out. <laughs> I'm fucking... <laughs> All right. Well, go f- fucking ruin Alanis Morissette's life and leave us out of your impressions, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> go get a blowjob at a theater. Oh, man. Uh, so- <laughs> 
would she go down on you in a theater? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Does she? <laughs> I'm not going to start singing that. I've already sung that <laughs> sh- song on an episode before, Jake. I'm not doing it again. <clears throat> Well, I'd like to say before I go, uh, I really uh, thank you guys for having me on this episode. This is my first full episode besides uh, 400. I never thought I'd be an actual guest on this show ever. So it was a bit of an honor. Well, you thank know, you. Your dick there a little bit, I know. You know. I'm feeling it right now. Slurpy, slurpy. Slurp, slurp, slurp <laughs> it up. And I, and I hope you guys don't regret it. You got a little cum on your chin cause... there, Wayne. Sorry, what? I said, I hope you guys don't regret having me as a guest because, you know, you guys were so preoccupied with whether or not you could. They didn't stop to think if you should. Well, I just don't want you spoiling everything that happens in this episode before I can upload it tomorrow, Wade. So if you could just like, I don't know. All right. (laughs) And then Brian said to me, and then and then Joe did. Joe hadn't seen the Joker. And... (laughs) He don't even know what's going on on his own podcast. It's like Brian asked <laughs> Brian asked him a question. And it's like Joe's trying to read Comanche, and it's it was it was the weirdest thing I ever. <laughs> Way to bring it back to pray. Good call. Right. Hey, that's what I'm here for. All right, guys. Jake. Until next week, we're. Come on! Where the fuck are you, Carmen Sandiego? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know when the cue is. Until next, just until next week. Until next week. Oh God! Oh my God! I feel like I. I. I now know how Danny DeVito feels in Twins when. (laughs) (laughs) I. It's like, how in the fuck can I set you up for this? (laughs) <laughs> put a lid on it oh my god jake you're supposed to say it with me uh, I don't, oh, okay hold on hold on here's what no we're gonna work this out right now hold on when i say until next week jake we're that's when you jump in and you start and i'll follow okay okay i got it I got until it. next week we're Put it. Come on, Jake. Where the fuck are you? Jesus, fuck. (laughs) Until I don't know how else to do this with you. (laughs) I feel like no. I feel like a fucking director working with like a chimpanzee right now or something. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Put a lid on it. Fuck you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Couldn't
toss it, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.